Dad's Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 94. 94 isn't such a big deal, but what we're doing tonight is a real big deal. The top 19 of 2019. I am Dave Z. My name is Christian Luciani. (laughs) Oh, God. How do you follow that? Grimsby in the house. Boom. And a very, very special guest, a man we all know and love, you all know and love. A man who needs no introduction. Number 19, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. My best buddy, Mr. Mr. Watson, my co-host. You hear that, Brandon? Jesus, I am like, you know how sensitive I am. I'm trying to be less sensitive, but that fucking, that cuts deep. I wanted to make him feel better after you said what you said. Don't you know how to take care of people? You got to pet people like your animals. You got to make them, when someone kicks them, you got to come over there and pet them on the head and say, I love you. Jesus, I wonder the skeleton corrected. (laughs) I wonder there's no banana bits. It's banana bread. Bites, motherfucker, bites. bites. Bloody bits, banana, banana laser. Blood. I don't know. Banana I, got, I, bet you, I bet you Watson knows what the show was called. What oh, was yeah, called? wait, we forget this guy. The guy that needs no introduction. See, see what you've done? Now he won't talk. That'll be the catchphrase. Every one of them. Show me your salami, motherfucker. What? Oh, hey, guys, what's up? Happy New Year. Oh, gosh. There it is. Brandon's favorite um, catchphrase of the no. year. <laughs> banana bites banana laser right dave z see yes see i knew you would know oh, buddy okay that's buddy yeah i got you see rock on so mr watson well i hope everyone's as happy as we are to be hearing your voice because we're happy to have you here and you know Thank- top 19 sorry Holy fuck. sorry neil <laughs> neil my number one um it chapter two, my number two, um, Brightburn. My what the? I better shut up. I'm making fun of my own fucking list over here. Forget about it. Just <laughs> like, dude, those are great movies. I know. I was trying to think of the, the most basic, um, you know, um, stuff that like a, a ten year old would like the oh. most. You know what I mean? Yeah. because well, Watson, because because Neil loves that type of stuff. Neil and Neil and, and Willis Bob. Wheeler. <laughs> Yeah, Neil and Bob and Willis Wheeler—they love everything that that you know they would have loved at the age of fifteen, and just that, which is fine. I love everything I love at the age of fifteen too, but you know a little more than that. Anyway, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Either way, this is the big show, nineteen of nineteen. Uh, you know we've been pretty regular because the, look at this. This is show number ninety-four. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I knew he was gonna say something. I'm just like Dave, please just going if i did uh, brandon was gonna say it i, I saw was his... thinking it i was thinking it i was like fruit. i'll go for this low-hanging fruit yeah. this low-hanging banana bits <laughs> oh boy i'm gonna go wessel on the show if you keep it up man i'm gonna pluck him out of fucking extinction yeah where is he he's been the x-rated commentary right yeah yeah so two shows a month Pretty much for four years. That's what we've been doing, if you think about it. Because 96 would have been 24 shows a year. So we took a little time off for breaks, and we put out bonus shows. So we we have been consistently putting out two shows a month, and that's not going to change. Here we are. This is the fourth time we've done a year-end show. And things are a little different this year. Because let me say off the, it's the, the top of the time we've show. done a year-end show. Pardon me? It's the fourth season, but it's the fifth time. You're right. Yeah. I, I, we, we did one three shows in. <laughs> Oh, wait, this is the fifth season. 
Wait a minute. No, this is 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and now... Our first season was only three episodes long, so technically this is our fifth season, but our fourth year. Okay, I'm I'm already confused. Our More fifth year-end show is what, what was where I was going. Okay, it is our our fifth year-end show. A lot of people are going to be listening. They probably listened to so many other podcasts that have already done top tens. Maybe some have done top nineteen like us. Although we started that stuff years ago, so that's we gotta that's our stuff. But yeah, other no, shows might be started that. Yeah, of course we did. Eight um, out of five. We start lots of things. We yeah. Yeah. We make yeah. our <laughs> Eight out of five, uh, everything. Yes. <laughs> Eight out of five. I don't know why all of a sudden after four years, that's finally funny to me. <laughs> I never used to laugh that hard at it, but now it's really funny all of a sudden. It's because of the, the pompousness of we've created something. I created a new rating. 7.75, <laughs> or what was it that he did? 6.75, 6. 6. yeah. I keep creating for the top 50 slasher show. It's a fact. Hey, you know how they say dress for the job you want, not the job you have? Yeah. It, that's kind of what I do. You know what I mean? If I make us sound like we're doing amazing things, <laughs> then some people might believe it. Is that why Christian's dressed like a uh, gay porno fluffer? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this is what I don't want to How do you know how they're dressed? I watched right. Knife Plus Heart this year. Yeah. <laughs> that's your number one. Son of a bitch. I forgot to put that in oh, the Oh, that is number one. No, it's not. It's not. It's no, not. I know. I'm, I'm kidding. It's not. I know what his number one's going to be. Something else. We are predicting each other's number ones. We've written them down. We'll get that at the end of the show. Um, this year, we're going to be talking a little bit of spoilers. Everybody know. But I'm assuming that if you're listening to this, because we're coming out later than most shows, and we don't care. We used to try to get out first. Now, we get out the show. We want to get the best show we can get out there, and there's no rush. There's a million damn horror podcasts. So when uh, we just hope that you give this, this one a listen, because uh, next year... I don't know you might not be listening to us anymore, but this year you definitely are now, and we're glad to have you. And there's going to be a few mild spoilers, so just in case, you know, yeah, we're talking about that. Yeah. So don't be upset. Okay, don't be upset. We're going to try not to get you know too crazy, but hey, let's talk about total numbers. Now, Brandon, we yes. already know that you've broken the world record. He was rookie of the year. He had his name on on the on a box. After a few <laughs> a few shows in, he was quoted. He's done amazing things. It wasn't He's the box a, I wanted, though. <laughs> wasn't the box you wanted, but it was a box nonetheless. <laughs> a box is a box. That's right. That's right. Shaved or, or not? Yes. <laughs> Tommy Lee said the. Indeed. I want to know. Wait, did you officially break the record? Yes, the record was eleven hundred and thirty-two different movies watched in one calendar year. I did eleven hundred and sixty-six. Kablooey! We have the reps here from uh, Ripley's Guinness. And, and Guinness. And Guinness. <laughs> Ripley's Blue. <laughs> Do you believe it or not, Ripley? <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, yeah, <it's> out. <laughs> so we have a record setter Guinness. in the building. <laughs> you talk about Ripley because you got that place in Canada. That's yeah. why. In Toronto. Ripley's Believe It or Not. Niagara Falls. Yeah, they got the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. We should get Brandon put in there. Goosebumps. Oh, number, uh, number one. He's, he dropped the whole time. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so, yeah. Brandon is a record breaker, well, ladies yeah, and 1166 different movies. That's not counting rewatches. If I had rewatches or multiple watches, it would be easily be over 1,200. 119 2019 horror films. 119. How many? 119. Good for one, you. And let me, wow, let me just say this, because it was a slow start to the year. On September 17th, 
on September 17th, because I keep it on all on Letterboxd, on September 17th, I watched horror movie number 16 from this year. So in the last three and a half months, I watched 104 horror films. Whew. And wow. I will say this is the most consistent year for me. I would say I enjoyed like 85 to 90 percent of the movies and probably only 10 or 15 percent were were below six. Wow. See? I, think I, I think I only had like four or five, four, four below five. And weren't you talking shit you the first Gags six months? Yeah, well, the first six <laughs> months, I only watched 15 movies. And, you know, I had some good ones in there. Some that I actually wound up pulling off my list for not considering them horror. And then a couple that were just sort of middle of the road, you know, sixes, six and a halves. And it was a lot of that. And then I just kind of took a break from it. And it didn't seem like anything exciting was coming out. And then in the last three months, I just had so much to choose from. And I was discovering all this stuff. And it wasn't there wasn't a lot of hidden stuff this year. I feel like a lot of people were... Uh, were aware of even these like smaller independent films coming out, which was good. So I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy who keeps like pulling out like films that nobody's ever heard of. So I was glad that some of these films actually got a lot of coverage in the community. Right on. Wow, dude. Bravo. I'm, I'm glad that you've had so many good movies, especially in the horror department so yeah. for this, for this year. That's awesome. Now I, here's what I did. I set out to watch 52. Now, in the past, if people have listened, they've known that I've gone over. I had exactly 100 last year. I had 100 and, I don't know, 31 year. I had 70. I've been all over. I've watched a ton. I've decided to go more for the, um, you know, what's what's the phrase? Um, quality over quantity. Thank you, sir. Quality over quantity. And I, I set out to do 52 this year, you know, one a week. And I ended up actually with 63. But... The good news is, is of those 63, 56 of them are, I would give a seven or higher. Wow. I, I, so that means 80, 87 to 88% of what I watched is more than approved. So yeah. I did the Dave Z method does work, ladies and gentlemen. I did what I set out to do. Matter of fact, when we get to the bottom five, I don't even really have a bottom five because my bottoms are a rating of six out of 10. I would rate so, your bottoms a six. <laughs> I don't have a bottom man, but what I what I don't have, my wife makes up for, so it's okay. That's why we're a good couple, you know. I'd rather have the dick too, to be honest. Well, I got no ass, but the dick goes across the street. That, <laughs> across the street. <laughs> we all know about Junior, homie. Yeah. We all know about him. All right, seats. What do you got? What do you got going? Well, I, I was going so well the last couple of years in the ninety range, uh, and this year was a little slower, but I ended up with seventy films. Nice. Seventy wow. films. Uh, again, a lot of them seven and above, and uh, yeah, maybe um, a third of them under. Nice, not bad at all. I do all have right, a bottom five, but yeah, I I I didn't do my usual, which is like look for shit, and, and right. except if you consider everybody shitting on me for uh, liking Black Christmas, liking oh, stop it. it's nowhere on my list. It's not on the bottom. It's not on the top. Fucking assholes. At least people will stop <laughs> talking about ten out of ten Toxic Avenger now. Yeah. Thank God. Why do you have to That's... remind people, you fucking skunk? I love it. I'm with you on it. I gave it an 8 when we first reviewed it back on episode 4, I think it was. But I'm with you now. It's a fucking 10 out of 10. Yeah, the only the only quibble I would have is that those two girls, they don't show miraculous deaths for them. Like yeah. the, 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 They should have been like over-the-top deaths, and then it would have been yeah. a bona fide 10. Instead, we get... <laughs> and they cut away... <laughs> that fucking scene 
<laughs> and I love that girl, but my God. <laughs> so. Oh, gee, yeah. Julia, I don't smell nothing. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, Watson, you're up. <laughs> no, uh, I, you know, I took a few off my list that I last minute did not deem horror, at least for, you know, my own definition of horror. I'm not. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say what is horror and what isn't horror for anybody else. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you gentlemen have gotten to listen to any best of 2019 lists, but some of them that I have heard, I'm like, huh, I don't know if I would consider that horror, but they do so right on. I just, you know, tonight, guys, I just kind of want to celebrate the films that we are listing because I like my list quite a bit. And you know what? Like B said, it's a, it's been a pretty consistent year. Yes, it started off slowly, but I'm pretty happy with everything I saw. So after taking a handful off my list, I'm down to 73 2019 horror movie watches, and I'm pretty happy for the most part with them. Even when we start listing off our bottom five guys, um, I there I don't hate any one of them. Even my lowest rated one is just kind of like a strong dislike. But even then, there's nothing that I've seen out of this this 73 that was just a, a, a like a one or a two out of ten it was just you know i'm pretty happy with with what's uh what we've gotten so far this year guys nice, nice. so we've yeah. done a good yeah we've done a good job uh you know and every year i hear people complaining the first six months of the year and every year i want to say them dude this happens every year the second half of the year is always stronger in horror it's been this way for like four or five years now everybody acts so surprised when three four months in they're like oh, oh it's a terrible start oh 2000s whatever sucks and i'm like yo chill and then guess what it usually ends up being great and i will say this as far as thoughts on the uh, year the overall year. every year we every kind of say this is the year of this this is the year of that i will say this i think that this year is has been a very good year i don't think it's as strong as maybe the last two or three but i still think it's a damn good year and it's it, it, the second half of the 2010 specifically have maybe have been the best five years of horror ever since like 80 to 84. You know what I mean? So it's been very strong. I'm really happy about it. And I will deem this year the year of good Hollywood horror and the year of good endings to horror movies. That's my feel of this year. Definitely the year of Hollywood horror, without a doubt. A lot of mainstream stuff with positive reviews, good stuff. And I agree with you. This year has been, there aren't, there weren't that many that stood out where, like, I'm super excited to talk about. Usually, like, every year, like, when we get to, like, the top three, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about these. Where this year, I mean, I love all the films, but it's like, there's no super heavy hitters. There wasn't, like, a clear standout for me. That's why it was so hard to make this list. I also think that one of the themes, even though you're going to see my list lacking a little in, in this department, but I still think it was such a strong year for it, horror comedy. It there was, was there yeah. were some horror comedy gems out there and a lot that just missed my list. And, uh, you know, come honorable mention time, you know, the ones that don't show up on people's lists will definitely be mentioned. I agree. And some of them did make my list, but I'm in total agreement with what you said. Horror yeah. comedy wise. And you think it's the same thing? It's, it's the year of, uh, of Hollywood horror? Would you if you had to label this year as anything? No. Maybe, maybe not. No. I, I thought 2017 was the year of Hollywood horror. I mean, you had a couple of heavy hitters, I guess, uh, depending. Of, although I haven't seen It Chapter 2 make a lot of lists. However, I've only been reading lists. I haven't really been uh, listening to podcasts. Uh, and, of course, Dr. Sleep is a big one. The other big one. 
that yeah, but you also two. had an, another Annabelle, which was which was positively received. You had another Chucky, which was a positively received film. Um, I guess there, and there the art house films. Yeah, you know, right. you had Lighthouse. You had Midsommar. Dude, when my you list us, comes, you had us. I mean, you had, you had some really big films this year. Even ones I'm mentioning some that I don't even like, and it's you know, it's still just a good thing though for for Hollywood horror. I think there's good Hollywood horror all around, uh, and that's what's weird. And this is something that this is what's weird. I listen to some podcasters, and I, I noticed that they they do not put any Hollywood horror movies on their top ten, no matter how good a movie might be. You just I know going into the podcast that that's that type of podcaster. No matter how good it is, they're not going to put one on their top ten because they want that's their post persona. They want to be extreme or it's kind of funny because it's like horror itself is already going against the grain like we're the people that were like yeah fuck regular shit we're horror fans now it's like people are already like in a in a box in a room by ourselves then you got these other people that come in and say oh everybody's around us we're all horror fans we're already um you know uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Outcast. But I'm going to be even more of an outcast from these outcasts and not like any Hollywood horror. And it's funny. It's just their personalities. They will never have a, a Hollywood horror in their top 10. Me, I've had years where every year was, in, like where every movie was an independent movie except maybe one Hollywood movie. And this year is going to be a little bit different. And I'm not ashamed to say that. What, whatever happens to be the best to me just happens to be the best. And, and that's this. we should be celebrating this. Because people say horror, we're the redheaded stepchild, this, that. Now that we're getting quality movies in Hollywood, we should be embracing it, not going against it. But yeah. again, it's too early. I, I think some reviewers, <laughs> and they love to do this, and I find a lot of this when I'm reading lists on the internet, is is the people who, whether they write for some sort of horror publisher for for a living, but they uh, they do all festival circuit films. And I saw like a top 10, 15 list where every film I hadn't even heard of. Now I appreciate that list because gives me, I write down these films and I'm, and I'm set for some films that I want to see for 2020. But at the same time, it's like do two lists. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Two Dave, going back to Dave, going back to what you said, um, <laughs> to me, you know, that, that inauthentic contrarianism is just as cringeworthy as blind conformity. Just, just be mm-hmm. honest. That's all I'm saying, man. I, I'm, I'm so there with you, man. And, and Brandon, to what you said about festival like lists, best of year lists that are composed entirely of movies that aren't out in festival releases and things yeah. like that. That's cool when it's to generate buzz for the upcoming year. But if you're giving a best best of you know 2019, and these are all movies that will be widely released in 2020, and you're 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 trying to sit there like, oh, I'm, I've got my finger on the pulse of the blah 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 blah. Just okay, cut cut out cut cut it out with that bullshit. Like just yeah. chill and and celebrate the year that we all got to enjoy together as fans. Not this like exclusivity bullshit. Just right. just chill. Yes, and the festival releases are great to generate buzz. That I love that. But pitch it as such. Don't be like, well, I got to see what you did not. Oh, come on. Like, And that's what this list read at. This, I, I, I should have saved the article but because it's nobody we know. Like the one person I know who does put festival films on their list and talks about them but does it in a good way and it's usually a few a year is is Jason Lloyd. Yes, it's great. He idea. does it in a great – I mean and it's great because now we, we know two or three films every year to look out for because they show up on this list and he just happens to live in an way. area. Never yeah, exactly. This this right. list that I read was just literally, I mean, 
I, I, did, I never even heard of these films. I was just like, what, well, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and on that same note, or on a similar note, I guess you'd say, I should say, uh, movies that may have had a, a 2017 date on them, but be, for whatever reason didn't get released or wasn't available for us to see, uh, there's a couple of those that have popped up. There's a film from this year that was even older than that. Yeah, yeah so I, I just, we put it out there because I, I've also read text going, oh, I always get a hoot when people have films that were released last year or two years ago on their list. Well, you know, if I couldn't get my hands on it, and I'm talking about whether, not just in a theater, but if I couldn't even get it on VOD or anywhere in Canada, then this would be the first year. One of those films that we talked about uh, I, on a previous show was Anna and the Apocalypse. I couldn't yeah. physically like see it until 2019. Whether it got released right. last year in 2018 at the end of the year or not, not in Canada, even on VOD. So I've made exception for that. For my list, I've made exceptions for that. No, you should. I made exceptions too, and uh, we go by U.S. release. Look, um, <laughs> or Canada, uh, uh, or Canada. Yeah, North American. North American. North American. But uh, a film like Hagazuza, you know, uh, that came that was available on European Blu-ray last year, on Region Two Blu-ray last year, and I saw it show up on people's list last year. But for U.S. for us in terms of watching, well, I watched it this list. year when it when it was available. <laughs> What's that? Hopefully bottomless. <laughs> <laughs> Save it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say anything, but uh, I know Dave's still confused. But, but you know, it's, it's, we go by, you know, when it's available in, in, in our respective countries. But you, uh, okay, Watson, do you have a theme for the year? Would you say, would you agree with the Hollywood thing? Or do you think that there was a, another running, you know, trend throughout the genre that, that that could define the year if you could come up with a you know something to describe it well sure as i look over my list i'm noticing a trend you know i'm on my letterbox right now just kind of going over my list and i'm sort of noticing a trend of that 2019 is is unequivocally the year of 2019 horror films oh <laughs> fuck i yeah i've just noticed that so you blew my mind yeah so Got, got, <laughs> why you have me on? You know, we had 20 <laughs> on everybody else on the network. And so you're like, what's the answer to that? Let's get Watson so we can balance this shit out and we can get the truth. So I've just noticed a trend of just all 2019 movies, man. No, I, I, I don't, I didn't really notice a, a trend. I, I like what you said about Hollywood, though. Uh, I'm noticing a lot of uh, art house movies here, art too. House, yeah. Yeah. Art, art house that. pushing the limit of what's acceptable for art house I in my that. opinion it's gonna be speaking on this aren't you buddy uh, so i can't yeah i mean we'll get to it but i just we'll can't like i i love people i mean i don't know if people just all of a sudden saying oh he hates slow burns he doesn't like art house films and i don't think that's the case i just don't like where it's where it's heading it's heading to the point where there's just absolutely no discerning what the hell you just watched and people are like oh it's such an esoteric film what <laughs> Where are the small group of people that this was made for? Because I well, can't find anyone who agrees. I watched a film, and then I watched a Q&A on YouTube with the director of the film, and they were asking him questions, and even he didn't really know what to say about it. There you have it. And that's the film that if it shows up as number one on Dave's list, I'm off the show. <laughs> we're going to talk. Well, we're going to talk, believe me. Um, okay, I think foreign horror made a big comeback this year. We always have foreign horror every year throughout all the 2010s, but I noticed when I look at my list, and not just movies that made my top 19, but just movies that I watched, it seems like uh, there were there were a lot more foreign films that uh, we got to see this year. 
that were good ones. That's that's what I noticed compared to like the last two or three years. And I don't know. I don't know if your lists are going to reflect that or if you guys have the same opinion. But that's what that's what struck out to me. The number of quality movies that I went to the cinema and saw. Um, a lot of very good endings, good and bad endings, as far as like for for what the viewers going to experience. But when I'm watching it, I'm like. I'm so glad the movie ended this way. There were very few movies that I watched where the, the rug got pulled up at the end. That usually happens to me. That's like, you know what? Great way to end it. That happened a lot. And like I said, foreign films. So to me, that's been the story of the year. It's been another great year. It's been a great decade. And everybody, speaking of decade, I'm going to shill one more thing. I'm sure a lot of people, maybe even by now listening to this very podcast, have heard some other podcasts announce or, or, or maybe even drop a show that is the top 10 of the decade or the top something of the decade. Well, as usual, we've gone a step further, uh, and we announced it two months ago. We said that our episode 100 is going to be the top 100 films of the decade, 2010 to 2019. So stay tuned for that. Episode 100 is going to be a big one. We're collaborating with friends, other podcasters, people, members of our Patreon. And that's going to be a big show. It's going to be 100 sh- horror movies of the decade, the, the top of them that are voted in on. So get on that show when it comes. I got to talk about that because that's going to be a real big show for us. And, um, you know, it might be one of the last shows you listen from us because things are changing after episode 100. So there, boom. We love you all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So we flipped a coin. Well, we didn't flip a coin. We <laughs> we decided on our own. We're lying to you. No coins yeah. were flipped. <laughs> There's no coin. How could we even do it with four people? Flip two coins and who's in the room and yeah. No coins were flipped. Uh, <laughs> we decided on an order. Our 19 through 11, we are going to do it quasi-rapid fire. We're going to take, you know, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, just saying my number 19 is this, a couple words, and number 18 is this, et cetera, et cetera. Down the line we go. That's 19 to 11, and then we're going to go round robin for our top 10, like we always do. And I'm really glad we're doing this because for me personally, the meat of my movies is in the bottom 10, is, is in the 19 to 11, because I am not... I don't hate my list, but when I look at it, it's different from other lists that I've done before, and it's what I would call a typical list. And it's that's not really my style, but I have to be true to myself. If I think some Hollywood movies are better than the independents, I'm going to tell you that I consider better, and therefore it's higher on my list. So that, that, that's, that, that's what's happening. I'm with you. I got to ask one question because I'm still driving myself nuts over my list, and I'm looking at it. And if you watch a film... And it presents itself as a horror film for 50% of the film. Then it starts to unravel and present itself in another way. But you're still not 100% convinced it's not going to go a certain way. And then at the end, it wraps up and you're like, well, I could see why people would say it's not horror. But I still see it as horror. Would you personally count that as horror? <laughs> if, you're, if you're asking me, I say do what the hell, what, whatever you want. It's your list. Fuck. <laughs> Looking at my list, I'm, just, I'm dude. I'm chill now. Who I, I'm cares so at the chill. End of the day? Just if you right. if you think it's horror, there are certain ones that I second guess myself. And as I asked people, uh, there everybody pretty much said no. I would I would say that that wasn't horror. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, think I already I had back and forth. Yeah. I, I, I had I, a back and forth. Yeah, and so then, if you still think it's horror, keep it on your list, man. You Fine, know I'll I, say like, this. I haven't seen the fucking. I have not seen the Joker. I will see it. It's going to be released this week, actually. I have not seen the movie The Joker, but to me, and this, this sounds ridiculous because I haven't seen it, but I just can't imagine that movie showing up on a horror list. That's not no. 
I saw show up on one. I should show up on one list, and I'm not counting it as horror. The film I'm counting as horror, and there's a few of them. Horror on IMDb because that's usually a source I go to to list list it as like the third element. But when you watch the first forty minutes of this said film, you really think that this could be straight up horror, like one hundred percent horror, and then it just unravels in a different way. But I, I was really affected by the film. I think I'm just. I think fuck it. I'm just keeping it the way it is. Stay true to your shit, man. It's yeah. your list. We're not gonna laugh at you if you put on fucking Frozen Two not, as your number one. Let's not make empty okay. promises here. <laughs> okay, we might laugh at him, but we won't. But I don't we care. Won't I say want, it doesn't belong. We're not gonna I, laugh at you. I don't mind people. La- <laughs> I don't mind people laughing. It's I just don't want to become one of those people. It's like, oh, that's pretentious to have that movie there. We know you're not pretentious. You obviously, we're gonna have some rants later on that are just gonna prove that because you've oh, already God, alluded God. to some things you have to say. I and if you think any of us are pretentious, you haven't been listening to us for yeah. very long. Maybe it's your first time listening to the show. You stumbled upon it somehow. But anyone that's a regular listener of any four of us, I don't think that they think that we are pretentious. So I'm not worried about it. The people that are listening are already listening, and the very few people that might stumble upon the show and it's their first listen, welcome. Thank you. We love you. We hope you stick around. But I think at this point, 94 shows in, we're not going to find that many new listeners. I'm sorry to break the news to people, and that's another reason why we're doing what we're going to do after episode 100. So whatever. It's up to our listeners now. Spread the word. Get your friends involved if you have any. (laughs) Yes, spread the word and spread your legs. Get ready for Junior. I'm just kidding. Get ready for Junior. talking to you, what? Sorry. That's what I said to my wife a few hours ago. My bad. That's awesome. I knighted her. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what was the order we decided? Well, Watson's our guest, so uh, we decided he should go first. Hope that's okay with you, Mr. Watson. Uh, Well, actually, no no thanks, uh, because you (laughs) can Not the most interesting person on the show to go off first to you know to start things off. So see, go you know go ahead, go ahead, buddy. Oh, oh I'm playing. No, I, I'm happy. First what guy. a fucking asshole! I would have switched with him just because he's the guest. Guest, I, I let him choose. You know what I mean? You wouldn't switch, or I would. I oh, would no, no. switch. I would be in uh, an obligatory I, host. Yeah. I would switch with him if he, if he didn't want to go second. Okay, go, Brandon. You want to go second, Watson? Let's go first. Okay. <laughs> I, I never okay. cared about any of that. Yeah, I don't wait, care. Me neither. We're not the other show. That's, oh, oh, wait, I'm, I'm supposed to go first. No, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> Michael, wait, why are you going first? I was supposed to go first. Wait I'm giving your ratings first. <laughs> you Italian asshole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm number. I'm funneling beer up my ass while we do this podcast. <laughs> Sorry, that's nice. the way I drink it. You get I know you faster. do. Yeah. You're more hardcore than everybody else. I'm on I'm my well seventh. Away. <laughs> okay, so what's the order? We decided earlier and I forgot. What do you got, you skunk? Watson, then me, then Dave, and then Christian. Bringing up, okay. Bring up the rear as usual. <laughs> yeah. Guys, may I ask, because the way I organize my notes, just for the sake of me satisfying my obsessive compulsive whatever I've got here, I included synopses with every single one of these should i not read them for the 19 to 11 or at all what do you think i don't think we ever read synopses but if you want oh. to mention something about what's in the synopsis to you know for that particular film to explain I mean, for a moment just and, for we'd the- lo- and we'd like it if you never use the word synopsis again <laughs> yeah, what, what, what show do you think you're on 
<laughs> gotcha. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm properly chastised. Thanks, gentlemen. Um, chastised. Do what you feel you got to <laughs> do. Be true to you. If what? you want to read synopses, you read the synopsis. Has Brandon frozen on your screen, Dave? Brandon is just one frozen motherfucker on mine. Can you hear me? No. At least? I can hear I you. I can see him. I can hear him. No, I'm... Like, he just looks really stupid on my screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> I look stupid on every screen. <laughs> oh, no, he looks... Screen. Do they have a blur your face instead of blur your background? <laughs> <laughs> he looks good to me. He okay. looks okay. Yeah, feeling good. It's hot as balls in here, but I feel okay. Yeah, it is. So, Watson, if you're ready, uh, you I... could fire yours away. If you're not ready, you could take a moment and we could gather our thoughts or whatever. Cause, you no, know. actually, I, I did want to ask one thing before we launch into our, our rankings here. So uh, I'm just curious, gentlemen, how did you go about organizing your rankings? I didn't really overthink it myself. I, I love and recommend every single movie on this list. So that's a good mental starting point for me. I think the lowest rated film on here is like an 8 out of 10. And I have a heck of a lot of 9s. So given that I've got so many that are similarly rated, I chose not to go strictly by rating, but just by pure enjoyment that's how simple i kind of made it and also rewatchability was a big factor in this because there are some amazing films from this year or last year rather that i rated highly but have little to no desire to watch again so that figured into my ranking just curious guys i i went by gut instinct what what about each of you i i cop out answer but a combo because uh, when you have okay. such like when you have a bunch of eights or a bunch of sevens then i use yeah. dave's uh desert island sort of theory of what would I want to rewatch in that case? But I definitely, I definitely put ones that I really respected, but I not, I may not go back and revisit often. They're still on that list, but when it came to like, okay, I've got this many eights out of 10, how am I going to organize those in what order? Then I go that yeah. desert Island route. That's pretty much it. Okay. Like, what do great I really answer. want to watch again? Oh, my nines, dude. Okay, great. Okay. Cool. What about you, <laughs> Dave? How honestly everything is by you know obviously by by number so eights and eight and a halfs and nine etc onward in order and then I rewatched each and every movie on my top nineteen so at the end of the day and at the end of the movie I was just like okay let me I'm gonna put this here and I kind of did some shuffling back and forth I'm like which one do I really like better and that's really what it came down to I was like oh do I did I enjoy this more yes I did I'm gonna put this here and that was it I just tried to be as true to it as possible I didn't think about rewatches because I just didn't because some movies I think are awesome to watch one time and maybe a rewatch is going to hurt it even though I did rewatch them all it's hard to explain I it's I guess I I already explained it for the most part I just looked at it and said hey I think I like I like this one better and that's all there is to it and yeah. therefore, if I like it better, therefore it's my favorite. Therefore it's the best. It's all the same to me. So <laughs> you know how I roll. I had a similar experience with you, Watson. Everything was like eights and nines and it just, everything was melding together. And I just, it was very hard. I had to actually start thinking, well, would I give this an eight and a quarter? Maybe this, I did a lot of rewatches. I didn't get to rewatch everything because I was busy with that stupid freaking record, but this year, I've learned my lesson. I'm going to focus on the horror. But uh, when it came down to it, I'll be real honest with you. My my top eight, if if you randomly shuffled it right now, I would have no problem with it. That's how. That's why I'm so stressed about the position of the, of these eight films, because sure. all all eight of them could easily be number one, and they're all in the same 
same range of ratings. I might separate them by a quarter here or there, but it's just it's t- it was a tough year for me. Well, so you're because lists can often be so damn fluid that they'll change in a few months. We'll look back at our 2019 lists in six months and be like, huh, should have been this or this or this. And, you know, just because yours is still fluid, even as we're recording this episode, you son of a bitch. No, but, but <laughs> it really you know, is. That's cool. That, that That's fine. It kind of reflects just kind of how lists are, man. I feel you. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Well, uh, it's weird, though, B. You're saying that you're top eight. You don't have a clear cut number one this year. Uh, I'm looking at my top eight, and I really loved all eight of these films. And, and honestly, if I'm gonna change anything in the last, in the last, you know, few minutes leading up to our re- reveal of number one, it's gonna be the order of my top three, just yeah. because I feel like I feel like my top three are really the ones where I'm just like. Man, I, I, love I agree with you. People. I can agree. And I don't want to sound like a jerk here because this is going to come out really jerky. You're always like this, B. Remember I the am babysitter like year? This. He jumped the babysitter, ended up being his number one. Wasn't it your number 13 at one point or something like that? Like You're you, right. It was. I remember and was, this. And it was my number two the night before we recorded. And the nightmare was my number one. Yeah. But I was talking to some friends and they said, you got to be true to what you like. I'm like, I enjoy the babysitter a little bit more. I could watch that over and over. So yeah. I switched it. Yeah, I, I do. I do this every year, but. So I hope we'll we answered your question. <laughs> yes, no, very well. Th- thanks, guys. Synopsis time. Now, remember this. Remember this before we go. We are giving out our awards. We are giving out our awards as we go. I'll say this for the listeners as well because I should have at the top of the show or earlier, but we every year we give out the awards, but we don't wait till the end of the show to, to list them. We're just going to do it as we go unless it calls for like a something at the end where it's a top or a bottom or not a top or a bottom or it's a bottom five or it's like a, um, an honorable mention. But let's say for example, um, I thought that Joe Blow from um, the Halloween new one uh, was the best actor of the year. And that happened to be my number seven movie as I was going through. And I'd say, okay, my number seven Halloween, such and such. I'm going to talk about this, this and this. And Oh, by the way, Joe Blow was the best actor. And that's my award for best actor. So we give out our, our, our awards for best actor, actress, Director, uh, s- s- movie score, uh, biggest surprise and biggest disappointment. Now I have a quick question, just for one of these categories. Uh, the film is not on my list, and it's not even on my. I'll give it's my biggest disappointment. It's not on my bottom five, but it's not in my. You know, obviously it's not in my top. Same B, same. I asked Dave this already, and we'll, like, didn't you say we'll just do it at the end? Yeah, because it, would it would it would it even be a shout out or no? No. Oh, okay, well then, then, then so be it. Then, then it is what it is. Then you just I'll, say, okay, well, I'll shout it out at the end. But it could show up on another list. So, oh, this guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess if we're already, I've been trying to stall because I just realized that my notes weren't the way I wanted them to be. So <laughs> I was trying to fix something. Wait, you have notes? Give oh, me a boy. few hours. I'll be back. Boy, boy, do I have some fucking notes. Holy cow. Oh my. So, but no, I. <laughs> No, we're cool. I- I'm sure we're good, and I'm sure that uh, Mr. Watson is going to handle everything just fine. So the way I feel, we each do it. He does his 11, and then we okay. react to it. And then... What? What? What are you doing over there? I'm making sure I got my awards done. Oh, okay. What? You lean forward with your pen. It looked like you were dipping in an ink or something. Yeah, I'm using an old school pen. He's a scribe like from a fountain <laughs> pen. Yeah, yeah. no, he's, he's leaning forward. <laughs> it looks like, di- like you were dipping your quill in ink. Oh my God! It's the first time I've ever seen him as classy. 
I, I uh, yeah, I've sealed <laughs> I sealed your number ones and with my my seal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He's pouring wax on an envelope yeah. and stamping it with his family crest. If by wax you mean semen, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, I'll, I'll just dive into it, guys. And what I'll do is I won't do the synopses, sorry, B, uh, for the first 11, and then I'll probably just will for my top 10 to make it more official-sounding and to keep listeners in the loop who maybe don't know the movies or to tire them out if they know it all too well. So <laughs> at my number 19, guys, ready for me to dive into it? Yeah. You guys ready to go? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. At number 19, I've got a seven-way tie. Now, I haven't... <laughs> He's going last. He's going kidding. last. I'm, Get this I'm guy off the show. <laughs> Motherfucker. No, I'm joking. Uh, I'll start us off here with a fun little horror comedy that I like to call Satanic Panic. So I went into this film just wanting nothing but blood, gore, and laughs. And my friends, is exactly what I got here. There might be something left to be desired on the execution side of things, but this film makes some bold narrative choices, does so with its fair share of pretty damn good performances, my hope here is that lead actress Haley Griffith, who was the, the main girl in the movie, breaks out, gets more roles, because I think this was like her very first role that wasn't in a short film, and she's got some real charisma and talent working for her. She's wonderful. And I think my favorite thing about this movie, besides that bloody ending, is the fact that I've heard a bunch of our podcasting buddies call Rebecca Romaine, Rebecca Romjin, and that <laughs> made me laugh all the time. <laughs> Romjin. Yeah. You're a Romjin. So anyways, that's my number oh, 19. Nice. Panic. Lucy Modine. Ruby. Ruby Modine, sorry. <laughs> she was beautiful, by the way. I was watching the movie, and I was like, who sure. is this? She's beautiful. And then I look, and it was Rebecca Romaine. I'm like, man, she's always been beautiful. Well, Matthew, she just... Matthew Modine's daughter. Well, well, her too. She's beautiful as well. She, I always like her. But the Rebecca Romaine character, she's in there, and I'm like, man, she looks great. Who is it? I look her up. I'm like, wow. And she's always looked great, but she looks different now, but still beautiful. Like, man, I don't care what kind of trouble she got into. As a matter of fact, I like her more that I know she's a bad girl because that's just how I roll. But sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Go ahead, Watson. I apologize. Oh, that was – I said what I had to say. Because I, I, oh, I, you keep I, going. I, you go right down to 11, fire. boy. And oh, then, keep... then we then we react after oh, that. Yes. All right. Okay. Thanks. At number eighteen, I've got uh, another seven-way tight. No, uh, I've got a peculiar little film out of the UK called In Fabric. Got to be honest, you guys. Not entirely sure what the hell's going on with this film. One hand, it's painfully opaque and dense, but there again, it's got this. I don't know, this spellbinding quality to it that has Suspiria running through its veins. It's this witchy, fetishistic look at high fashion. It's hilarious. Not certain how the filmmakers managed to make it feel so grimy and classy all at once, but they did. And I don't know, maybe there's something to the idea of there being a, uh, I don't know, like a disgusting face beneath the mask of haute couture, designer, industry, culture, and all that stuff. It's an odd one for sure. Maybe it runs a little too long, but definitely not without its rewards. I'm happy that I saw my number 18 here, which is In Fabric. At number 17, I've got the French-language film, Un Couteau dans la Guerre, or Knife Plus Heart, and a uh, stunning slasher giallo film that I think, and I think everybody knows, it utilizes its colorful 70s Euro trash aesthetic to the max, sleazy, dirty stuff, cringe-inducing in a variety of ways, but... Overall, I don't know, and, and I'm sure you'll anybody who has this on their list will agree that it's a, actually a beautiful film that boasts a number of wonderful performances, p particularly from Vanessa Paradis, and that's how it's pronounced, motherfuckers. And not, <laughs> you don't say paradise, it's Paradis. Uh, and the film has a surprising amount of depth to it. Like, it seems 
I don't know, like it's going to do that unreliable narrator thing at first and then it doesn't and I was cheering and also re- resist the low-hanging fruit to, you know, it's all a dream, but it's got the CD packaging, but there's some class here, some transgressiveness to it, but I don't know, it, it pays off in the end rather well. People who want to see a good handled, a well-handled rather, LGBTQ plus themed film need to look no further. That's my 17, Knife Plus Heart. At 16, I've got Child's Play. Now, I, I told this to Dave Z before. I'm not a big fan of this franchise. I get it. I get why Chucky's iconic, but it's just not really for me. That said, this you. was – I love me some Brad Dourif. I love me some Mark Hamill too. And I've got no prior allegiances to color my viewing experience. I just watched the movie without comparing or thinking about the entries that came before. And look, my time with this film was rewarded for that approach. I think there's something interesting here to be said if we're trying to get into the quick themes here – Uh, just two-line themes about the way that like artificial intelligence or really just anything sentient that exists apart from humanity. It's interesting how someone or something like that might view our strange behaviors as people. And when you divorce that behavior from like the context of morality, you know, and what's figurative versus literal, it's not hard to see how that doll might have gone psycho. So folks, that's my 16 child's play. At 15, I've got Midsummer. So... I believe this to be the best made film put out this year from a technical standpoint, and it gets my award for best director in Mr. Ari Aster, who shows us yet again that he is a masterful filmmaker who knows what he's doing behind the camera. I'm fairly certain this we'll be talking about this again. It's going to be topping many 2019 lists, and I, I hope it is. It should be. The only reason it's not higher on my list is, you know, I just don't have much fun with it. I've grappled with this all year, and I'm just finally owning it. It's masterful, as I said, but after having watched it twice this year... I might, I may never watch it again, despite how good it is. It's kind of a, it's so contradictory to say that, but I don't want to end here on a downer because I'm, like I said before, I want to celebrate these great movies we got to see this year. So, uh, it's got a lot to say, even things I've never heard other reviewers talk about. I know it's going to come up again later, so I'll, I'll get to say maybe a little more when we can open up the discussion a bit. That's my number 15, Midsummer. At 14, I've got scary stories to tell in the dark. And uh, when I first heard about this, when it was in pre-production, I was like, please don't make this an anthology film. Let there be a bigger narrative that encompasses these small, tiny little stories. And that's what they did. Atmosphere like crazy, chock full of nightmare fuel for younger viewers. And I got to recommend this to anyone looking to get grade school children into the genre. Great entry-level horror here. Super fun. And yeah, that's that's what I've got to say. And you know what I liked most about it was the the emphasis – on the importance of, and as well, the power in storytelling, which ties into something innate and hardwired into us as human beings. You know, we've told stories since we were a brand new species, since we could first speak and and communicate with one another. It's part of our whole our whole primal essence. And I don't know I believe that in certain ways, this movie taps into that a little bit. Also, little Zoe Coletti, the the main actress, I think she's got a bright future ahead of her. So that's my number fourteen scary stories to tell in the dark. At thirteen, I've got Crawl. And, man, there's really nothing, not much you can say about this other than it's a total freaking blast. Not high art, not terribly realistic even. It's it's actually pretty ridiculous in parts, but (laughs) it's pretty much for what it is, like, which is a big, dumb, over-the-top creature feature that's just dripping with tension. I love my girl, Kaya Scodelario, who drives this film, and she does so quite well. She's my girl, Effie, from the British show Skins, and I love her a long time. Barry Pepper, he rocks. This, this, this isn't going to be winning any awards, and nor will it, uh, nor will it inspire any deep philosophical thought. But it will give you 
a fantastic time, which is something that, you know, sometimes that's the best gift a movie can give. And believe me, I, I love that heavy art house thing, but sometimes I need to shut my brain off and be stupid. And that's what I got here. That's my 13 folks in Crawl. At number 12, I've got the sequel to the classic novel and film, both called The Shining, and that would be Mike Flanagan's Doctor Sleep. I have so much I want to say about this one, and I hope I get to later in the show when it's higher on somebody's list, hopefully in a top 10 when we just, you know, kind of open up our discussions more. All I'm going to say is Flanagan knocked it out of the park with this movie, blending together Kubrick's imagery and King's themes. A sequel to The Shining shouldn't work this well, but here we are, and it did. Phenomenal casting. McGregor never disappoints. Rebecca Ferguson is Rose the Hat. Damn near my favorite villain of the year. It gets so much right. And I'll talk about more when I think it's higher on other people's lists. And yeah, that's my number 12, Dr. Sleep. Love what Flanagan was able to accomplish there. And at number 11, I've got Bliss. So the less you folks know about this film going in, the better. There, And we've talked, I think you'll hear, Dave and I talked about this on Watsky, but there's a certain facet to this movie's narrative that if you take it in organically when the film wants you to and not a moment before that, it is such a delight because this story doesn't seem like it's headed at all like in that direction. And then all of a sudden, here we are, and you get to start watching a pretty good film start stepping into great territory as it pummels you in the eyeballs with gratuitous amounts of blood, gore, sex, violence, profanity, drugs, rock and roll, color-filled, trippy, wild-ass ride, Dora Madison rocks and is naked throughout. And by the way, do you all remember her from Exist 2014? She was the main girl in that. That's where I'd seen her before. Really? I oh. thought she was I thought she was the baby Bigfoot. That that's uh, that also that with that big hair. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, so anyways, uh, yeah, I don't want to say too much about that, but thematically speaking, there's something in the movie here about the nature of art, uh, creativity, the essence of life itself, something in the way that we destroy to create how we consume to live. It's all there. And that's my number 11 and final in this section. Bliss. Bam. Watson out. Damn, Dave, you should have let him read the synopses. <laughs> <laughs> we, always, we do this to ourselves. Why the fuck why did we let him go first? Let him go first. <laughs> <laughs> and why am I echoing? Because he probably unplugged himself. unplugged motherfucker. What? No, I have like sound canceling headphones. There should, there should be no echoing or no audio dripping in anywhere. It should be good, guys. They canceled the last 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> that was interesting. Oh. That was interesting. I like that. I'm going to be a lot quicker than that because I'm not going to be wagging. Oh, sorry, guys. I... No, no, okay. no, 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 no. You're a no, guest. No, no, no. You're a guest. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, sorry, listeners. <laughs> I just realized something, though. Son of a bitch. I should change my pick for Christian because I didn't. I. I, I like this movie, and this is a spoiler, obviously, that's not on my list, but when you mentioned scary stories to tell in the dark, that's basically this year's version of Goosebumps. So <laughs> we all know Goosebumps was, was Christian's favorite movie a few it, years ago. It, my number five, number... you scumbags. You know what was great, though? I think that might have been my favorite movie that Watson shouted out in his 19 through 11 with scary stories. So Nice. I love that. I, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a really well done. I'm looking forward to a sequel. All right, my top 19. Coming in at number 19, Mr. Watson mentioned this, not high art, but Crawl. Love me a good gator flick. A lot of complaints were the lack of kills in this one. To me, it wasn't really about the kills. It was about the the tension and, and where are the gators at any point in time, and it was just a blast to watch. Loved it. Number 18, a film that we reviewed thanks to Derek, and uh, I was the only one who who seemed to be 
higher on it than the others, and that's uh, Laurie Brewster's The Devil's Machine. I yeah you know what I was in that half head explosion I, uh, I I really enjoyed it the the automata in the film is just brilliantly brilliantly portrayed and it's got a real atmosphere to it and I love everything this guy does this might be towards the bottom of the films that I mean he's only done I think like four films this might be towards the bottom half definitely in the bottom two of his films that I enjoy but it's still uh, but it's still a great film number seventeen a Netflix film called Life Changer. I don't know how many people saw this no. one, but about a, sh- a shape-shifting no. a shape-shifting serial killer who has to kill in order to um, change bodies because his bodies start to rot very quickly. And as he shapeshifts, he has to reintroduce himself to the girl that he loves and he feels connected to. So it's just uh, it's a very interesting film with a very unique ending that I, I really like. This one ended just right for me. Number sixteen, Starfish. Oh, okay. yes. A uh, is it an apocalyptic end of the world uh, film? That's you know to be determined by the viewer. But basically, a film that's psychological and deals with grief and loss. And uh, the lead performer in this one, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she was terrific in it and kept me engaged for both viewings. Number fifteen, my girl Samara Weaving in Ready or Not. Just an absolute blast of a film. I just loved the setup from the film. From the film, I knew I was going to love it the minute I read the synopsis of it, or synopses, if you're Mr. Watson. And that <laughs> ending was absolutely brilliant. Synopses means multiple synopses. Yes. I know what it means. Plural. Plural. How come we're not giving ratings on these? We're not doing that this year? Oh, Everything. I- Shoot. Go ahead. Go ahead, Watson. No, I just I didn't even think of that to include that. Cut us, Mike. <laughs> are all your ratings the same or similar? Gosh, I don't know. Don't I, worry about it. It only come into play if there, if later on about. we're talking right. about a Hall of Fame thing. And we'll I'm, say refer- I'm, I'm saying it now. Everything I've said so far is an 8 out of 10. Okay. There yeah. You go. And it will continue with my number 14, another Netflix film, The Perfection. Uh, again, I you know, I should have pulled this up to get the girl's name because um, – because she was Ooh. phenomenal in it Which and one gorgeous. Both of them. Gorgeous. Our little chocolate friend. Indeed. <laughs> oh, you want to know? Hey, sister, so sister. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. The other one was what's his name's uh, daughter, Williams. Yeah, Logan Brownie. Logan Browning. You know what I'm talking about? That, that's the girl. Yeah. And, and the main girl? Yeah, Williams something. Allison Williams. Allison yeah. Williams. Yeah, okay. Allison Williams. Yeah, the terrific film. Also, the the structure of this film is really what's unique about it and the way it unfolds and just a real satisfying ending to this one as well. Uh, number 13. This actually won an award. It's Daniel Isn't Real. Visually a stunning film. It won for Best Actor for me. Miles Robbins as Luke was oh, absolutely nice. terrific in it. I thought he was great. Uh, Schwarzenegger Jr. was, was great as well, but Miles Robbins kind of... Stood out for me. Was he great? So, I thought he was one eyebrow raise away from saying garbage day. <laughs> really? He looks like the dude from <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. <laughs> but funny. but I liked him. I liked him in it, and Luke was great. Sorry for... Look at, look at Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this was... You know, we talk about number 13's jumping up to number one. This is my number 13 film, Wait. and this one was very close. <laughs> To being a top three contender until that ending. I really Just liked a, the movie too, but yeah. What? You don't a, like the bi- ending? 
a been there, done that ending, and also a nonsensical ending. And if it's on other people's lists, it, I'll wait and get into it. But it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, given the way the story unfolds. It just does. Be I gotta I gotta admit I had pegged this as probably being your number one of the year, but then. Judging by the ending and th- that it actually has a good one and not the one you would normally want, I thought, oh, this is too little. So, yeah, the ending doesn't make any sense to me, oh. and I hope it shows up on other people's lists, and I'll explain very clearly why it doesn't make any sense. But and then we'll move on. Shut it down. Uh, okay, go ahead. Number 12, <laughs> Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Might be oh. my definitely my second favorite Conjuring uh, Universe, Waniverse film. And uh, just a great haunted house film. It doesn't even have to be related to The Conjuring. You could have taken the Warrens home out of this and just had it in a, in a haunted house, and it still would have been fantastic. So uh, really great film. And here's where my rating's going to shift. I bumped this up to an 8.5. My number 11, Little Monsters. My favorite nice. horror comedy of the year. I think it just worked on every level. Lupita was great. Our other uh, lead actor was fantastic. Um, Zach, Zach, what's his name? Zach, uh, Efron. No, what is it? Orth? Olenakis. No, uh, <laughs> fuck, I should have been prepared for I wanted to At- reference his name. Joshua, Gad. that's never mind. Josh Gad, yeah, <laughs> Zach. <laughs> Zach, Josh, okay. All Josh right. Gad, I knew he had a short last name. Josh Gad was comic gold in this, and it was fantastic. And uh, eight and a half out of ten. Nice. Just check it out. Nice. I liked that one, too. I, it was so... Because I had just seen it recently. And, of course, I had seen Lupita earlier in the year in Us. And seeing her in that movie, Little Monsters, playing a completely different type of role, man, that that was really cool. I, I like she seeing She is fucking stunning. Isn't it? And I didn't think so until this movie. You know what I mean? That's what it took for me to see her <laughs> yeah, in this yeah. cheerful persona. Yeah. And I was like, Wow, and then I watched Us Since, and I'm like, you know what? Yes, she is stunning. Even she's though she's sexy, amazing. She's sexy, she's sexy sitting on the beach in Us. I agree. She always is, but it took little monsters to get that personality yeah. out of her. Yeah. To see that for me, too. I was like, oh, wow. I really set up and took notice. She's always great, and if you think about it, in Us, she plays two different roles, and in this movie, she plays a completely different role. You know what I mean? Just what a, what a great job. Great, Just great in general. for that movie, too. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Yellow. Yellow. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that's that's it. That that was your eleven. That was my eleven. Okay. All right. So here we go. Number nineteen. This one comes to us from Korea, and it is called Divine Fury. Um, nice. Very dramatic. A lot of cool father and son stuff. A lot of good uh, exorcisms <laughs> happening in it, which you haven't seen in a while. Uh, and it, it wasn't done corny, just a good story. Yes, it was two hours long, like a lot of the movies uh, from Korea tend to be. But um, re- really good, really good stuff going on here. Are you sure and it's not exorcies? Exorcies, yes. Sorry, pardon. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> <this> is guy. <laughs> it sounds funny to look at the uh, the, the synopsis. Where it says uh, uh, an, an MMA fighter helps an exorcist. It's so much more than that. That sounds comical to me. It's it's nothing like that. I mean, that's yeah, the, the MMA is a very small part of it. Yes. It's <laughs> it, it's almost like the exorcist where you see not a faithless preacher, but a person who once had faith loses it and then gets it back because of, of what happens in, in his life. So there's a lot going on in it. Like I said, there's drama and there's horror equal. And um, 
it's re- great sound design, film really well, just just a good story and um, you know, cool devil shit, you know, but a lot of fun. Um, number 18, this movie is, is a movie that's completely up my alley because of the atmosphere of it. And I don't know if it's going to show up anywhere. I haven't really heard too many people talk about it, but it's called The Wind. It's, um, it's listed as a Western horror. I don't really feel it a Western, but I mean, the, the Western time... horrors. but no, did you see very, it? It was a very no. good film. No, very I good film. Okay. I okay. Would you consider it a Western B? Yeah. It's a, you know, it takes place on like the frontier. Yeah. Know? It's yeah, yeah. Basically. So no. Right, just because it's you're right, but there's no, there's no, but there's no, you know what I mean, like typical. It's like the western, old Western no. frontier, you know. It, I I would call it Western horror. Well, it's just there's evil afoot on the prairie, is what's going on here, and there's isolation going on. Yeah. And and it's really and it took the second view for me to figure out what's going on because the way the narrative is told, it, it's back and forth, and it took the second view for me, like okay, now I see what's going on there, and it, it's kind of haunting stuff. It's very there's isolation going on there, and it's just it just has that creep factor that I'm really into. So if you're into any, you know, I don't even I wouldn't even consider a slow burn because I think enough goes on in it, but it's just it's very creepy to me, and it's very, it's about isolation and and devilish stuff and just evil being afoot here and, and we don't know why and we don't care it's just some weird stuff but it, it's well done there's there's nothing weak about it the acting is all good and it's uh i definitely have to recommend that one so that's that's the wind both of these are eight out of ten by the way this one's also eight out of ten I'm, I'm glad i watched it the second time because it almost didn't make the list my number 17 is a movie called braid now uh this is about three uh childhood friends one of them ends up uh kind of losing her mind but she has a whole bunch of money and the other two are kind of doing their own thing uh but they're also drug dealers and they get busted and they owe somebody money so they go to this uh their old friend's house and they have to play a game along with her and what's cool about this is that one thing leads to another and when you get to the third act it goes someplace completely different and then you get a whole other reveal in the last moments which it's the kind of movie that I can find myself watching over and over again. And ultimately, what you, when you get that last reveal, it's something for me that I love because I am all about being a child forever. And there's something in the narrative here that where these people kind of relive things in their childhood forever. And it's just uh, – it's not supposed to be heartwarming. But to me, it is because it's like, you know what? I, I, I could live this way even though it's like pretty crazy. But – um <laughs> the girl that plays uh, Petula, uh, Petula, I should say, is an is an absolute goddess. I forget her name, but they're all very pretty women. But th- this Petula girl is she's hypnotic. I think she's uh, really um, a model. I don't know, but it's there's some trippy visuals. People talk about some things going on. I was expecting some trippy visuals in other movies, and I got them in this movie in in certain places. Uh, really cool stuff going on there. Not not a whole lot of it, but enough to keep me satisfied. But I don't want to give anything away. But I, I think most people listening would enjoy Braid, so uh, check it out. Number 16, this one came recommended from Watson, and I did quite enjoy it. I'm, I'm glad I got to watch it. I don't know how many more times I am going to watch it. However, I had to buy it to watch it the second time, so now I own it on, on Prime, and I'm going to have to watch it again and again. That one is L.A. is the Place. 
also known as the Laplace's. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I call it that is every time I try to write it down, it, it comes out as L.A. Place. And I always think about that, that N.W.A. song from their first album, L.A. is the Place. Anyway, <laughs> I realize what the Laplace's demon is. I understand what's going on here with this mathematical equation. It's an Italian movie. It's a little bit slow moving. It reminds me of a Twilight Zone episode, but it's all done right. Like I could even see at the end. Rod Serling stepping out from behind the shadows saying something, you know, like his spiel at the end of each show. I, I can see that. It, it's a very, I even think that they did something deliberately in the score um, for something that I've seen. And I, I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan, in case you didn't know, where it's something that they usually use in certain Twilight Zone episodes. I completely think that that was put there as a nod to it. But I mean, that what you see here with this machine and the way it works and the chase scenes and ultimately what's revealed to be happening is really cool, and then I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this later, so I'm not going to say anything else about it, uh, but I, I really did enjoy it. It's an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, number 15, this might come as a surprise to some people because of this person's first movie and how I feel about this movie. Th this movie is The Lighthouse. I, I truly enjoyed The Lighthouse. I went to the theater. I really enjoyed it. When I went to watch it the second time, it went down a little, obviously not too far. I still enjoy the film. I, I respect the story. I'm okay if it's Proteus and Prometheus. That doesn't make it any better or worse for me because I, I'm not, I, it doesn't matter about mythology all the time with me. What matters to me is what I'm seeing on, on the screen. And I do enjoy it. It's beautifully shot. And Eggers is great. And the performances are also great. And while we're on performances, best actor for me is going to go to Willem Dafoe. I thought he was tremendous in this movie. I, I think uh, they both were tremendous in this movie. Uh, Pattinson as well. It's basically a two-man show. But isolation and just everything going on, everyone knows what the lighthouse is. I'm not going to go on and on about it. I just don't see myself watching it over and over again. As a matter of fact, I had the, the 4K pre-ordered, and after I watched it the second time, I actually canceled my Prime order. Not, not because I don't like the movie, just because I don't see myself revisiting this another half a dozen times. I, I, I enjoy it. It's an eight and a half out of 10. The lighthouse is very good, but you know, it, it is what it is. Number 14, another uh, foreign movie. This one comes from India and it is called Tumbad. And man, what an original, what a cool story. Uh, just, it's really hard to explain what it's about, but, it, but it's on prime so go, go watch it for free and stream it. I highly recommend it. I, I watch it twice, like all these movies on my list. And um, it's anytime you're talking about treasure and stuff like that, that, all, that always appeals to me. And the way it begins and the mythology about um, what's going on here, it's just an all-around good good story. Um, the characters, uh, I, I'm, I'm just into the movie as a whole. And the horror stuff is cool. It's not all horror by any means, but... Uh, you see some some cool things going on with the woman who becomes a tree and everything else and the mythology of that. And I'm always a sucker for mythology as well. And, and tree women. Has, and tree women. And yes, I love them. So <laughs> anyway, Tumbad, I, I, I have to recommend Tumbad, you didn't see it, if you haven't. <laughs> you should check it out. <laughs> I didn't think it was that funny. But I'm, I'm Those are the Christian. best ones. I'm laughing because you're laughing. Ones. Like when I Dave starts it. laughing at something, oh, I just laugh shit. because you guys are laughing. Too bad you didn't see it. <laughs> I love that shit. Too bad. Uh, yeah, he's the best. Okay, 
this one here was in my top 10 for the longest time. And it's really, it didn't even get bumped out of the top 10. I mean, yes, it is at my number 13. It's just that the other movies that I watched later, not, but I don't like it any less than I like the movies that have the same rating that are in my 10. It's I still love the movie. Um, and this one was already brought up uh, perfection. Just, I mean, whoever sat down and wrote this movie, uh, is brilliant that had the I, I think it was three people did because I had to show it to my wife the other day because I'm like this is a movie I think my wife would enjoy I said I said so when I watch it the second time I'm gonna watch it with her but the twists and the turns and the way it starts and I tell her don't worry it's not this kind of movie and I don't want to say anything to anyone that hasn't seen it but when you think it's gonna be this kind of movie it's actually gonna be something else and the way everything unfolds is so cool I just I, I really appreciate this type of film and, and the places that it takes you and 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 Lizzie. My God, Logan Browning is just absolutely stunning. Uh, but and the other girl is from uh, Get Out. Uh, like the, yeah, so, Get Out, and she yeah. was she was on Girls on HBO. Right, but the but the perfection. Um, I heard people complaining about Netflix movies uh, on many different shows, and I got to tell you, there were three or four uh, movies that were only on Netflix this year, newer horror movies, and I thought they were all pretty good. Granted, yeah. it's, it's not like. Life changer. People gotta check that one out. There too. you go. And then there's one. There's another one I could bring up. There's a couple more. Then I, we'll get to them later, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, Netflix. Netflix was was pretty good. Not, really not, a, not a lot of stuff, but what they had was strong. Everybody's bitching about it, and I think what they're complaining about is that there's no there's no old horror movies. You're not gonna go on Netflix and see something from the 80s or the 90s or anything like that. I get that, but Netflix has just become about original programming. You want older stuff? That's what Prime is for. You know, yeah. seriously, or Shutter if you just want straight horror. But Netflix is still cranking out quality. They don't have too many bad movies. If if a horror movie drops on Netflix, yeah, it may not be an eight out of ten. I mean, this one is or, or higher, but they're never really bad. I don't know. People dog on Netflix, and I just I don't know. I I think they're doing just fine. But Perfection was my favorite one for, from this year, and uh, yeah, it's you're better off knowing nothing if you haven't seen it. Go check it out. It's it's very good. Number twelve, uh, another one. This one comes from South Korea, and it's only an hour and thirty minutes long, which is. Very cool, because they're usually two-hour films. This one's called The Wrath. I don't know how many people have seen this one. It's it. it I saw it. Did you? Yeah. I hope you liked it. It's, it's South Korean. It's pretty interesting. It's about a curse that's on a um a household. Not more more than a house. It's like a a rich family. Yeah. And um somebody puts a curse on somebody, and basically all the males in that family are gonna die. And when you when you see the reason why. Um, it's really interesting why there's a curse here. And then you see this new girl come into town and she's basically the heroine of the film, the, the noble girl, as they call her. And she's being dogged out by these other girls who think that they have their noses in the air because they married into some rich type family. And it's all about who's going to gain the wealth eventually and who's going to run, you know, this compound when, when the, the elders have passed on, but it's supernatural stuff. Um, you know, it's about a vengeful demon coming back and, and involves possession and things like that. And it's, it's a lot to take in in a 90-minute film. There's not really a dull moment. And I, I, the second time I watched it, it really took me in. So that is there, the last. This should have been on my 19 to 11. I I was trying to fit it in and <laughs> fit it in. <laughs> Little what? <laughs> yeah, Dave, good pick, man. Thank you, thank you. And that is another eight and a half. That is The Wrath. And now another foreign movie, my number 11. This comes from Brazil. This is called The Black Forest. Man, the second view 
completely elevated this one for me. I my was a little cake. Bit... My favorite cake. Black Forest? It's a cake? Oh, it's a brand, isn't it? Oh, no, Black Forest is a cake and also a ham. Okay, a ham. <laughs> so can I say something really quickly about this? So I posted uh, yesterday about my recent appearance on the Horrorcast that I did. They, I did their Rotten Roundtable, and I used Mark Nato's thumbnail that he had, and it had uh, this movie on there, The Black Forest, but it had its Brazilian title, uh, Mata Negra. And, well, <laughs> Willis... What did you say? We, Take it we'll, easy. Willis wrote like this. He goes, yeah, he goes, <laughs> he goes, LOL, like, uh, I thought that uh, that, that picture uh, on the, you know, the, the movie on the bottom left said something else, and I lost it. <laughs> That's funny, because later on, I'll be using Mark Nato's toenails, so. Willis made me laugh really hard with uh, the Brazilian title of The Black Forest, so yeah. I just... What you nice. talking about, Watson? <laughs> You yeah. would had to come. Yes. But yes, the Black Forest. A lot going on here. More curse type stuff and more things involving greed. Um, but Sorry. not necessarily greed, just somebody trying to get out. But then one thing leads to another. It's it's one curse after another curse and different characters. The only reason it's not higher, I really loved this film. The only reason it's not in my top ten is because I completely guessed something in the first like 20 minutes of the film that ended up being like a major reveal in the third act. But in that, that kind of took away. I was hoping I still that can't it wasn't. believe you figured that out. I, I know. Not, you know I why? Didn't, I did not see that coming. I'll tell you why. And I tell my wife this all the time. I have the mind of a criminal, but not the heart to commit crimes. I've always been that way. So when I see things, I think about, okay, well, I don't trust this. Somebody's doing this to commit, to make money. You know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I always had their criminal mind. I've always had it. So it's just sometimes I, I so it's a gallon Criminal song. Criminal minded, you've been blinded. Come on, homie, step it up. Oh no, that I'm singing a Gowan. I don't even know what Zach Gowan. What are you talking about? Gowan is a Canadian band. <laughs> oh, I'm singing Boogie Down Productions, KRS One. Boogie Down Productions. Damn straight, man. BDP for life. Oh, anyway, Chris, uh, Chris One, yeah, my favorite. Yeah, it is. His name is Chris. As a matter of fact. Anyway, <laughs> Chris Cross. <laughs> Chris Mac. Cross, yeah. Boogie Productions kid. <laughs> Rest in peace, Daddy Mac. By the way. Yes. Okay. Black Forest. I hope it's the right one. I knew one of them died. I was just shouting it out there. Okay. The Black... one who wears his clothes backwards, I think, died. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good Good call. Damn it. <laughs> Black Forest. Get sure on it. They cracked his head open. <laughs> it's a freaking great movie. Don't 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 sleep on it. I think that it's also on Prime. Black Forest. Eight and a half out of, out of ten. Amazing finale. Good Goran kills. And it was just, a good film. It was a very yeah, good film. man, I, I really loved it. Uh, I'm, I'm really into it. So, there you have it. And nice. I'm next. Well, Watson kind of made a joke about having a seven-way tie, and like I could for the sa- I could put ten movies at my 19th spot, Don't but I wanted it. to piss off Brandon. So, Three from Hell is the one that makes my 19th spot. Oh, Show no. me your <laughs> motherfucker! Good I'm the Lord. only one that will give that movie any any praise. Yes, it's a step down from the other two, but I thought it was still really enjoyable, and it, it, I gave it um, a seven and a half. So we're certain in the seven and a half region. You can hear me talk all about it last episode, episode 93. So I won't get into it now. Number 18 is also seven and a half, and that's uh, a dark superhero movie called Brightburn. Tons of fun, kind of like a what if Superman was evil. <laughs> That's kind of how I you like, have to look at it. I love the ending of the film, and I know that uh, there's talk that James Gunn is going to tie it into uh, 
the the universe that that super took place in. Oh, oh really? Wow. Please. That's interesting. Which, which actually made me raise my rating for that movie because I thought it was pretty generic until the ending, and then I was reading about that and saw the introduction at the end of all those superheroes or evil villains, whatever they are, and uh, saw the destruction that he's starting to cause, and I just thought it was absolutely fantastic ending. Well, this is like the small version, and you could take this and make it so much bigger. Yeah, I so think I, where I, it goes from yeah. here is going to be fucking epic. But we'll be I talking just... about this later. Okay, perfect, oh, perfect. Cool. All right. <laughs> so I'm moving right along. Number seventeen. I know, Brandon, you're having a little back and forth on whether or not you wanted to put this on. I put it on my list. Piercing. I saw this oh, earlier right. in the year, and I absolutely love the film. Uh, the places it goes. Uh, again, I won't spoil anything, but it, it's very surprising and it gets rather gory uh, yeah. and and, it, and it's great. And just a quick shout out. It's the same director that just did The Grudge 2020. Naysayers, go fuck yourselves. It's oh, not and he, that and he bad. steals a great a great score for that movie. He steals, steals the Tenebrae score for uh, for Pearson. For Pearson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was really that was a good move. And wait a second. And. He's the same director who did this new grudge and who yes. also did Eyes of My Mother. Eyes of yeah, My Mother, Pesci. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pesh, I think yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm compelled. All yeah. right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand where people's it's not a masterpiece, this new grudge, but it's not as shitty as people are saying. I think they're just like there's more to it. It was way darker and way more depressing than I was ever expecting. Yeah, they're generic scares, but we'll get to that next year. Piercing is still the best of those three films you just named, so. Oh, Piercing is great. Piercing is great. We're in eight. We're at eight now range. Nice. Uh, so, uh, again, small cast and, and a lot of surprises. If, you, if you've been reluctant to check it out, check it out. I think you could definitely say it's horror. Uh, number 16 is Haunt. Just a lot of fun. A uh, bunch of kids go to um, one of those haunted houses and they uh, start getting stalked by the... Uh, by the uh, people that are running the house. Great are, movie. Who are really uh, into piercings. <laughs> uh, <boy laughs> other great. What yeah. did that ending remind you of, Christian? I told oh, it, I, it reminded me of it reminded me of Crush the Skull. I loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. You mentioned that on the show. I think. Yeah, uh, before. I loved it. I terrible ending. It's not possible uh, to happen. How could she possibly have found out where that person lived? It's ridiculous. It's a, it's a really lot of fun. Ridiculous. You got to just. You, you of course, you leave. can find out. Yeah. Watch it's... Don't Fuck with Cats. You could find out anything. Oh my I'm god! I'm not watching anything about cats. <laughs> it's a good good documentary though. But no, that film, that film, you got to leave your brain at the door. It's not. A, it's definitely not high art by any means. It's just a shitload of fun. I enjoy the That's movie, see, so don't get me wrong. I just hated the ending. That's all. I love the ending. Speaking wow. of shitload of fun, it's been mentioned twice already. Crawl is my number 15. Eight out of 10. I can't really add too much there. It's just, it's another leave your brain at the door. Just a good monster movie. I watched it with my uh, two kids and we all, when that, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything just because there's a couple of great jump scares that all got right. us all. And, and it, 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 it's not quite the most believable but it doesn't matter because it's just a lot of fun. And Agreed. Number 14. Again, mentioned twice already, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Not my number one. <laughs> but oh, I didn't really the look it. of this <laughs> film. I almost want to give this the Cinematography Award, but there's just so much great films this year when it, where it comes to cinematography that uh, I don't know if I could just give it to one film. But the movie looks great. And Watson said at best, Great gateway horror film. I think my kids are almost beyond it, but 
to get them into horror. What a great way. And I thought it was going to be an anthology. So I, I love the fact of how the story was told. And I, w- I look forward to a future Yes. Uh, future movies. When you say sure. gateway, do you mean it'll probably lead to Mandingo porn? Yes. Yeah. How'd yeah. you know? Okay. That's okay, what I figured. I had something queued up here for. And my next one is. Uh, uh. This is a lot longer lead than I expected it to be. It's okay. I dig it, though. It's the Laplace's name. This is, this is LA is the place. LA, oh. <laughs> <laughs> LA. Put that part in, though. LA, 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 LA. Anyway, uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for bringing this to uh, our attention. I don't know if it's Dave. I think I have to give it to Watson because I think Watson was the one that checked it out really early in the year. Watson and then, was deep throating this movie for six months. Yep, cupping its balls the whole time. <laughs> and I think yeah. he, when he came on our show, when you just invited him on for whatever fucking reason, he mentioned it on the <laughs> I'm kidding, Watson. He mentioned it on the show, that show. And I hadn't watched it yet. It was on Prime. Checked it out. This is another one. This is definitely a lower budget movie, but cinematography is mwah in this film. They got the black and white beautiful in this. And talk about raising tension just by showing a fucking pawn and a queen chasing it. it, it it's masterful. It way. is. And it's artistic. With an explanation and an understanding and not, we're going to leave everything up to you. We're going to give you exactly. an explanation for everything. That's what I'm talking about. It was slow, Beautiful. but not boring. It, no, was, exactly. it was leisurely yeah. paced, but I was never bored by the film. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, exactly. great great film. Again, eight, eight, 8 out of 10. These are all 8s from here. Um, and my number 12 is a film. I was a little worried about keeping it on the list, but I just said, fuck it. It's on Shudder, and there are definite horror elements throughout and I teared up at the end. And so it got me emotionally. And that's uh, Tigers are, are Not Afraid. Uh, you guys recommended it to me. And I was not disappointed at all. Fantastic film. And man, what an ending. I, again, if you haven't seen it. I'm being cryptic and vague here. But definitely check it out. There will be some naysayers saying, is it really horror? Is it borderline? It's horror. It's horror. And people are complaining about the ending. I'm not going to say anything about it because if you, really? if you haven't seen it, the less obviously you don't want to know the ending. But the less you know about it, the better. It is horror. And it, there is open interpretations for the ending. And to me, it was pretty clear cut what happens. So if you see it and you're still confused about it, oh, call me. Call me. I'll tell you. <laughs> call what. me. All right. Blondie. <laughs> call uh, me. Call me. Of course, it's, line, you can go. it's a good song, man. Good it song. is. My number 11, <laughs> Dr. Sleep. This went up. No, there was no hate. I said it was said a it good, was good movie. not great. Not great. I watched it again, Nefarious Means. I watched it in the theater originally, so I supported the but it's not been released officially yet. So was it Rose's hat that brought it down for you? What? Was it Rose's hat that brought it down for you? <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole dissertation that I could get into of my problems with the film. We're going to have to cover But this. I liked the movie. Upon second watch, I said, boy, was I being a nitpick. But there were certain things I wasn't expected. I thought, okay. More like a nitwit. 
Okay, thanks. But if you're going <laughs> if to, if it's not a sequel, but it's obviously taking the characters from an established film and story, I all of a sudden you're in this realm where these vampiresque vampire creatures exist. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this doesn't co. How does this coexist? <laughs> I'm getting really excited here with my hands. How could this coexist in the same world of The Shining? Just because there are ghosts and hauntings here, suddenly we have vampires and supernatural, and I just wasn't buying what they were selling me. But I know it's a separate story, so I let that. At least go. he gave us something, though. That—that's what right. I appreciated about Flanagan. At least he gave us substance to. I love The Shining. It's a classic movie. I rate it near perfect. But again, a lot of you know what the hell's going on, and at least he committed to something and, and told the story and gave us substance and related it all to one another in a way. And I didn't, and you know, these psychic vampires, it sounds ridiculous, but I thought it was handled real well. And they were some of my favorite characters in the film. Oh, I no, mean, the whole cast some was great, terrific. great moments. Again, my dissertation, again, we may be talking about this later. I'll bring maybe some of these points up a bit later. I'll actually bring it up. But this did go up. Um, I, it, it's entering great well, but what it, what it really enters is it's entered rewatchability realm. I know that I can rewatch this. Uh, more and more and more and it will be one that I revisit over and over again so I came in at an 8 when I was originally at like a 7 to a 7.5 so I came talk up about sleep are you uh, are you done yeah <laughs> I was the shortest out of all you fucks I'm sorry other than you actually joke. that was yeah. the, that was a dick joke I'm sorry <laughs> look at Dave laughing hiding his <laughs> that's great that was an asshole oh, joke but it's, it's just it's, like, I it's perfect it. yeah oh boy good see. stuff I Here love him go. too Top 11, or top 10. Top 10. Here we go. Before we get into the top 10, we all had little guesses at the beginning where we wrote them down. Everybody was picking what we thought everyone's number one was going to be. Now, based upon the um, you know the list we just gave for the 19 through 11, what has happened? Is, anybody, is everybody still alive? Well, I, uh, I screwed up with Brandon. I had the perfection down at his number one, and I blew my load of Watson, too. I had been Samar. Did that seem legit? Some did that... <laughs> <laughs> some air. You want, you want to get some air, you say? Yeah, I got some air, eh? See? Halfway through that movie, you need to go out and get some air. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong with C. I had the Laplace esteem in only because he recently watched it and said, this is fantastic. And I'm just thinking he's hated every other fucking movie this year. <laughs> Maybe he'll like this. So I have no idea. But that's... Like Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Black Christmas was my number two choice. All mine are still alive. How about you, Watson? I messed up with B because I had figured maybe something. He he tends to like those mental health movies, and I had figured maybe Daniel Isn't Real might jump up to his number one possibly. Or, yeah, so that, yeah, I was teetering with that, and he he blew that right out of the water. And wait, did C say Black Christmas wasn't? So him too, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you fucking cocksucker. (laughs) Black Christian. (laughs) Black Krampus, Black I got a lot of ready to do. Black Mamba. Black Mamba. Um, The whole trilogy. What was the name of the Black Forest in its native tongue, uh, Watson? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> my, my Negra trilogy. Indeed. I believe Colored Bear was in that. <laughs> <laughs> he was lurking in the Black Forest. Good old Colored Bear. Got a lot of. It's so ridiculous to say it now. But I but... thought it too. Yeah, it really that sounds is. like what he said. At least in that version, we. Um, it might have been our link. 
They just might not have been the best sound because we Did watched. We, ever, we brought this up league. before, right? Oh, yeah. On the show. Yes, it's okay, public so knowledge now. Puppet Master Littlest Reich, Cuddly Bear. Yes. His character's name, when people are saying it for the first, for the whole fucking movie, it sounds like they're saying Colored Bear. It's only him. <laughs> when he was saying it. Oh, uh, was, was it him he saying was it? He okay. himself in yeah. person, and he yeah. was saying, Colored Bear will go for that or something like that. And yeah. he thought Colored Bear, and so did I. Even so, at the end, when he, when he comes home to his wife, he's like, hey, you, you little Colored Bear's home. Right. <laughs> like, I want to see a crossover. Pooh Bear meets Colored Bear. <laughs> <laughs> How about just Winnie the Colored Bear? <laughs> yeah. My Meets goodness. the mid bear. How about him, you know? <laughs> fuck that bear. Oh, my God. Are we getting these top tens or what? Holy fuck. All right, top tens. We're going in order around Robin. Number 10, uh, oh, Watson, and then and yep. then who? B. B. Then e, D. and then E, and then C. Yeah. Okay. So Watson. not the alphabet at all. <laughs> no, no, instead it's like a radio station. <laughs> W-B-D-C, you know? Hey, I like it. <laughs> See? Not bad. So, yes, Watson, the floor is yours, sir. Number 10, please, if you will. Hey, all right. So, at number 10, I've got the movie written by the gentleman who gave us last year's A Quiet Place. And that film, as C already mentioned, is Haunt. On Halloween, a group of friends visit an extreme haunted house that promises to feed their darkest fears. The night turns deadly as they realize that some terrors are real. I've got, guys, I've got nothing deep or profound to say about this one. <laughs> Quite simply put, it's just a mean-spirited, gory Halloween slasher that covers its bases, checks the right boxes, and gets the job done. If, if this had been made in the 80s, it would be a genre classic at this point, and I'm not going to sit here in 2020 pretending like this isn't a pretty damn good slasher effort just because it's new. Like The Halloween atmosphere is great. The characters are likable. The killers are quite scary. The kills themselves are brutal. This is what slasher f fans like claim they want right here for the taking, and I loved it. There's a certain gimmick, you guys, that I think that we kind of sort of glossed over a little bit or kind of mentioned in passing that the killers use involving their masks that I found intriguing and downright frightening. Not certain how plausible the killers' goals are here, but perhaps they aren't, I don't know, any more improbable than killers dressing up in masks in the first place and murdering people. So I don't really mind any of that. When we're in the realm of low-budget slashers, especially the ones that aren't aiming for, like, highbrow status like behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon or something i've got nothing but forgiveness in my heart for such small narrative transgressions you enjoy slashers and can allow your 80s hard on to simmer down long enough to watch something new you just might find yourself pleasantly surprised i know i did that's my number 10 haunt so nice 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 i enjoyed now, it now dave like i mean does it, what was your score for this film um haunt let me see here give me a score. second before I asked Watson, just because I mean I get what you're saying about <laughs> before I had I the guy, what... the guy had it on top ten. I want your rating. No, I love that he had it on top ten. It just it just yeah, missed out on my it. list, but it was my favorite slasher of the year, no doubt. But seven point I mean... two five. That's, oh, that's not score. bad. Okay, all right, Dave original. <laughs> <laughs> I only I'm have never, a never before heard rating. <laughs> I only have five movies with a seven point two five rating. I'll tell you what they are for fun: Harpoon, Haunt. Annabelle, Pledge, and Knife Plus Heart. That wasn't as much fun as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get it out there. <laughs> we know what your New Year's resolution wasn't. <laughs> be less of a dick. Oh. <laughs> I can't afford less dick. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not Mr. Dave Z over here. He's an uncut gem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who's next? Uh, Brandon. Oh, oh, no, wait. What did you rate that? Uh, what? 
I was, oh man, you know, I was in the ballpark of an 8.75 to 9 on it. So why don't we just go high for the hell of it? Let's call it a 9. Wow, nice. 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 Two inches bigger than Dave. Anyway. <laughs> one and a half. Oh, one and a half. Yeah, sorry. I forgot. Episode later, he went up a half. It's been the same for years, years and years. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> All right. My number 10, man, it's actually directed by, it's got three credits for directors. And uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say the names just because I'm going to butcher them. It, it's a film that's been mentioned before. And again, if you haven't seen it, it's Tomb Bed. Ah, too bad you didn't know all the director's names. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to butcher names, but this takes place. The modern time for this film is 1947. It does eventually flash back to 1918 and and tells the story of our lead character. I'm just going to shorten his name to Vin for the sake of this, and and tells he's basically telling his son in modern times about the goddess of prosperity and all these gods, and about this one particular god that was birthed called Haster. And uh, how he uh, he was greedy and all he wanted all the money and all the gold and all the food and you know he was um, basically erased from history by by his mother and and hid inside her tomb and then it, our lead character Vin you know from a very young age becomes obsessed with with wealth and and greed and riches and it just it's a wonderful story ab- about. Um, greed and, and and generations of of greed breeding more greed more greed and ultimately breaking that vicious cycle and you know the atmosphere i thought was fantastic i absolutely love the soundtrack for this film i absolutely love it Indian was a music. great soundtrack they, it, it was, really was they used it over and over again but i can't but fault I, them for it because it was so good yeah it really they were telling really, a story yeah, I, I just really, really enjoyed this film from start to finish. It had some real nightmarish start, especially at the beginning with, uh, like you said, with the old woman, with uh, with grandma and everything. Really just some genuinely creepy stuff. And I, I love where the story developed, and I love how it ultimately wrapped up. And, uh, you know, this one's on Shudder. Jason Lloyd, this was one of the films that he was talking about, I think, he saw in festival last year that, you know, was, you know, on my list to check out this year. And, you know, it did not disappoint. Uh, tomb bed, eight and a half out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. That was bad. only one, that was only one watch. Really? Right on. Yeah. Nice. It went up for me on my second watch. Nice. As, as did my number ten. Um, and I think Watson will be pleased to hear this because I discussed this with him, and I had a I had, I had a take on this movie, basically based upon things I was hearing before I saw it. I said last year that it was kind of going to be like the Mandy was last year, where everybody was saying this, that, the other thing. And I went and I watched it, and I was like, well, it wasn't really that trippy. And then the second time I, I watched it for what it was, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Same thing happened this year for this movie, and this movie is called Bliss. Nice. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I came around, buddy. I came around. Um, it, it's a fun movie. I No, it's not trippy the same way I was expecting. It's that damn box art. It makes it look like I'm about to watch freaking, you know, Suspiria or, 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 you know, uh, whimsical color mania for, for 90 minutes. And, and it wasn't that, but <laughs> it, it was a nice accurate <laughs> representation uh, of people partying with drugs. It reminds me of, uh, <laughs> you know, my 20s and, and people that, that I knew. And I, people say that there's no likable characters. I don't think that she was such a bad character. I just think she was going through a tough time. I don't poor think De- she was. Poor Desi. Yeah, poor Desi. I definitely am a little bit 
sympathetic towards her. I don't think she's a terrible person. I just think it was it was a bad time, and she let some of her worst character traits out, but she didn't know what was going on with her. I mean, she is it because of this new drug that she's hooked on, or is it because of this some other supernatural thing that she's not aware of is happening to her? She has all this stuff going on, but you have a lot of fun with the drug scene in the beginning. You have that good threesome stuff. Um, honestly, I, I, I do have a little bit of complaints, which is why it isn't higher. I, there, was, there was one or two things I just didn't quite understand, but the kills are all great. There's a lot of good shots going on in this movie. Uh, the, this director, uh, Joe Bagos, is, always does a really good job. Uh, all the kills are great, honestly. Uh, they're bloody. If not for the plot holes, I, I would love it even more. I didn't 100% get the ending, but the ride that I was taking on, I think it's um, it's a lot of fun. And it's a good story. The sound design is great. The soundtrack is great, like the songs that are played throughout and the score. So not not too much to complain about except a few minor plot holes, which I'm not going to get into now because they're kind of spoiler. But I, I, I'm really glad that I went back. I had a lot of fun with it. And she did real good as Desi. Um, what's her name? Dora Madison did, did yeah. really good. Yeah. I, you know what? What took me out of it, and I still rated it pretty high. I think I gave it like a seven and a half. But what took me out of it a little bit was – and it's not her fault. I mean, this is probably the way she was directed. Just some of the lines she delivered, it just, it just sounded, it just took me out of it. She was just very, like, like, yo, man, like, you know, like, I don't know. There was just something in her attitude for some of the dialogue she delivered. It was just, it felt corny. That's how people act, though, in that scene sometimes, though. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. They seem believable to me. Yeah, I, I owe it a second watch because, like you, yeah. even, it did. It was a little bit, like, trippy and stuff. It did take me, it was a little confused by how it wrapped up and everything but it felt like a you know taking that almost like the devil's candy and just taking it to like the next level in terms of like the obsession with one's art to a degree i do get the devil's candy uh you know comparison but it, it's it's a completely different movie and again I, I really enjoyed it my big problem was a kill happens in a club people are literally walking around the club with blood on their faces and there's a dead body in a bathroom and nobody gets caught then there's a murder spree later on and the person that commits the murder spree goes back to the scene of the crime looking for someone because they forgot that they killed them and nobody gets caught it's just so easy to get away with murder they, they don't do anything to explain how that is even possible so that that's my little plot hole issue but again I really came around on again. You definitely owe yourself a second watch. Uh, for me, it's an eight point seven five. Lewis, I have yep. to give it a first watch. I it did. I didn't get a chance to see it. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. You might not like it the first time it, it, because you might think she's annoying. I know how you are sometimes, but the second time, it's it's worth it. <laughs> uh, my number ten is Annabelle Comes Home. Wow. I, I, I fucking loved it. I, I everybody was blowing that second Annabelle movie, which I thought was okay. This, I, I thought, is definitely the best Annabelle film. It's definitely one of the best of the Conjuring universe for sure. I don't know what it is about this film other than the the whole structure of it. There's heart, uh, which you usually don't get in. They let you get to know the characters a little bit more. I like the whole house-sitting angle or babysitting, house-sitting angle. The, the kid, that um, the boyfriend character, uh, for the first hour, it's almost totally solid. Then it goes into the, okay, we got to deliver the, the scares that they want and whatever, and it kind of loses focus for maybe 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes, and then it regains itself for the last 15 minutes again. So uh, great, great film, a lot of fun, and yeah, a, a solid 8 out of 10. 
Nice. Annabelle the ferryman scene. The ferryman scene. Is that was that his name? The ghost with the with, coin with over the his coins. eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that was that was genuine creepiness. Well, it's almost like they goosebumps that movie too. It's almost like they let every ghost out, like instead of like instead of I a book coming though, to life, but I, all the ghosts come to life. Yeah, yeah I, I liked that. I had fun, I had so much fun. Fun. With that. So much fun with yeah. that. And I, it's the kind of movie I love. Movies that take place over one night. Yes. It, this just happened in one night. It's like a twenty-four hour story, yeah. and yeah, I, I it, uh, you know what? I, I I gave the ratings before those seven point twenty fives that I had. That was another on there. I really did like it. And by the way, Mark Nato, if you're listening, I guess Christian isn't a good uh, podcaster anymore because Mark Nato said something in our chat not too long ago about if anybody yeah. has Annabelle in their top ten, they don't deserve to be podcasting or something. <laughs> I've seen people have it in their top three, yeah. and you know what? Nice. It belongs. It deserves all the praise it gets. It was a fantastic film this year. I was not expecting anything from it. Me, uh, I'm not a big. I wasn't a big Annabelle fan. I, the first one was kind of just lackluster. The second one, a lot of people blew, like I said earlier. And I, I was like, oh. I don't see it. I, really? I, it was okay. I, I enjoyed it, but this one I thought delivered. Never saw the first one. Like the second one, in like that seven range. This one, yeah, like range. I said, like this one could have been a standalone film. And like I said, I only saw it once. Watched it in the last week or so. Like one of the last films I watched, and uh, it's eight out of ten for a first viewing. And this is a film I want in my collection that yeah. I could watch over and over. Just a fun film. Good stuff, man. See, you really got you guy. You guys got to watch Animal Creation again. I think it's freaking is every good. It's as good as The Conjuring. I think it's an amazing I film. I agree, Dave. You agree? See, I, yeah, guys, watch it again. Maybe someone will give us the trilogy. Maybe we'll put it up there. Annabelle, okay. Annabelle Creation, and Annabelle, whatever this is called. You know. Well, and I never hated the first one. I just didn't think. No, it was, I know. I was like a six point five, six point seven five. No, the second no. one was like, the, it's, or the, it's no the Black creation Christmas. was. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> I, I gotta put. I gotta reach through the screen and wring your neck. <laughs> If like, it wasn't for my New Year's resolution. That's like Ghost Dad. That's like Ghost Dad when he reaches through the phone and he hugs and he chokes the daughter's boyfriend. You with the Bill Cosby references. Dave, you know what I'm talking about. You never saw I Ghost Dad? Ghost Dad's a Bill Cosby it. movie. Huh. Who watches yeah, Bill Cosby yeah. movies? How the fuck does Dave not know Ghost Dad? I just felt like he would have I felt like he would have grown up on Ghost Dad. I didn't watch Ghost Dad. I I don't know why. I knew never to go see a Bill Cosby movie. They were shit. <laughs> I think they yeah. were. They were they always good... shit. He was You're Leonard right. Part Six. Ghost Dad? Oh, the guy couldn't perfect. be... Uh, sitcom, I still got to no see problem. the first five Leonards, so... <laughs> it's always the same no, joke for... with this prick. <laughs> <laughs> for Bill Cosby, you got Fat Albert, and you got the Cosby show, and you got Bill Cosby himself. And after that, you're right. I don't think he made a good movie. I think you might be right about this. I think he is right. But I'm more concerned that every time I laugh, I sound like I have a deadly wheeze. Like, I'm, <laughs> I might be dead by the end of the show. Well, oh, you get to, let's get to the ones quick. Boy, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I don't want to have to edit around this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so compassionate. Oh, you excel with it. Yes. Who's Back up? to you, uh, Watts. Watson. What's up, buddy? Okay, uh, at number nine, I've got, uh, you know what? I'm not going to read the synopses anymore. That just, that seemed very out of place since you guys aren't. And I, I want to conform here. So at number nine, and everyone knows this film anyway, is Jordan Peele's Us. So along with Ari Aster's Midsummer, this is hands down one of the smartest and best constructed genre films of the year. The sheer amount of Easter eggs and subtextual themes are off the charts, everybody. Like Peel is a master of horror. Us is a total triumph. I think it deserves all the many accolades it gets. I love it. In fact, 
this movie does get my award for best score of 2019. So there's one of our awards out there. Now, I'm not trying to bog this ranking down with negatives here because this episode is about celebrating the movies we love from last year. But the only reason this didn't stay at my number one of the year anymore is because the 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 fantastical metaphorical facets of the movie don't mix at all with the literal real world explanation for the things the story gives us like grounding these events in reality, I think was a misstep in my book, at least uh, less would have been more in the explana uh, explanation department. And I can't get that out of my head when I watch this. And I have rewatched this a few times uh, because if the things we see in this movie are left purely as symbolism, if they're not rationalized, this movie's perfect. But what we have here is an attempt to marry the metaphor actual and that just misses for me but having said that what is so wonderful about this movie is how you can tie it back into the writings of civil rights activist and sociologist w.e.b du bois so check it in his 1903 book the souls of black folk he talks about something he called double consciousness and i think and i i'm going to use an academic word here i postulate that this is what's at the heart of this film here i've just got a small little excerpt from du bois right here i just want to read it really quickly for you he writes what do yeah. <laughs> he writes, it is a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness, this sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity. One feels his two-ness, an American, a Negro, two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two warring ideals and one dark body whose dogged strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder. Beautiful stuff right there. I and it, it that book is amazing. 1903. He's talking about the things that the, you know, African Americans were going through at the time post-slavery and everything that was going on leading into civil rights. I guarantee Jordan Peele has read this book, which is why he did so well at taking that concept that Du Bois wrote about and universal universalizing it here to tell his tale, taking it simply from a conversation about race and bringing it into something every person on the planet deals with, which is our own duality bubbling up from underneath. Really great stuff. That's my number nine with a nine out of 10. That's us. And if you haven't checked it out, The Boys is a good show on the prime. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good show. <laughs> I get it now. The voice. <laughs> Brandon did. I love Brandon. That actually brings me more pleasure. See, his, <laughs> his... I love the boys, but do boys, the boys, like, I just, like <laughs> that you could get your head around. But I like... don't. I like. I want Homelander to crash through your Friday the Thirteenth collection right now and rip your fucking heart out. <laughs> I want like, to crash into my room. <laughs> Most beautiful girl I've ever seen. Anyway, uh, go yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Did I just <laughs> echo crazy? Echo crazy? <laughs> What's going on here? Here. My next film, actually, it's funny because uh, W. E. D. Du Bois actually wrote about this film as well. It's a Brazilian film. He gave it a positive review this year. <laughs> it is called The Night Shifter, and this one is also on Shutter. Yeah, Du Bois was big into uh, the the Mexican uh, <laughs> the movement. No, he's a big fan of Shutter. <laughs> oh, yeah, In the, he is. Uh, he's he's uh, been like a subscriber since day one. The Night Shifter. This was a pretty. I, I yeah. Tell tell it tell it, B. All right. So the Night Shifter is about Stenio, who is the Night Shifter of a morgue, and he has the ability to communicate with the dead cadavers. 
So he communicates with them all every single night that he's working. And he learns all these secrets because it's all these uh, cartels and gangs and all this, you know, rival violence going on. And he uses it to his advantage when he learns that his wife is having an affair on him. So he uses it to get revenge against the man cheating uh, cheating with his wife. And ultimately it backfires and people are hurt and he becomes haunted. And and it's really a film of him dealing with being haunted and his it's protecting his children who are being haunted. And it's really violent and nasty. And the only negative I have about this film is the CGI of the cadaver mouths. If anyone has seen it, when they when he talks to the dead, you see them talking back, and it really doesn't need to be seen. Because everything else, gore-wise and visually, is really haunting and, and stunning, but this just kind of is a little too uh, a little too cheesy. But uh, without giving away what happens, because I o- almost did, but, you know, it turns into a full-time, like, haunted house film, and uh, it, it plays out rather dark, and I-, I just really love the ending of this film. I really don't want to say too much. It is The Night Shifter. It's on Shudder, and uh, I give this one also an 8.5 out of 10. Wow. The did anyone see it? You, you guys didn't see it? Watson no. did, right? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Like, I kept I, telling I, you guys to see it, too. Yeah. Why the hell did I not then? You actually said you're going to pass on that one, Dave. So then I did too. <laughs> oh, there must have been a reason I passed on it. It wouldn't just be for no. I wouldn't. It's terrific, and I feel like with some of the films that you guys have mentioned, this would fit right in. It has the atmosphere that a a tomb bed, a black forest had. It has that dark sense of uh, of atmosphere. You mentioned and... those two. <laughs> I didn't mention the black forest. No, I'm sorry that you did. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny. If it was just me. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't, I didn't say it, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it. this is going to be just a slightly spoilers thing. You know, when he, when he's trying to get the revenge against the the, uh, the man who's cheating with his wife, ultimately what happens is the man and the wife get killed. So then the wife is haunting him from beyond the grave, and it gets really dark because they had a very volatile relationship to begin with. There's kids involved. She's not a nice person, and I feel like this needed to be said. So uh, it, it really doesn't spoil much where, you know, where it goes from there. I, I think uh, it is the uh, the meat of the story. Thank you for saying what needed to be said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A few people might know that reference. It's uh, it's the crying wrestling fan. Anyway, um, the night shifter. I can't understand how I wouldn't have seen this. When I look at it here, I'm like, I, I don't know why I would pass on this. It passes the Dave Z test in every way. I feel like I... I... I really tried. With I think you job. sandbagged. You sandbagged on this one. Come, come, correct on me. No, I swear I mentioned it on a show or mentioned it in the group. We I had a chat show. from like two nights ago, and Dave was like, "Okay, I'm gonna pass on the night sitter or night shifter." No, he well, said maybe the, I got confused. Maybe it was the night sitter. I thought you said the night sitter. Oh, well, that's why. See, different movies. <laughs> yeah, that's. I think the that's a different sitter. movie. I'd never even heard of that unless you were thinking of the night shifter. No. I was thinking of the night oh, shitter, well. and I passed it all three <laughs> of them. I'm a I'm a night shitter sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute! Is there a movie called The Night Sitter and The Night Shifter the same year? Yeah, look at The Night Sitter 2018. Yeah, it would not have passed my test. Maybe I misunderstood. <laughs> oh. oh, and wait, just a recent article from Fangoria. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King said he had a dream that The Night Shifter was going to be a fantastic film. <laughs> I'm sorry. Too soon? Oh. Too soon? 
Lordy, lordy. Damn it, I'm mad I missed that, but I'm happy for you, buddy. Okay, no. maybe uh, we'll have an update on this next episode. I'll check it out now. going to be talking about later. Oh, boy. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, speaking What's of talking new? about yeah, sorry. later, you guys all talked about this one earlier, and it's so funny that it's coming up high on my list because typically I'm not the kind of guy that, that is into these type of movies. So, yeah, very strange. But this, when I watched this movie, it was almost exactly the same feeling I got when I watched another movie about three years ago, and that movie was called uh, 47 Meters Down. Oh, where, where, Yes, <laughs> fucking crawl. Yeah, man. Nice. Well, and I, dude, I, I, dude, dude, I watched crawl. And I was on the edge of my seat with the, with everything going on, with the drowning, with the with the possible drowning, the threat, the action, the gators, the the kills that we got were great. But it was a it was a thrill ride for me from beginning to end. I did not rewatch that movie until this morning because I was afraid to watch it again because I didn't want to knock it off my list because the experience I had with it. I was like I said, I was on the edge of my seat again. When it comes to me and drowning, it's this just this thing. Probably one day people are going to be looking back, listening to the saying, that son of a bitch knew he was going to drown. He always feared it. Anyway, Who knew it would have been semen? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But this movie, it it, it was great, man. Crawl. Good jump squares. Good jump scares. You said jump squids. There were some jump squids in there. Yeah, there were squids in there. A couple flew out of the gator's mouth. (laughs) I was really rooting for the characters. It doesn't happen much, but it was just like the 47 meters down experience where I was really wanting everyone to live, including the dog. And I'm watching this movie and I'm pulling for these characters and the threat of them drowning weighs heavy and everything that the gators do. Some people say it's unbelievable, but in the context of this film, I think they made it look pretty good. Like, yes, she did outswim a few gators, but she always had leads when she took off. It wasn't like she was right next to a gator out racing it. That would be ridiculous. To me, the way it was shot and, and the way the story was told, it all made total sense to me. So all these years I've, I've avoided these these um, creature feature movies, but maybe it's just because of the water thing, you know, with the drowning, you know, being a threat is why this takes me in. But if there are other movies out there that are like creature feature movies that, you know, feature like an isolated a couple or two or three people. I think that's something I'd be into. I'm not into watching one monster destroy 30, 40 people. That's not my cup of tea, but something like this that's more intimate. If there are more more movies like this, please did let me know ever, what they are. Did you ever see Rogue? No. Because yeah. Rogue has a very similar feel to this. Not as isolated, but this film reminded me so much of Rogue, and I absolutely love Rogue. That might be my favorite Greg, uh, McLean, alligator. McLean or McLean or... Yeah, or the guy that did uh, Wolf Creek, one and two, I think. Yes, Rogue. yeah, yeah it's good. in fact, it's he's great. in. He's yeah. he's in it. Uh, what's his name? Uh, God, what's with me and names tonight? Jarrett. Jarrett. Yeah, yeah. Crawl is amazing. Shout out to Forty Seven Meters Down Uncaged. They came out. Uh-oh. Good film. That was not fun. A bad film at all. It was not fun. A bad film at all. People yeah, are hating on that. It's on, it's on my it's on my list Ooh. further down, but it, 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 that one's that one's just a fun shark movie. But they isolate yeah. the, the the and they're likable again and and there's a threat of drowning and everything else. So check that out, Dave. I will. Whenever, I will check. Whenever it out. waters around, there seems to always be a threat of drowning. <laughs> <laughs> or semen. Indeed. But speaking of water, there was there were some great underwater shots in this movie. You know, just the looter scene was great. There wasn't a lot of kills. There was enough kills for me, and the kills we did see were good and gory. I 
I don't know. I, I, I didn't. You know what? I didn't even care though. Like that was the criticism I heard was all oh, I needed more kills, but I didn't even care because, yeah. like you said, the tension and and yes. that threat of drowning was was really what you know gave you that yeah. oh, that oh. claustrophobic feel. There's a Dude. scene where, uh, like, I again, I don't want to spoil, but someone's arm and it's just like I spoiled yeah. it. But yeah. Who cares? Yeah. But it, it's gory, <laughs> and you're just you're just feeling everything. Like the kids, we were all like, "What the fuck? This is awesome." It was great. Yep. It was great, man. I really was in it. I'm surprised that I'm coming in the highest. But again, a Hollywood movie that play, that played and it made some money. People were saying it's a fun movie. Check it out. And I almost didn't. And man, I'm, I'm glad I did because I, right. I really another, got into another, it. Another theatrical one. I forgot about this one. Yeah. Wait, wait till you hear this damn list of mine with these freaking theatrical movies. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But th- this is the first one of them. And uh, yeah, well, lots of fun. That's so why I think I've got Dave's number one. <laughs> I, I, I switched at the last minute. Crawl, number nine. Uh, You're number ten. Nine, nine. My nine. number nine, yes. What was the rating? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Crawl, nine out of ten. Nine. Nice. Nice, dude. Alexandre yeah. Aja. Right yes, on. Aja, too, who was also another great director. Oh, that's right, yeah. Correct. Well, I can't remember yeah. who, who's in any of these movies or who directed them this year. I'm having a very hard time with names this year. That's okay. Oh, I'll say this, though. i got to say this. Every year there's a movie that makes me tear up. This made me tear up. It did the relationship between the father and the daughter being a little bit estranged. And in the were, they, were they crocodile tears? <laughs> <laughs> Roll the fucking That's credits. A, yeah, exactly. No, Just end the show <laughs> right thank now. Thank you. Good yeah. night. Yeah. Don't talk for the rest of the show. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was all a fucking favor. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Great. I don't even want to go now. Uh, right? <laughs> yeah, don't fuck it, Watson. Yeah. <laughs> don't Watson go ahead. This fucking whiskey soaked brick. <laughs> you told us to tell you when we can tell the alcohol's affecting you. Yeah. It's affecting you. <laughs> oh, okay, Dave. Okay, I thought you meant me. I'm like, I'm not drinking any whiskey. I will no, later. Dave, Dave. <laughs> Gotta go to the My, gym first. You get fun. Dave gets mean. My oh. number nine, I think, I don't know if we've all talked about this or not, but it feels like we've all talked about it. But my number nine is Tumba. Too bad. Wow. Yeah, and a one-time watch. I I actually watched this, finished this yesterday. Uh, is I again another film I could easily hand the cinematography award to. It is beautiful to look at. They they capture everything. That, that scene when they're underground and they bring uh, multiple doormen. <laughs> and, oh yeah. And talk oh about that. my great. god, it is so well done. It's creepy. Uh, Horror in elements, but there's enough of it to go around because that whole yeah. opening uh, is absolutely terrifying with the kids and with with grandma. And then mm-hmm. uh, when he comes back and the tree growing out of the deal, yeah, oh, it's, cool. it's just there's so many great moments in this film. And it's touching at the end. It, 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 I'm actually trying to remember uh, the director now, I think is. Rahai or Rehai or something. Yeah, like that. There, there, were, there were three. There were three, like the actual director, a creative director, and then like a co-director. But I think Rawhide was the main director. And you're right about the score. The score was intriguing. I, di- I didn't give it the movie my my best score, but uh, but it's definitely it's definitely up there. What score did you give it? The the actual uh, <laughs> good joke, but I give it an eight out of ten. I got a lot of eights. <laughs> Watson, <laughs> that went over my head for a second. I realized, oh, I can't. I get what he meant. Best score. <laughs> All right. Wow, Tumban. Is, is, is it been on every every list? One, two, three. 
Watson, have, has that been on your list? Well, then you're in 19 to 11? No, I have not mentioned it yet. Okay, okay. Just oh, he said sure. yet. Oh, who knows? We'll see. Wow. Maybe it's coming right now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. No, uh, at number eight, I've got Anna and the Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Guys, I had no... I, I said this on the Horrorcast a couple days ago, but I had absolutely no interest in this movie back when people started talking about it. I, I hate to admit it, but even though, you know, my son and I still watch The Walking Dead religiously, because we do, we never dropped off. I, I have zombie fatigue, something fierce. Also, things like Glee... Things like High School Musical, that's not for me. I like musicals, don't get me wrong, I really do. In fact, I'm going to, my, my son and I, after watching this, he really wanted me to show him some musicals, so we might, like, I might show him Chicago. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, they both, oh, yes, they both, oh, yes, they both reached for the gut. You know, I, I love that movie, but, so, <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. Also, uh, as far as Anna and the Apocalypse goes, I'm not interested even slightly in teen angst as a subject, and putting that to a sanitized musical sounds awful to me, and let's just also add on the fact that I really don't like Christmas all that much. I'm down with my man JC and his birthday and stuff, but I'm just, I don't really like to decorate or do any of it. Presents, blah. I hate getting them. I hate giving them. Not a Christmas guy. So this movie should not have worked for me, but it totally did. We, my son and I watched this, like I think the day after Christmas, uh, uh, funnily enough, and we just had so much fun with the songs, the dances, all that zombie death. And how about this movie, how the movie approaches its ending? I mean, it's incredibly subversive. It goes for the throat in certain respects. I found this film immensely delightful and highly recommended to people who are on the fence. Should I see it? Should I not? This is a talented cast here. Ella Hunt, who plays the titular character of Anna, deserves a big break for her work all throughout with the singing and the dancing. And she's charismatic and attractive I, I hope to see her in more horror movies or just anything if you have any musical aptitude you'll see just how much work went into this movie and i'll say this even though certain aspects of this maybe are a little vapid or don't tread new ground as far as maybe zombies go there's still so much fun to be had here this movie is pure escapism and in that regard it's pretty much perfect for me movie number eight anna and the apocalypse at uh yet another nine out of ten Nice. Nice. I watched that one on Christmas Day, actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I quite enjoyed it. And and Marley Sue, uh, another actress in that movie. Mm, wow. Freaking oh, God. <laughs> Roman Candle. Boom. She. Oh boy. Anyway, sorry. Proceed. <laughs> and hold on. Let, let me let me let me say something after I'm saying that. This was the other movie that made me tear up. So two movies and and, and oh, always the with the daughter. fucking father and the daughter. Yep. Every fucking time it gets me. Am no, I dead inside? Why don't I cry? <laughs> Lucky you, buddy. You're better off. Stay dead. No, that's, dead. that's not good. I think no, I'm dead it's inside. fucking great. Stay dead, buddy. It's, Please. No, it's horrible. <laughs> Stay dead. Stay dead. <laughs> and zombie branded is next. All right. <laughs> Coming in at number eight. It is the sequel, It Chapter Two. Cool. Nice. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the first one. I, I honestly didn't know how Chapter 2 was going to work, you know, given, you know, the casting of... Uh, well, you, well, you did know uh, how it was going to work. You probably read the book and saw the other movie. I actually didn't read the book. <laughs> so and, and, I, and, I, and, I never saw, and I never saw Chapter 1. I lied. Even I said I liked it, but I never saw it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought the casting as for the adults in this film was absolutely fantastic, which is the reason why this film is so high on my list, because I felt like its biggest downfall was i felt like we didn't get enough pennywise i agree with that right i agree yes every time he was on the screen he was great but 
it seemed like he was on the screen much more on the first one. Exactly. Yeah. He was in yeah. it a lot less. And that's, you know, that's part of the reason why I, I take away points. But part of the reason why I'm so high on it is I thought the casting of, you know, Jessica Chastain, James McAvoy, Bill Hader, everyone else involved was was spot on, was perfect. I love the connection. If, if anything was going to give me a tear, it would probably be this one. I, I really... Uh, Really love the way this one played out. I I, I don't want to. I have a feeling it'll be brought up at some point later on. So I'll I'll piggyback off conversations later on. But uh, I only got to see this once and a highly pleasurable experience. And I'm at an eight point five out of ten after one watch. Nice, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Good good stuff. Yeah. CG some really, didn't take really... No, you know what? A, a film of this scale, I, I almost had to get on board with the CG, and I felt like some of like the CG in this like reminded me of some of the CG you saw in Scary Stories, and okay, I love that too. The uh, Scary Stories I actually was okay with. This, what I found was you, you know, the bu- the budget. I become unforgiving to a certain degree. Yeah, it's so high. It's it, it should be flawless, and when that fucking tree monster thing comes running down the fucking hallway or whatever the hell it was, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This thing looks ridiculous. I don't, I, I, I don't know why. Dude. For some reason, it, it almost seems scarier to me when it's the CG, because I feel like uh, I feel like it's a completely different movie. If you, if you made these all practical effects, it becomes more of like a, a psychological horror film than if, it's, if it looks too real, where this is almost like just preying on that childlike horror hey. that, that these uh, yes. adults still have, right? Yeah, I'm right there with you, buddy, because there has to be because of the dreamlike nature of what Pennywise does with his powers and how he projects himself as their fears and does does these, you know, does these different things. There there has to be that dreamlike quality to it that kind of evokes that whole uncanny valley thing where this isn't quite right. And I rather like that about it. So, yeah. I don't. Yeah, and plus, don't forget, they're coming back to Derry after 27 years, and only Mike has stayed. So their their memory of everything is is hazy, and it slowly comes back. So I like that it comes back in that sort of uh, childlike uh, childlike manner, rather than just being straight up uh, realistic horror. Realistic I don't remember. Effects. I don't remember a tree monster. I, I vaguely do, but I I know like that's that's the number one complaint, even with part one here, is the CGI. But I mean. I love practical effects, don't get me wrong, but I just can't see, even with a budget like this, even with the grand scale, I can't see how you could manage to do everything practical. I mean, I well, guess they a did few it in things... the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And again, I mean, that got ridiculed depending on, you know, how far it went down uh, in uh, the series. But the reality is that it's it's become commonplace now, but then I, be- I don't, I, I just become less forgiving yeah. the the budget of the movies at this level. And if the budget of the movie is not at a certain level, then I say do with what's in your realm, uh, what you what you're able to get away with. And I don't know. It, it took me out the first the first movie. There was only a few scenes that did it, and I liked the first movie. This one I liked a little less. Good performances. I liked who they chose for the adult actors, but it's way down. Like I, I think it's like number number thirty film i think you know i'm a big uh you know i say it every time characters can save a bad movie for me if they're interesting characters and likable characters and this film has it and they're just engaging and you really care about each and every single one of them and it's kind of heartbreaking you know when you learn about uh uh stanley and and, and you know the, the note at the end of it, the film and everything mm-hmm. it's just it was it was touching and moving and you know 
you know, rather dark. But yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. See, let me ask you a question since you're talking about CG and, and budgets. I know you're a Star Wars guy like me. Uh, how did you feel when the Star Wars prequels came out? Did you did did, did the poor CG take you out of it? It's funny. I'll talk this very quickly because I don't want to turn this into Star Wars. Right. Just, I like just each like the for the prequels. I go the opposite of what most people think. I like Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. I like wow. them in that order. I don't wow. care about Jar Jar or anything. I I think if you cut Jar Jar down and you cut that damn pod speed race thing down mm-hmm. in half, the movie goes up uh, like another whole point. But that's the order I like them. I'm not high on the the prequels at all. Uh, they but will, they will just regarding rank. the CG, just the CG only, because I remember yeah, when it came pretty, out, it's it was cutting edge, I was but it was. I was uh, dis- let me let me finish. I was okay. disappointed in the CG. I was disappointed in the CG because at the same time, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was out, and I'm thinking, why the fuck does Peter Jackson get the best looking thing ever in in Gollum? Because that was the CG that you could barely even tell was CG. And yet, when I'm watching fucking these Star Wars movies, these things are blatantly fucking things that are done by computers. That's what used to piss me off. I'm like, could, I thought I go, how could they have that less of a budget? But to me. The stuff that you see in, in Lord of the Rings blew away the fucking stuff we got in the Star Wars prequels. And it always bothered me. It took me yeah, out of my And I can understand that. And we're also talking about movies that are 20 years old now. So there should have been a big evolution in technology. And I don't feel like that evolution's happened. What, is, what it's allowed is movies like another one that didn't end up making my list. But like, it was a lot of fun that I thought was uh, uh, Necrotronic, which is on uh, Sh- uh, Shudder. That His was like, is necrotronic. Sorry. Uh, necrotronic, <laughs> I, I said, was like Ash versus Evil Dead meets Ghostbusters. And that's all CG. Like, they, they, all the gore, everything is CG, lots of laser, like, because they have like proton packs in the sense and whatever. Like, all of it's CG. And I was okay with it because in the world that they created, it worked. But it takes me out of a movie that is like it for some reason. I, I, I'm trying my best to explain it, but I guess okay. I feel like. When I when okay. I see these things lumbering down the 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 hallway and whatever, I, I it was Grandma when Grandma turned into a big monster and in, in it. Yeah, he didn't two. mean a tree, you guys. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I said he didn't mean a literal tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was he talking about? Then? Was Grandma, Grandma into like monster? comes into this, turns into this big crazy monster and comes. Who's Grandma? The old lady in the fucking movie. The it, old lady. The movie Jessica I didn't Chastain. like that's on your list. Oh, like, it's, not a, it's not her grandma. It's the old lady. Oh, who's some like old the fucking movie. lady. I don't know. I you know guys are blowing the movie. I, I barely know it. Hold on. My <laughs> was John Charbanks. I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was horrible. I, my daughter and I looked at each other like, are you for fucking what? real? 14-year-old girl was like, this is, doesn't look real. This looks like shit. That was like the best sequence in the movie too. Holy oh, shit. The lead up. The lead up was great. The lead up was yep. great. The, it was great. The, the ending part of that was laughable. How about when you saw I'm Pennywise the minority guys, makeup on? But my 14 year old daughter was right there with me and I didn't, I, we just looked at each other and she's like, well, that sucked. Oh man. Okay. I think she sensed how you felt and just wanted to make you happy. Maybe. No, I yeah. don't do that. I, I go in like, Dave, I just sit back. Yeah. Like, like, Black, like Black Christmas. I sat back. We'll just let's just go in and watch this and then check it out that way. Oh man, I just figured something out. See, I don't know if Watson saw this movie, but you described the movie as Ash versus Evil Dead meets Ghostbusters. If Watson has seen this movie, it's got to be his number one. I might have to change my but, pick. What but, was it called? But hold on, Necrotronic, Ghostbusters, 
And Ash vs. Evil Dead are definitely heads. Until I actually saw Necrotronic on a list. Watson, did you see this movie? Yeah, yeah we talked about it on, on Watsy. <laughs> I think I was... Gonna... <laughs> That even makes Dave, me happy. You're the only other person on that show. How do you not remember that? <laughs> <laughs> My co-host and I talked about it. <laughs> it's not like this. Hey Did you like it though? You know me. It was I, fun. I it's it's vapid, but it's fun. Yeah, I mentioned it in passing, Dave. It wasn't a big segment or anything. Okay. All right. Well, he, he said he said Ash versus Evil Dead and Ghostbusters. Yeah, right. Ghostbusters. Two of your favorite fucking yeah. things, Evil Dead and wait. Ghostbusters. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, but that's the influence. Like a... The influence. I'm not saying it's a caliber. Please do not. Read me Is that the caliber. people who did Wormwood? Wormwood? Yep. <laughs> land of the Dead, okay. or whatever it was called? Necrotronic. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Wormwood, Land of the Dead. Is that what that shit was called? Road of the, the Dead, yeah. Road of the Dead. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know it had a... <laughs> Look, it, it's got a what? playful cast. What? It's funny, but it's that CG through and through. Necrotronic. I was okay with it. Heads, there's that head explosions, body explosions. Everything's CG'd. But it chapter two. And one one saggy titted old lady runs. I'm not down saying that's why like I don't a, like. like a, that's <laughs> not why I don't like the movie. I just was like, this is what's supposed to be scaring me right now. I can't stop laughing at it. Her bush oh, looks like a bone. That's dietary. the problem I've got. It takes me out of the scare factor. <laughs> I, I, that's that's the fault that like that's my problem. But that's what the movie, the relationship I had with the movie. Overall, I still enjoyed the movie. I think it was yeah. seven, seven and a half. Like I mean, I'm yeah. not. I'm not shitting on it. I'm just saying it just overall, it, it didn't hit where I wanted it to hit. Can they make a film of that magnitude practical or would it have to be picking no. and choosing your battles? No one's it's doing impossible. it practical anymore. No one's you, doing it practical. I, I mean, well, they talk about, you know, the, like, the cost and everything. It would just, it would be monumental with the time constraints and everything. Indeed it would. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is it my turn? Indubitably. I, I'm sorry, I went on a tear, tear there. Yeah, no, B brought up in chapter two. Parts. What did yeah, you? Yeah, I gave, I gave it eight and a half. Thank you. Sorry, B. Oh, that was B's pick. Okay. Actually, bump it up to eight point seven five. I'm feeling Fuck generous you. right now. No, yeah. eight, <laughs> it stays at eight and a half. B. I'm giving it a new rating that I just came up with. It might make the Hall of Fame based on that point seven five. Who knows? <laughs> okay, so it's me, right? Number eight, correct? Yeah, number eight. Okay, number eight. Number eight for me. This movie comes from South Korea and Japan, apparently. And it is called A Record of Sweet Murder. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you didn't watch it? Oh, the video! No subtitle <laughs> rental. This was on... When you were away, uh, C and B and I were talking about how... And, and B made this mistake, too, but he had uh, he was able to rectify it. I rented it last night on Vimeo, and it had no English subs, and I about punched a hole through my computer. Oh. So I, did I have it. the movie on Dropbox. I could have sent it right to you, son of a bitch. Oh, and I sent you a movie. Thanks, man. No, just... you said you already owned it. I, I thought you just were gonna rent it from some shit, or no, you had the blue. I don't know. I was talking about uh, mid Midsummer uh, director's cut. I know what you sent me. I'm just saying I didn't know that you didn't own One Cut of the Dead or Where Record of Sweet Murder. Sorry, yeah. director's cut. <laughs> I son bought it. Bitch. I just threw it out. I just didn't even bother watching it. Oh, if but, I would have known. See, because I <laughs> see, I, I was so excited to watch this because I read up on it and was really excited to watch it. Found footage, uh, just yeah. like you see. I love it. So tell tell us about this one, man. Yeah, man. It, it, it's done, and I want to say that this movie was done in one shot. I don't know. That's the theory of the film. That's what they said in the beginning that it's just going to be a one shot. They're going to go in and and do and you know and record. <laughs> it's a one take fucker. Yeah, the way it was executed, uh, it, it's hard to tell, but. 
basically this guy is a, a loose killer and he killed, uh, I don't know, 17 people that they know of. And he contacts this journalist friend of his that they grew up with as children and says, I need you to come and document this thing with me. Um, I, I'm, I'm at this location. Come here, bring a Japanese cameraman with you. And said, okay. So they do and they go there and he gets up there. And basically he says that he, he escaped an asylum. He's 27 years old. He had voices from God telling him that when he turns 27, if he kills 27 people, that his friend that died – when he was a little kid, because it was him and the girl who's now a journalist and this girl who passed at a, at a young age, that if he did all this, that she would come back to life. That And the, the people that he killed would also come back to life. So this guy had escaped an asylum. He was grieving for years when this thing happened. So everyone thought he was crazy, everything else. So he, these people come up and they film. It's like documentary style. And it's like he goes on to explain – why he has to kill, uh, and what he's being told to by God. One thing leads to another. He predicts some people are going to show up at a certain time. Some people do show up, and things go on with those people, and all of a sudden, the people that he says he's supposed to kill, you end up not knowing who to root for because of the way they're behaving. It goes to a bunch of different places, and I want to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. I absolutely love, love the way this movie ends. It is done in a way that... Not a lot of movies do it, but when it's done, it just hits you in the right spot, and you're like, you know what? That is cool. And I don't want to say anything else besides that. Just just go see this movie if you can. It's a record of Street Murder. The Blu-ray is out. You can't get it anywhere streaming. The only reason I have it is to... Well... <laughs> Make sure you speak Japanese. <laughs> and Korean. <laughs> I had to wait for Jason to send this to me for the longest time because he knew I wanted to see it. It was found footage. He knows I love it. And he had it. And one day he finally ripped his blue and he sent it to me on Dropbox. And it's been there ever since. So, But I, I, I heard some things about it. I, I heard Mr. Venom talk about it a long time ago, beginning of the year. Made in 2014, this film. Yes, and not available until now on blue. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it does count, but it, it's... It, it's right up my alley. I, I completely enjoy it. There isn't a lot of kills. The stuff you see is good, but this movie isn't really about the killing. It's about the uh, the situation at hand and do you believe this guy? It's yeah. almost like a combination. It's a combination of like man bites dog and frailty in a weird kind of way done He's documentary style, you know? Very much so. That's a good comparison. I mean, this it's almost like it is – you know the the authenticity of our lead character is he for real or not you really it's it's almost like a mystery movie the way right. it unfolds and uh i agree with you with with the way it resolves itself absolutely fucking brilliant oh isn't I think, it i think uh i think asian cinema is is amazing at doing stuff like this taking films that you've seen before and turning them on their head like like you've like you've never seen <laughs> right and this oh, so is good one, this, this is one example of that Nine out of ten for me. Oh, nice. cool. I, I can't wait to see this, dude. You got to see it. Later. Yep. And I've already rented it, everybody, so I just got to see it now. I'll email you some subtitles. Well, I think it might be up now. I think I don't have access to it anymore. Oh, okay. <sighs> I'll, send you, I'll send you my Dropbox. I'm just, you paid for it on Vimeo and it didn't have subs? No. <laughs> I did, too. It was free on Vimeo and it didn't have subs. Okay. No, no, I paid for it on Vimeo and it didn't have uh, English subs. And, and Brandon, though, smartly did something about it and was able to, you know, write somebody who got back to him and said, oh, here's what you do. We'll send you this file that can go along with it. And uh, I and even C suggested I do that. And I didn't have – my son wasn't around. He was – and I couldn't ask him. And uh, it was just a mess. So, 
So I have supported the film, but I have not gotten to see it. No, I'm going to buy the blue because I'm not just going to keep it on this, this Dropbox file. Yeah, so. this is definitely a, a physical purchase. Yep, no question. Yep. Cool. Hey, I, I'm stoked, buddy. Cool, yeah. I, I'm sure you'll love it. Yeah, buddy. All right, all right. Who's up? Cool. See? It's me. Uh, my number eight. I've got the same number eight as Mr. Watson. Anna and the Apocalypse. Funny. I do not have zombie fatigue. In fact, what I've come to realize is, although I don't watch The Walking Dead anymore, I haven't watched it in years, I love fucking zombie movies. I just, last year I loved them. This year I love them. I love Zombieland Double Tap. I actually am not a fan of the first Zombieland. And I saw Double Tap with my wife, and I thought that was great. As well, it didn't make my list. It was further down. Double but tap that ass. Yeah, I double tapped all, <laughs> the whole night away. Uh, I, I thought that was a Boom. shitload of fun. It did. Very fun. It's not... Check brand the door. And in the sure. apocalypse, heartfelt. I love when a movie has heart. This movie has heart. You talked about the tearing up with the daughter. I watched this by myself really early in the year when I can rent it in Canada. And I... and. This is what I was like, is this for this year? Was it from last year? Because some people said it was available last November, December, but I couldn't get it. And so I got it there. Well, I watched it again with my family and everybody was crying, like not full out crying, but they couldn't believe the friend. There's so much shit that happens to secondary characters in this. You And you care about them. Not to mention the songs are fucking catchy. Like Aren't you, they? like you, Mr. Gosh. Watson. I didn't I like a musical. Are you fucking kidding me? But the songs are fucking catchy, and you you can't help but just have a big smile on your face as you're watching it. The gore is de- decent enough; it's good, uh, yeah, good, but they they it's it's the characters and the songs that actually make this movie. Yeah, and that narrative, Christian, it's 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 doesn't it doesn't do what you think it's going to do. You think this is going to be this super happy movie, but like they even say in one of their songs, it doesn't have a Hollywood ending, yeah. and this does not. <laughs> When they're driving away at the end and you kind of take inventory of, okay, who's still alive and who's not? I'm sitting there just like, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. It, so it throws a lot of surprises that way as well. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Great film. I'm still eight range. Cool. But I really I loved love it too. It. I, I'll, I'll just say I like it right it. now. I excluded it from uh, my list. I, 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 it might not have been available for me either. I'll stop stuttering. I promise. But, uh, yeah, but, yeah, but, but that's all, folks. But I, <laughs> it's a me as well. But I, but I left it off anyway, and I'd probably be in that eight, eight and a half range after only one watch. And I mean, I'm a musical fan, so and that one was absolutely terrific. I enjoyed it as well. Uh, I yeah. give it an eight out of ten. Yeah. Heck yeah. Good stuff. All right, round no, uh, number seven, right? Round. Is he gonna honey dick me again? What is it called when he when he does it first? Mollywop. Mollywop, honey dick. What you? You had a honey, honey, dick. honey dick. That's right. <laughs> honey dick. What the hell is a honey dick? Isn't like... that what we said on that one, show? <laughs> you honey dick them. <laughs> honey dicks. That's the funniest phrase ever. <laughs> that's what I thought uh-huh. it was. When he says a movie before you, I... and I get fucked. Yeah. yeah who's oh. gonna honey dick who? Watson's gonna honey dick he's you. Gonna, he's gonna honey dick me again. I don't. I, I know, can't. Man. I can't imagine he's got the same number seven as me. I can't stop laughing at honey dick. <laughs> well, you honey dicked him then. He was first, you were second. No, no he, honey honey honey. Dicked, he honey dicked C because he ruined it for C. Oh, that's right. My bad. Yeah, he honey dicked <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Watson, try not to honey dick anyone in round seven. <laughs> so at my number seven, guys, I've got the evil Superman movie here with Brightburn. So this this film is a fun and gory supervillain origin story, but 
What's especially cool is that it's taking a more intimate approach to a type of story that's usually big and grand in scope. You know, at its core, there's a conversation to be had here about nature versus nurture and hell. Check it out. If you strip away all the comic book trappings, you're left with a narrative about a young boy who is either dealing with mental illness as he begins going through what you could interpret as early adolescent onset schizophrenia and psychopathy, or it's a story about a boy hearing voices from another source altogether that's outside himself telling him what to do. We've seen this before over and over with these mysterious, creepy children narratives, but we've never seen that central child essentially be a god on earth a la Superman, right? It's a creative way to approach a pretty familiar story template, and I was impressed. I dig it. That's my number seven, Brightburn at uh, yet another nine out of ten. Did you see, nice. did you say for after the post credit sequence, he wakes up in a hospital I, and, it, and it was all in his head? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh I meant that, that, uh, that, that, uh, <laughs> He wakes up and saying elsewhere. <laughs> oh, you bastard! You ruined that for me. <laughs> oh, that's not <laughs> true. <laughs> I hate. That's oh, not Brightburn. Awesome. It's nice to see the love for Brightburn. I really enjoyed it. I just, I, it took a little while to get into it, but that ending definitely saved it. And given the scope of where it can go. When I just looked at it as, you know, that we got a few of these creepy children movies this year with Hole in the Ground and The Prodigy, and it takes that same story template, but it's Superman going through yeah. this sort of idea, oh, is this mental illness? Is this something outside of him, you know? And it, it takes that but gives it to child Superman. I've never seen that. That is... It's interesting. You haven't seen anything like that. And I, you know me, I love that whole, is it mental illness thing. But for me, just knowing, I mean, even if you didn't watch the spoiler, you just know that Brightburn, where it's going to go anyway. So yeah. I just felt, I just felt like I wanted it to get there quicker. But, sure. but, but And also but there's the whole nature versus nurture aspect. This kid has a great family, yeah. a great home life, but there's something that he's supposed to do that overcomes that nurture aspect because he's where he is on earth for a reason yeah and a very specific reason that trumps the nurture part of you know what he's been you know the, his, his his upbringing and, and i find that so psychologically fascinating just the way nature at least as depicted here can just wipe everything off the board like that and it's kind of just a bitch slap in the face i mean that ending and and just you know with him and elizabeth banks uh i don't want to say more than that and just where that goes it's like yeah there, there's some sacrifice. And you can take that to the banks yeah <laughs> I, I like that so yeah i just i found it psychologically fascinating and what should have been just a basic uh fun gory turn your brain off movie but i'm sitting here going wait we've seen this template over and over and but it's superman okay you got me you got me nine out of ten baby loved it nice awesome nice yeah. cool all right my number seven a uh and here's where we're getting here's where we really get into the what i mentioned earlier where I, I any of these films could have been number one it just took me forever to figure out the order and uh this one's probably a little lower than some might expect, but uh, I'm still a huge fan of it. It's a Japanese film, and it, it was absolutely brilliant, and it's called One Cut of the Dead. We talked very secretly about this. In fact, I think it was the time I snuck Watson onto the show. We all kind of talked about this one secretly, and uh, you know, the less you know, the better, but the whole idea of this hack director and film crew shooting a uh, zombie movie and uh, how it descends into... You know the you know like a zombie apocalypse, or, and then kind of 
pulls the veil back and, and shows you what's really going on. And, and, and again, Asian cinema doing something that you think has been done a million times and then turning it on its head and giving you something that is what I would call brilliant. It just absolutely... And we, we discussed whether or not we considered this horror or not, but I think this is not only a love letter to, to film fans, but a love letter to horror film fans. And uh, it's just absolutely brilliant the way this one unfolds. Just like you want to raise your arms and start cheering at the end, just because it's that kind of feel-good movie. And uh, it, it's bonkers, and I, I love every second of it. I'm not going to get into the story because you, you really not need to know very little about this going in. Just let it unfold. Because I know Christian talked about uh, the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of this movie, and I had the same reaction he did, where I was like, I had heard so many great things about this, and I'm watching the first 10 or 15 minutes, and I'm like, what the hell is this? This is awful. This looks awful. Like, <laughs> zombies aren't scary. What, what the hell's going on here? This is terrible. And then, of course, you know, by a half hour into the movie, it's, it's just a completely different experience and uh, just, just brilliant. Nine out of ten. Only got to see it once, didn't get a rewatch, but uh, looking forward to many more rewatches. You know what, B? I watched this on Shutter one day, and then like three days later, I, I sat my son down. And I was like, I need to show you this. Yeah, we're we're into filmmaking, you know, and you know, bringing our camera around, taking pictures, making little videos and stuff, and kind of getting into that. And I needed him to see this, and he actually caught me crying at the end of the movie, which is it's... something I'm not like. I don't have a. I'm not an emotional person, but I'm just sitting there at the end of it, just looking away, and he can see me. He's like, Dad, are you? Uh, what, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. And it's it's good. Just just watch the end there. Just you know. <laughs> The, the, there's a father-daughter moment that you know, just he's sitting there smiling and she's proud of him, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't know, nothing. nothing you should, you should have told him the truth. Yeah, I, I always wanted a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put on that fucking wig. Just, just check this out. Just quick, quick little joke I made to him. One time I was like, well, we're watching things, and I go, we're watching season one of Stranger Things, and I go, Skyler, man, I really wish uh, Eleven were my daughter, so that way she could uh, go get me a bottle of water from the fridge he's like you want me to get you a bottle of water and i'm like oh you know what that that'd be great thank you <laughs> he's just like oh you <laughs> I, I just blew zombie movies and yet i didn't really care for this i know you didn't i don't know why it, it it has the goofiness that i would normally it does have a bit of heart but it took too long to get to it uh Bro, and still, I, 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 see sorry you're a filmmaker, man. I know, I figured but this it, I thought it was—I just thought it was annoying. It was very kind of gimmicky, and I thought they kind of the first. It was 35 minutes that whole opening, not 15. It's 35 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck is like? I I figured I knew what was happening here, and then when it was revealed, I'm like, okay. And then I was like, it took me so long to try to get into it. I just, I I just couldn't relate to anything. I'll have to give it another watch, but I was I was not very high on this movie at all. Well, you know, I relate to it just because, like, my dad's Japanese, so. <laughs> uh, Malcolm X loved this movie. He he was. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I felt like you would have been like, I'm I'm not doing any more shows with exploding heads if I made another uh, civil rights leader reference. <laughs> oh shit! Yo, it's funny what you said though about not liking the the first whatever the the first half hours. hour when the whatever I was watching the movie with my daughter. And she was like asking me questions. And she was like, she said, she goes, well, why did that happen? That didn't make sense because someone was dead and they got up and they shouldn't have. I forgot what it was. And then she was like, she goes, you know, she goes, 
this looks like um something that that a high school kid would make. Exactly. And I'm sitting here, and this is my daughter's telling me this, and I'm trying to defend it because it came so highly regarded. I didn't even know what was going on. I'm like, I go, something's got to happen. I go, people are really loving this movie. This can't be the movie. This is what I'm telling her. And, <laughs> and she's sitting there criticizing it, and I'm kind of defending it. And I'm like, I don't know. It's probably it's going to have to be explained at some point. There must be a reason they're doing this. You know what I mean? And then it happened. And, and for me, the first act, because it was one cut, if that's true, is incredible uh, the, the, from the filmmaking aspect. Awesome. Uh, the third act was fun to see how it evolved. My issue, and I enjoy the movie, 8 out of 10. I enjoy the movie. My issue was the second act was kind of dull to me, and th- that's oh. all there is to it. It's just, there's some funny he, bits to it, but yeah, it's a little slow. But it was Dull like a bag slow. of oranges. Damn it, I don't get it. I don't Sorry, get it. my headphones are kicking out. I didn't get it either. I didn't dull? Get it. Dull, dull like a bag of oranges. Oh, or- <laughs> Orange. <laughs> dull. Orange juice. Oh, Dole! Oh, yeah. you son of a bitch. Okay, now I get it, Dole. Sorry, right, my Dole. headphones are still kicking out. My headphones! You think they would mind kicking out permanently? <laughs> oh, man. That's the caliber of joke. I don't mind if I do. <laughs> we do crack ourselves up. Yes, whoever, we do. Whoever said that, that was the most honest review ever. It's true. It was only four out of five or three out of five stars, but hey. Fuck that guy. We got the review. We got something. (laughs) 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 Okay, um, what was I going to say? Is it my turn? Yes. Number seven? My number seven. Okay, here we go. This comes to us from Mexico. This is a movie unlike no other, and that is why I like it so damn much. This movie is called Tigers Are Not Afraid. Man, oh man, what a flick this is. I, 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 it's a movie like no other. I can't think of another movie that I could really compare it to. Just the way it's all laid out. Just everything that's going on with the, with these poor kids and the, the, the supernatural element. And, you know. Yeah, but it's 100% different <laughs> than... Oh, okay. Both great movies. That's okay, all right. Uh, the relationships between um, the children and, and the politics going on in this town. And I'm going to say as little as possible. I like everything that goes on between uh, Shine and Estrella and their relationship and things that are learned and the way they deal with, um, you know, this group of gangsters, uh, the, that are the cartel and everything that, that's running around here. And ultimately, the way it plays out at the end and the reasons for it. Um, there's not really a dull moment. There's a lot of heart in this movie. There is a kill that is that is truly heartbreaking. Uh, these kids, you, you kind of really, you, you really fall for them. They all have different personalities, and it's you know the kids are, are are the the protagonists here. It's really well done, and I'm not going to say a lot about it. I'm going to recommend it highly. You can find it on Shutter. It's called Tigers Are Not Afraid. Nine out of ten. Shutter fucking killed it this year. I agree with that. <laughs> Yes, they did. They really did. Yep. Nice. So, Tigers are not afraid. If you guys haven't seen it, you you best get on that film. It's it, it's almost like a uh, a Del Toro film, but I don't know. Not as stylized, I, I guess. Not like the the cinematography is that's polished. There's there's a certain look. Scary. Well, Scary Stories uh, was a Del Toro production, wasn't it? Produced. He produced it. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's just a look. Like when we when uh, Watson joined us, we we did the orphanage, even right. though that he he pre- presents that film, it's almost like it fits under that. Uh, his Watson umbrella. presented the orphanage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. <laughs> Watson, I love you even more now. I didn't yeah. think it was possible. Thank you. 
Well, I guess the fantastical elements are, are, are kind of like Del Toro, like oh, his yeah. earlier stuff. I but, agree, I agree. But better. And, I like and hard, better though. Than and even Spanish the characters, only. like, it's very Del Toro-esque. I mean, he pays yep. careful attention to all his characters. So, And like you said, this this film, every single character is important. And Yeah. Uh, Remember when you know, I was the... watching it, I texted you two. Sorry, Brandon, I just cut you off there. So no, no, no. I, I was texting you two. Sorry, Watson, you weren't in the chat. And I just said, uh, is this like oh, turn into a horror film like or something like that? Because I said, although there's some sort of supernatural at the beginning, I was kind of questioning him like, because I wanted to make sure that I was watching. And you're, you guys said, just stick it out to the end. Watch it, watch it out. And at the end, I was like, oh, yeah, that like that. I teared up. It, it was great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Right oh, Dave, this is this is going to interest you very much because th- I I believe I, I've heard that this director is going her next project is going to be get this a werewolf western that I believe is going to be produced by Del Toro where he's going to be involved. Now so, you're talking. Now you're it. talking. Uh, yeah. I will check it. Wow. It's called Werewolf. I, I believe it. I, no, it's called it's called Prairie Doggin. <laughs> Prairie Doggin. Prairie Doggin. Nice. Half in and half in. My number seven, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about. I saw a trailer way back when. I was like, I really want to check that out. And it became available. It's Bloodline. What? Oh, good movie. Very good movie. I absolutely, I really dug this movie. I wish it wasn't called Bloodline. I actually yeah, it's a wish, bad, it's a bad name. I, no, I well, it's a generic name, but it also gives too much away. I mean, maybe they they wanted you to set, set that up so they could further develop the story, but I almost wish they they chose a different title. But that's a minor quibble. I really love I love the performance. Um, why can't I think of his name? Sean. Sean Scott. Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great under like underplayed Dexter esque, but. So well done. Uh, he plays like again for a little synopsis. He plays like um, a social worker at uh, a school, and he's helping uh, you know troubled kids. And when they reveal aspects of of their lives, he sort of goes into quote unquote help them out. Uh, it's it's dark. It's fucking gory, and it wins my soundtrack of the year. Nice. Yeah. It nice. it's it's a throwback uh, uh, synth soundtrack. Uh, it, Shades of not quite as haunting as the Maniac remake, but it kind of reminded me of that. Uh, so definitely check it out. It's on YouTube. The, the I wish I'd watched it. I wish I'd watched this again. Yeah. Oh, we talked about this on Wadzi. Yeah. Yep, didn't we? we? Yep. But I never got around to it. Did Did you see this, Watson? I don't remember if you if you went back to it or not. I did, and I, I rather liked it. It didn't make my list, but it was one of those when I joked about having a seven way tie. There were so many that were just just trying to chomping at the bit to get on this list. And, and yeah, that, that's another good one. I'm glad C had it. There's a couple of, of, of things I wasn't expecting, although you, you, you kind of can guess where, where it's going. I mean, they, I guess, reveal their hand a little early, but the title also gives you a major clue. And, and they still manage to deliver some surprises, uh, but it's the execution, the way that it, it plays out and the viciousness of the attacks. Uh, and and the the violence in it. So eight out of ten, definitely recommend it if you haven't checked it out. It seems to be getting mixed reviews, but I guess horror fans are a fickle bunch. Just check it out. I I I love it. It's on my list. Seven point seven five for me for one time nice. watch. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But I had it at C, uh, B. Nice. Yeah, it was really really good. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Nice. 
Cool. I'll be checking it out too. All right. We are on sixes, right? Round six. All right, buddy. Come out swinging at the bell. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) at number six, guys, I've got, and I did go watch a quick video with the director, which was not in English, to see how to pronounce this, to make sure I was getting it right, and it is Tumbad. And (laughs) my friends, uh, this this is something special. It's a, you know, Bollywood film. We've talked about it. Indian Hindi language period piece movie that borrows from Hindu folklore to create an original dark fantasy mythology that is, at least to me, as haunting as it is epic. I think that's the right word to use here. There's some visuals in this movie that are seared into my brain. You know, many of these involve uh, our sort of Zelda-like character, (laughs) you know, uh, this cursed old woman whose body body is essentially rotting and turning into the earth, you know. Uh, Others of these images that are just etched into my, in in the backs of my eyelids involve an otherworldly hole inside this old castle and what's down there. Like, I'll admit to a certain amount of cultural disconnect because this is an Eastern tale and I'm just a little Western boy, but there's nothing really unclear here. It's all laid out precisely and has what I would take to be mass appeal to Western viewers. The story, it's as old as humanity itself. It's a tale of greed and its potential to reverberate throughout time, you know, down the generational line the sins of the fathers and the resulting curses, as it were. The same principles as genetics or the Garden of Eden, things passed down that might either be a blessing or a curse. It's, it's really good stuff, super rich film that you know must not go unseen if you're aiming to consume best horror from 2019. That's my number six, guys. Nice. Tumba, the 9 out of 10. Another t- nice. like cheery ending as well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Cool, cool mm-hmm. ending, too. Awesome, awesome. Well said. Well said. Okay, my number six is my award for best director and biggest surprise. Because even though this film was receiving a lot of hype, I had zero expectations for it, considering it's a sequel to a film that's almost 40 years old, and that is Dr. Sleep. Nice. Yeah, I I just got to say that Mike Flanagan once again fucking did it. Gave us a two and a half hour sequel to one of the greatest horror films of all time. Made every single minute engaging. Had amazing characters. And and just had me on board from start to finish. I mean, we talked about, you know, Ewan McGregor being fantastic. Um, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who played Rose the Hat, was fantastic. Kylie Curran who played Abra, the older version of Abra, mm-hmm. a standout performance. She's actually going to be at a horror convention this March that I'm going to be going to. I, oh. might, I, might, I might get an autograph from her because she was absolutely terrific. In it, and I just thought every supporting cast member in this was great. And it was awesome to see uh, Emily Allen Lind, who was uh, the young girl in The Babysitter, who liked Cole. She played Snakebite Andy. And she'll be back for Babysitter oh. 2. So, uh Looking forward to her. I think she's uh, she's adorable. And uh, Back. yeah, I just oh, man, what to say about this film? I, I just think he p- paid perfect homage to The Shining, while while still being true to, like you said, to King's themes. And I thought to myself, how are these these scenes gonna look look or work? Given that you know they're not using stock footage from The Shining, they're actually reshooting these scenes. And I thought for the most part. It connected, you know, 100% for me. The twins, the twins kind of took me a little out of it. But other than that, everything else I was just on board with. And uh, 
I like the uh, the true knots, and I, I was just on board from their introduction, and they're mysterious without being too cheesy and over the top. And I would love to see another film continue with 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 the characters that are remaining and just the the new mystery that's been created. Yeah, uh, Doctor Sleep. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there. I mean, this is a film that deserve is deserving of a feature review and analyzing everything from start to end, but that could take hours. So. I'll stop there. Nine out of ten. Brilliant. Brilliant. If if I may step in, because I have a feeling this we'll be hearing more about this later. So since we're in the top ten and we can kind of all get in our thoughts here, the only reason this isn't my number one, I believe what I have it at 12, the only reason this isn't my number one of 2019, and this is my fault possibly more than it is the films itself. And I didn't want to say this when it's higher on somebody's list because I don't want to, you know, take, you know, take, you know, crap on anybody's, uh, you know, super, super high ranking here. But here's the deal. No matter how hard I try, and like I said, this is my fault. I just can't separate myself from the way the third act plays out in the Dr. Sleep novel. It was perfect and even offered beautiful redemption to a character that this movie here just kind of condemns in passing. I can't say it any other way than this, but I hate that Flanagan did that. Like King gave this character, when Stephen King gave this same character redemption in both his Shining and Doctor Sleep novels, and for whatever reason, Kubrick and Flanagan, are, they can't do it. They can't make that leap. And I'm like, oh, so I'm so supremely disappointed in how Flanagan deviated from the novel to end the movie because I wanted King's ending on screen, despite what small differences there had to be to suit the varying elements between the Shining novel and film. I get that. But I truly, this would be a 10 and by far my number one of the year if Flanagan had shown me what I saw in the book. Like I said, that's my fault for being too attached to source material, which is something I don't, it's not a problem I normally have. That said, and I do want to end this on a good note, uh, I believe that I'll relax into future viewings of this movie because as negatively as I just framed my stance on this, it's my 12th favorite of 2019. I love, I really do love it. It's a making and i can't hear anything from what flanagan was able to accomplish here it, the movie rocks and i highly recommend it it is a nine out of ten for me but i just nice. had this huge problem where i'm like i know if i can separate myself from this this will be like the movie of the year for me but i just like oh man the, the king just gave me what i wanted and flanagan was like nope sorry and i was like oh you bastard but mm-hmm. i had to say that because i think we'll be hearing about this higher up and i don't want to yeah you know, be no, that, that's fair, and that's why, as a teacher, I always try to tell my kids, reading is overrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll ruin your movie experience if you read the source material. I'll throw in a few, uh, a few things. Uh, I call them Mike Flanagan, Flanaganisms, sort of like Wes Cravenisms. He's got to stop like the spooky opera with no eyes. It felt like a reject from Ouija 2. It's one of my notes. He loves doing things like with open mouse, and this was the no eyes. I, I was like, don't, you're better than that. You don't need to do that. That took me out both times I watched it. The death of the baseball boy, Bill, is fucking phenomenal. It's oh, dis- wow. disturbing as shit. It, it, one what? of the most disturbing scenes of the year. Um, he's such a terrific actor. And that was a great scene with him. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> I, I did Jim- find, yeah, the guy from The Room and uh, a bunch of other movies. Yeah. Um, well, he was in his other movie. He was in uh, uh, Awake. Why, why can't I think of it? Oh, Before I Wake? Before I Wake, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and he was in Wonder. So, uh, but I said, like, the glowing eyes took me out of it. I'm like, it seems so been there, done that. They didn't need a, he didn't need the glowing eyes. We knew they were evil. 
I don't think we needed that glint. Oh, you know, that, that you didn't like? I didn't like that out of the get-go. I thought in one scene, oh. when they all looked down there at the There was a camera, lizard in this? That's a glint. It's, been a, while since, it's been a while since you said out of the get-go. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I think I say every show. Uh, dude, but it's been a while since I cracked my lizard joke. But, dude, everything inside the mind and, and the way he, he they yeah. uh, trapped the... Oh, it's so... It's so well crafted. I love so, it. I really was. When my mind Bite, is a lip. Snakebite died. Why <laughs> did she? Why did she? F- like turn? Like why was she having old women visions? Like you know when she's convulsing, they all die and they they, they have all, all these that. visions. Is it because it's generations within this juice? And did, did Grandpa because have to die? Stuff. She, she was like hoarding like five containers of like life juice. Uh, in, in her in her fridge in the camper, and Grandpa's right. just dying over there. Well, it's the steam, though. You gotta save it. You can only have every. You gotta make it last. Sorry, right, Grandpa. Wasting, that's my shame, steam. Shame wasn't hey, wasting it on Grandpa. He lives for hundreds of years. You know what I mean? You gotta. You got a whole group to worry about. That's why she she did it. You gotta. It's it's called rationing, and things were getting low at this time, and they knew it. They said that they were they haven't eaten well in a long time. There isn't as many people shining around as that they used to be, and they're running out of options. So they were just trying to, to ration things. That's why I think it was the way it is. And I think she did that because she was inhaling the the steam she was inhaling well, from she all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> she binges like well, fucking ten cans of it. Well, can she I, can I ask one other two? Can I ask one question? I know I have a feeling it'll be brought up later, but uh I just want to ask one question and it was a really creepy uh image that uh that Danny got, but I don't think they ever I don't even think he ever resolved it, but the the woman he slept with, with the baby, or did he sleep with her, or the, the prostitute with the baby? Oh, my Who wife had the same question. They they had that well, flashback. They, never came that, they, they never died. Came they died. Yeah, they died. I know, but, th- but did he ever call somebody? Did, all she wanted was for them to be found. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, I don't know. Who cares That's about what that? You, I, well, I put They're it in dead there. already. They were he already was, dead. He was begging to be found. He She basically shined and said, you know, we're, we're dead. They never found our bodies. Well, who cares? Well, who cares if they're found? They're dead. What's the difference? I cared. They put it in there, so I cared. Well, it's just to show that he's being haunted by his ghosts from his past still. You know what I mean? It's just showing the, the magnitude of, of someone that shines and the daily stuff they have to deal with and how he's trying to be sober and he's dealing with shit like that. Did you lock that one up? <laughs> and shout out to Instant Karma. What about? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's why they say that, you know, by the way, shine on. That's yeah. why the, the novel The Shining was written because yeah. because Stephen King liked that song and got the expression "shine on" and thought he was going to turn that into something for his novel. So yeah, I always I always loved that on. song and never never oh, knew yeah. that. And uh, cool. I think that's great. <laughs> it is great. It's great that they tributed it by having Abra say that at the end. Or no, no, he said it to Abra. Daniel. Yeah. There's Either one way. other thing, one other question. And again, it could be explained. Just one of my nitpicks after seeing it again was like. They, before the ambush on the cult, they open the door to let Abra out, the back door, but she's not actually really there. Who opened the door? They uh, had to let out the. They had to present it like she's really there. Okay, oh, but that was true. for us, the audience. So were they just taking the teddy bear out, which they could have just reached into the back? I mean, I guess it could be easily explained, and maybe I'm just nitpicking it too much. But it was like they're head faking to make it look like they're letting her out of the car, uh, only to reveal it. Later, as the as a, a switcheroo, ah, it didn't fool good old crow daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to just, watch. I'm it throwing again. it out there. To, it was just again, I, it could be explained. And again, I, I, like like what to me, I am maybe this is coming across as I'm shitting on it. Just questions that I still have after rewatching it, but it went up. 
It went up quite a Snake, bit. Snakebite Andy and come stain Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to stain. Yeah, never mind. Uh, I won't even get I'm geez. sure we'll talk to you about it a bit more later. I just don't know how they got to the overlook. It's been abandoned for so many years, and yet there's a nice little road right there that they can get to in a car. Oh, yeah, I think you're, you're nitpicking now. Good time. But, I, but I, get, I thought that too, given how hard it is to get down the mountain during the season in The yeah. Shining. When well, the roads what are time of year was it, though? It's summertime. That, they can that's true. That's true. And we know it's summertime because of Baseball Boy. So that's why it works. My only problem when it comes to the Overlook was at the end of the movie when the shit's burning, you're hearing sirens. There's no fucking way sirens <laughs> would be – they'd be up there that quick considering how high how high it, the Overlook is. But that's a nitpick. Well, maybe they saw the, line, the, the lights turn on three hours prior. Yeah, they're looking for it. The lights are on at the Overlook. Oh, we better get up there. Hasn't quick, been up boy. there for thirty years. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Shine I like on. the om- I like the homage to the Office. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yes. great. So really, oh. did some great stuff. I, uh, oh. I, I gotta be honest. I've always said this. I've, I'm not like uh, letting any secrets out of the bag here, but I, I've never been a huge reader, and I, I, uh, I really need to get into it, and especially these novels, just so I could, you know understand you know the 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 issues that that watson the mythology up. of it all yeah, the mythology. yes yeah because there I, are tie-ins from the novel from the shine i didn't read dr sleep but stuff that's actually in the shining novel is something's happened in dr sleep that are callbacks to that so it's yeah. kind of had that info you know and this got my biggest surprise because i mean even though i'm a huge shining fan like i don't like i I just I I think I don't realize how big a fan I am of both these films now, and I think uh, it's definitely nice. going to lead to to me reading uh, the source material. And oh, you you got to read, it, dude, and and I I want to hear your thoughts on that ending too, because I I actually teared up when I read it because I was like, whoa, okay, that that got the old uh, the old heart pumping again. But one thing that King does so well is that he he when he does sequels or, or he he ties in because he does this whole Dark Tower thing, the Dark Tower just like it is in his books, is at the center of the whole King universe. And because there are different levels of the tower, I know this is gonna, this is a little vague, but he likes to revisit or shed light onto other work he's done. For instance, like Salem's Lot. There's a priest character, Father Callahan, who in the book and I think in the movie, you know, we don't really know what happens to the guy. Dude turns up in 2003 in uh, the fifth Dark Tower book or like, or something like that, or the seventh Dark Tower book. And you're just like, wait, what? Oh, so we get to find out what ha- – so he likes to revisit the old characters and really flesh out his world. And just like with The, the Shining here, he, he's talked about other characters who have shine and who have these other abilities that are from elsewhere. And that's what Dr. Sleep is so good at about showing extra dimension. We saw a peek into that world with The Shining, and now we're getting to see it pulled back a little more with Dr. Sleep, and it, it's, it's really cool stuff. That's great. I wish I had time to read all those books. <sighs> okay. Uh, is it me? Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, number six. Number six? Okay, number six. This one took me by surprise, again, because this played in theaters. Uh, and it's, it's the freaking, I can't believe how many theater movies, Hollywood movies I have on my top ten. But it, it, that's how I feel about these films. So my number six is Ready or Not. I, nice. Awesome. Oh, yeah, man. I didn't think it was going to be up my alley, but I kept people s- describing it as fun. And that doesn't always resonate with me. A fun could all, could be goofy, and I'm not really into goofy horror. But I didn't didn't seem goofy from my knowledge. And of course, you have Samara Weaving in it, so I'm gonna watch it anyway. But people kept talking about it and talking about it, and I didn't see it at the theater. I, I waited till it came home, and then I rented it first. 
And uh, man, so, uh, the second watch definitely solidified it for me. Knowing what I, I knew after the first watch, uh, I was like, wow. Because I didn't know what really was going to go on. I didn't know what the premise was exactly because, you know, I stay in the dark. But I found it really cool how, uh, you know, he's trying to give her an out in the beginning when he's marrying her. And, and so is the brother. Well, here's your chance. You can get out. They're, they're trying to coyly say, hey, be careful because we don't know what's necessarily going to happen. And then, you know, you, you have the mystery going throughout what's going to happen. And then what well, we hear about the aunt. And her history, when that's revealed that she was the one in 1980, I was like, that's why she's the way she is. That is really cool. Uh, the characters were cool. The, uh, the one daughter kept making the mistakes, and uh, people kept being off for, <laughs> for the wrong reason. That was done right, and it made awesome. sense. Cons- yeah. Cons- she, ke- right. she kept killing all the maids, right? Yes, considering <laughs> what she was doing, it made sense. The first time I saw her, and she had the very first conversation with the girl, because she wasn't there initially. She was meeting right before it was game time. And then just the way that she rubbed her nose once or twice, I said, well, I know yeah. what's up here. You know what I mean? My wife and daughter had no idea what the hell that means. But then when she kills her, I go, I go, don't you understand? I'm telling my wife, that's what they do. I go, as soon as she was talking a lot and doing that, I'm like, that's why she's so messed up, and that's why she's making this mistake. She's all jacked up on coke. You know, so uh, and, and as far as I mean, to get into that with, with the women, they're all so beautiful in this film. I mean, Samara Weaving's on on a level, but I mean, uh, very attractive females in this movie. Just just throughout, um, my one complaining complaint the first time was like I kept confusing the butler with the dad. They looked alike, and there was a couple <laughs> scenes that I was like, is that the butler or the dad? And there was some things that were weird. It was kind of confusing, but. Um, <laughs> All the kills were great. It was fun. And the way it ended brought it up a full point. The way they wrapped it up and what happened, and I actually got swerved on a thing. When I get swerved, I'm like, okay, you got, I got props there. I, I 100% thought that somebody was going to turn when they didn't, and then they turned in a different part. And it just – the way it worked was perfect. And, and I know very, exactly and, what you're saying. Every, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was, I was waiting it, for him to turn around and stab somebody else. But he's like, oh, he's really going to go through? What's going to happen here? Anyway – that was great. The scene with the uh, <laughs> the, the the one made in the maid in the dump later. Oh, was oh, so. Yeah. gonna ran her out, her out, and she was stuck in there. Snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. Yeah. Oh, that was great. So much fun, though, man. Just good violence, good story. Uh, you know, you don't expect. Satan to be involved in something like this, and it ends up being that that's that's precisely what's going on here. Like, wow, this is the cult film after all. I mean, it's just it's just presented in a non-typical format. You're just like, okay, it's going to be a crazy game with these crazies, but in fact, there's there's more, you know, at hand here, and and that's what's great. The only thing I can say is that there's no way in hell if that girl is walking in the street that two cars are going to pass her by. That's the only thing. <laughs> My rating might have been a little bit higher. That's just too fast. A girl that looks like that in the street, I don't care what the situation is. If she's in the street and in trouble, you're letting her in your car. I don't care. Simple as that. But anyway, <laughs> uh, still 9 out of 10. I loved it. Ready or not. I pretty much nice. echo everything you said. I gave it an 8.5, and, and it was my number 6. Nice. Shitloads of fun. I mean, there's, yeah. there's nothing more more to add to it. I do like how the people exploded at the end. No, oh, that's all I'll say. Like that, I don't future. know why we're not talking about the fact that Dave just honey ditched you. He did. I was going <laughs> to make it. I twice already. I figured <laughs> it's going to happen a couple times. That'll probably yep. be yeah, maybe two more times. Maybe. Yeah, eight, eight out of ten for me on that as well, and that was only a first-time watch, but, man, that ending just <laughs> – Oh, awesome. Just like, what? what the fuck? They really went there? Like, awesome. Like, right. great. 
Good on them. Go maybe there. The, you thought maybe they weren't going to. Because that would have been kind of a cool ending, too. Just like, oh, oh, what man. A, and then something yeah. else could have happened. And some someone could have killed them anyway or something. They could have gone. To, but the fact that you're like, oh, wait a minute. And then, boom. And then the thing at the end. Oh, look at, look at, look at. It's not going to be me. And then what happens, happens still. Oh. <laughs> so well played. Yeah. yeah. Lot, lots of fun. So, yep. That's that. Ready or not. Somebody Watson, comes. Watson, you're on number five, man. Okay. Thanks, buddy. At numero five, I've got Lords of Chaos. So, buddies, check it out. I wrestled. I, I have wrestled for the past couple months over this movie. Is it horror? Are you is any it, good? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> better, better be. No, but I is this horror? Is it just a dark drama with horrific elements? Because I'm of that camp where horrific doesn't equal horror to me. But I can't deny that this film has some deaths that are the most uncomfortable kills put on screen all year, and the fact that this is a biopic makes it even crazier, so I included it. And for those who don't know, this is something of a sensationalized version of the things that went down in Norway's black metal scene in the early 90s. And when I was a kid, I heard about some of this stuff. I couldn't tell you who might have told us kids about it, but in grade school it was like an urban legend that there was this satanic metal band in Europe somewhere who used a real photo of their lead singer's dead body as their album cover, and then these guys would also burn churches down. And I'm just like, I'm hearing this stuff. It was the stuff of nightmares, and my God, this movie brings that to life. When Val Kilmer's son is uh, cutting himself up with that hunting knife in this big scene, because that's what the singer dead, that was his name, his name was dead, uh, did in real life, and how he'd cut himself and injure himself and what where that leads, it was one of the hardest things I sat through all year. Now, uh, I, I do find it strange that Icelandic band Sigurus did the soundtrack for this movie, considering that they're all ethereal and pretty music, you know, while this is about black metal Satanism. <laughs> but in any case, this movie has stuck with me all year. It has not left my top five. And look, I don't even care about the liberties it might or might not take regarding what really happened back in the day, because you've got all these people who are Team Varg, Team Euronymous. These are the figureheads in the Norwegian black metal scene who were at odds. Um, I don't care about any of that. I got a damn good ride out of this. Dark stuff. Some of the images have stuck with me the whole year, and that's not easy to do, especially in a year that was this darn good. And I'm happy to have it in my top ten. That's my number five guys. Uh, five guys. Lord, uh, Lords <laughs> of Chaos. Nice. nice. I didn't see it. Oh, you, you got to see it at some point, yeah, buddy. Yeah. I think you you'd get a a a kick out of it. It's it's some dark stuff, dude. The only I will people that uh, the only people that seem to hate it are black metal fans because for whatever right. reason they they seem to think that that's what this movie's about, and it's it's really it's really not. It, obviously, it, it it's about a core group of people that started that scene, but it's not about the music. <laughs> Yeah, right. And, you know, yeah, there are people who are at odds. Well, no, but this is uh, who Euronymous really was. This is who Varg really was. And, you know, the uh, the character of Varg, who was a band member in this band Mayhem, uh, that that this, you know, that of which, you know, th that this film's about, um, you know, he's in prison right now uh, for, for reasons. And he's he's come out and he's had some words about this movie. And I'm just, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, of course you would say that. So, I, I mean, but, you know, what biopic doesn't take liberties i'm not sitting here you know just like crying over that you know yeah. god uh you know ed and lorraine warren that's not how they really were in the conjuring 2 yeah go fuck yourself 
like <laughs> Bohemian course, Rhapsody. Like the, every everything takes liberties to make it entertaining as a film. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, if I wrote my own life story, <laughs> it wouldn't be accurate. Yeah. Wait, that, yeah. that, the, the, the whole film. thing of <laughs> of course. Yeah, or film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, so yeah, Lords of Chaos, guys uh, and, and ladies out there and everybody in between. If you haven't seen it, maybe you've been wondering, is this horror? I have grappled with that, and I am I am saying I think you will find what you're looking for in getting a good story and something that hits hard. So, yeah, check it. Nice. nice. And, of course, and, of course, that's the only, that's the reason, only I reason I haven't watched it. Uh, the, is, uh, it is it a horror? And is it horror? It's not horror, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't need to do that. It's fucking Watson's. It's something with Watson's. I think it does happen when we do Watsy, and then he. I figure he fixes it and lowers it, and it never shows up on his recording, so I don't pay attention to it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. I shouldn't have done that. No, it's funny. It was scary. <laughs> it scared me. I was like, "What the hell?" I stopped talking, and it was still coming. <laughs> no, that that is strange because yeah, Dave Dave will echo on Watsy, but I because I have separate audio tracks for both of us, I can take it out because i some of his audio will bleed into my audio track and I, if i take that out you don't hear each other so it, yeah. it, it makes it pretty easy to fix but <laughs> anyway anyways yeah so uh, uh brandon i guess it, it was you brandon did you see lords of chaos no but now i'm going to okay. yep. yeah you, you should especially, especially so. now that i that christian's i mean i love the review and i was going to check it out and then christian added one thing saying uh well he added a couple things but he said one thing that uh it's not about the music and to me, that okay. Then it's you know it's a character study about the people involved with the music. I can get on board with that because like I felt like, oh, I, I know nothing about Norwegian death metal. Am I gonna be just, am I gonna be just bored by this? But you know, if it's a character piece, I could certainly uh, get exactly. on board. Yep. Yeah. You'll like it. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely check it out. All right. My number five is a film that was mentioned earlier by uh, Mr. Dave Z. Uh -oh. A uh, part Japanese, part Korean production, a record of sweet murder. Watson <laughs> nice. is shitting in his pants right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Watson. Yeah, like, I mean, again, just another Asian film where you think you're getting one thing and it completely fucking turns it into something else. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen what I'm going to describe as ultimately a heartwarming film feature severe violence serial killing and fucking on-screen rape and uh yet it's heartfelt and really touching in the end not rapey touching like really touching yeah man and uh man they do a great job and everything starts to and everything makes sense and it's so brilliant the way it unfolds like the one thing that threw me off early is like why why is this guy asking for specifically for a japanese cameraman and and the reveal of of why he's doing that and uh and how it unfolds and how he spent 17 years in a mental hospital because he was hearing voices, voices of God. And when he gets out on his and when he breaks out on his 27th birthday or right after he turns 27, he has to kill 27 people by a certain time in order to bring back the the, the friend he lost as a child and, and the clues. It becomes really, uh, really quite something, the way that the mystery un unravels and, and the clues he finds in his other friend, who is the journalist's uh in, in her like articles, the way he sees like signs and stuff. And I, I love when stuff unfolds like that. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense in the end. And, and the ending is just 100% satisfying. And uh, yeah, definitely wow. check out this movie. Nine out of 10 record of sweet murder. Sweet. Right on. Right on. Yeah. 
Oh shit! Is it me already? Yeah. Well, this is when we start to move because like we're yeah. repeating. It always oh. moves quick in the top five or six. Damn. Okay. My number five. Um, you know, when I first heard this movie was being made and people were talking about it, and I, I was like, eh, I didn't think it was going to be for me, just based upon just the, the the type of people that were talking about it. And just, just I don't know, it just didn't seem like it was going to be for me. But I saw it at the, at the movies. I came back. I show. loved it. I bought it. I've watched it twice. Yes, the show. Absolutely. And that movie it has been discussed already, and that is Brightburn. I love it. Nice. I loved Brightburn, man. Every kill was great. The story, the pacing of it was awesome. I, it's man, I love Superman. Like, I would that's have the never one thought this would have been this high. Sorry for cutting you off. I know. There. I'm shocked. I know. That's great to hear, though. I'm shocked too. I didn't think it would be up my alley at all. I thought it was going to be like superhero stuff, but this is super villain. But this is but, but it's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it's set up like you know a slasher in a way, and uh, the way the kills are one at a time, and it's it's. It, it it's kind of a, an original type movie as far as that's concerned that it, it's a villain that, that's coming here. And what I really like about it is everything going on with, amongst the family. You don't really see that the relationship between his mother and father and how she's protective of him. And typically she's not going to believe the bad things that he's doing and everything else. And the father's a little more suspicious. He's seeing things through, you know, different eyes. He's like, well, I don't know. I can only look, look the other way so far. And things just keep adding up. And man, again, like I said, the, the kills are great. It's, it's just a lot of fun. And the way the stuff that goes on with that girl is awesome. The girl at school that he has a crush on and, and the way he, Fucking you know, too, he, yes, <laughs> yes. And then later on with the hand and all that other stuff. Oh my gosh. The stuff between the parents, it's all, a lot of that stuff is like believable. Like a lot of parents are blind to, uh, you know, what their kids are doing. They don't want to believe it. And, and this woman wanted a child so bad and she loves this child. She doesn't want to think that he's capable of doing things like this. You know, and even when he has to to mess with people in his own family, it's it's heartbreaking. And then sometimes his reaction later after it, I don't know. It's just it's done so well. And I thought it was really cool how he's coming of age, and how that one scene when they look and they find his uh you know his porn stash, if you will. But instead oh. of it just being regular porn, he's seeing like insides of bodies and stuff. And What's cool about that is because to him, that's what he's seeing because he has x-ray vision. So he's seeing the forbidden. So where a normal person would just get off on what's under the clothes, he's getting off on what's under the skin and bones. So I think that's kind of clever that, that, that they take that route. That that's what he's curious about because you don't get to see that all the time, you know, and, you know, where it goes and, and the calling that he's having and, you know, take the world all that stuff oh, and fuck, him cool. him him yeah him doing his bb even when he has the the, the stuff on that, that that some people say looks stupid that's what a kid would do he would have that cape and mask that way i loved everything about it all the kills were, were just phenomenal and the part at the end when he comes out of the barn you know what i'm talking about is just amazing and then just that last five minutes when you see what's unleashed on the world it's just like it's like fist pump shit for me. And I don't care if they make another one. I, I pretty much got what I needed there. Because I, I don't think you're going to see 90 minutes of wreaking destruction. They will kind of get like one note after a while. And then I don't want to see a superhero come in and it turn into fucking uh, Shyamalan shit. I don't know. I, I, I'm i happy with just this being the way it is. And yeah, it, mm. it really blew me away. So 
Brightburn, 9 out of 10. Nice. Well said, buddy. Thank you. My number five is us. Ah, fuck. Oh, you thought that was going to be my number one. <laughs> yeah. It was that or off the list. One. Yeah, it might be my <laughs> other one because you haven't said it yet. You're the only person I gave to. Because if it's not this, Wait, you cheated? You didn't <laughs> cheat. You'll see when I'll, I'll hold it up at the end and you'll see. If I'm wrong on this, it's going to be this. The, so only, we'll the only reason this isn't higher is because I'm not 100% down. <laughs> I think I think I won't articulate this nearly as well as Watson said earlier, but I'm not 100% down with that explanation. That third, the, Not necessarily yeah. the third act, but the ex- explanation at the end. But it's such a great movie all around otherwise. And I, I think it still leaves enough to let you make your own interpretations of what exactly is going on, but I could have let, used less explanation. But but otherwise, it was so good. It was so good. I can't fault them. It was a fantastic follow-up. Uh, and again, the only misstep, if, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm not alone, obviously, but would be that uh, that reveal or, or some parts of the third act. That's fair. I'm with it. All right. So what, four, right, Watson? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, okay. Check it out. Uh, at number four, I've got one of last year's less talked about hidden gems. I mean, hidden, right? To, what, what is hidden anymore? But uh, a movie that took me quite by surprise when I took a chance on it. In fact, it gets my award for biggest surprise of 2019, and that would be The Laplace's Demon. It's a black and white Italian film with an aesthetic that harkens back to the 1960s, and it deals with some cerebral and high-concept ideas that are enough to make your head hurt. You know, the, the movie has nothing to do with a literal demon, and I, you know, I think that some people who might not know what this movie is should hear this. It's not about a literal demon. It's a scientific figure of speech, if you will, that refers to the work of an 18th and 19th century scientist named Pierre-Simon Laplace. And this dude was legit. He was all about probability, statistics, celestial mechanics, scientific determinism. He was into some weird stuff, my friends. He... He postulated the idea of black holes or something kind of like them long before people were talking about stuff like that. You know, he had equations for the ocean's tides. So this guy, but so as for Laplace's demon though, okay, it imagines an intelligence, which were his exact words. You know, he didn't use the word demon. Also, he might've used the, the word Superman was also kind of put in there too, but the, the, it imagines an intelligence that if it could know the position and velocity of all atoms in the universe. That right there would be the key to unlocking where these atoms have been and where they will eventually be. So it, it, it's a means to divine the past and the future, so to speak. Well, this movie takes this idea and puts it in something of a slasher narrative, but with all the trappings of a beefed-up Twilight Zone episode from back in the day. That's in Italian, you know? So we've got this mysterious scientist in a mansion in the middle of the sea who is playing a deadly game with a group of other scientists to the tune of, like, hey, let's see if I'm right with this Laplace's demon equation that I have just cracked, and if I am right, then my minion, so to speak, will pick you off one by one exactly as I have already long ago predicted. It's a mind-bending film with one of the coolest chase scenes ever and it shouldn't work but it does uh, all about <laughs> fate, will inevitability all these big themes that we have always questioned and always will no movie came out last year quite like this and i couldn't recommend it more that's my number four laplace the laplace's demon uh, quite quite frightening yeah quite, quite frightening very very well said earlier dave with the uh with the twilight zone reference that's really it's really almost spot on 
Right? That's that's what this plays out as. Like, I just a movie version of a Twilight Zone episode. Totally. There's another movie this year that also plays out like a Twilight Zone. And I'll give it a shout out, I guess, later. But there's two movies like that. But this being black and white, definitely more so, you know? Yeah. Okay, my number... Sorry, lost my list for a sec. Number four. Mentioned earlier, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Shit! Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, I got knocked down on both of just now. Sorry. Uh, Oof. Yeah, I, I really... I, after you said it earlier, after you guys said play true to yourself, leave it your list the way you had it, I really don't think any of you have my number one. <laughs> Even though I told you all to watch it, but whatever. Number four, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Uh, you know, Dave, you said, it, you said it earlier about the relationship between Shine and Estrella. And it, it's beautiful the yeah. the way it plays out. The kids are fantastic in this. I mean, it's an all it's an all child cast pretty much, and really well done. And the horrors of the uh, the the human trafficking and drug cartels of Mexico, and the corruption of politicians, and the corruption of the police, and uh, you know the supernatural fantastical elements to this are really well done. Very childlike, given that we're dealing with children with the three wishes. I love the way the wishes mm-hmm. play out. I love um, what I interpret actually happened and, and, and how it really ends and, and how uh, how you can see the wishes almost happening on screen, even though they don't. It's just it's really creative and really well done. It pulls no punches. It's it's got a real gut punch ending and uh, just just a, br- a brilliant film. Tigers are not afraid. Nine out of ten. Number four. Nice. Man. Yeah. Right on. I knew they. I knew they'd be up your alley. Like I said, yeah, I thought it was the, your number one, but. <laughs> wow, it's funny. I thought my next film that I'm, will be my number three was going to be your choice for my number one. But interesting. Well, all right. Here, this is my number four. It chapter two. Nice. Yep. You know. Tree monster. It, it came down a tiny bit for me. A tiny bit. You know, just like a, a fraction of a point. <laughs> I, I I really enjoyed everything about it, though. I mean, how are you going to follow up what you did the first time? And everybody complained about the, the miniseries and the book and everything else. And how are you going to do I think they did the best possible job they could have done. The only complaint maybe is maybe more Pennywise would have been mm-hmm. better because he was just so damn good. Every time he's on the screen, he's just – and he's supposed to. He, he You know, he's, he's the main – he's the big bad. He's supposed to freaking – steal the the show and he does i just wish we had a little more of him but a lot of the scenes in the miniseries and i hate to compare but i like some certain scenes there and they 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 took that in this movie and like the the stuff they did with the uh the chinese restaurant in the beginning was great i love that scene and Mm -hmm. the casting is absolutely perfect i can't think of a better casted film how you have all these children and cast the adults just almost as spot on as you could uh, for adult versions of them, I mean, some of it's just ridiculous. Huh? I, be- <laughs> much, I believed. You know? I believed every single one. They could all re- realistically they could be. You could show somebody pictures of this a hundred years from now and say, "This is this person at this age, and this is this person them." And I don't think too many people say, "Hey, wait a minute, that can't be them." You know what I mean? They yeah. they really did a great job with it, and um, and I, I had my high hopes for it for the longest time, and it didn't disappoint. It, it's not quite on the level of the first one. But, I mean, I give the first one a nine and a half, and I, I said it was a one-of-a-kind movie, and I stick by that. There, there is no other movie just like that, That, like like It Chapter One, in my opinion. That's that, that adult and that kid at the same time with actual good kills in it. It just, there isn't a movie like that. 
but this this does a really good, a good job. Bev's scene, I think, is amazing. The funhouse scene is amazing. The stuff with the kid in the funhouse is great, and 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 the little girl under the under the bleachers at the game is just brilliant. Just so, some great scenes, you know, a lot of great transitional shots um, that Machete did, you know, behind the camera here, just well filmed. Again, perfect casting. Stephen King making fun of himself repeatedly in this film, even, you know, even when he's in the shop saying he didn't like the ending and stuff like that. Just, yeah. just, just a lot of fun. And um, it, it, for me, it's a nine out of ten. Great, great sequel, and you know, they did a great job. Nine and a half and a nine for for you know two movies. So that's that's pretty solid, man. It yeah. it ended up being quite a success, you know, uh, critically, financially, and as far as entertainment value for me. Agreed. My number yeah. four is, is Lords of Chaos. <laughs> oh wow. shit! Honey yeah. wow. dicked again. Yeah, well, <laughs> by what he was number five for, but it, it's we. That's why I was interjecting there because I figured this would make it go faster when it was my turn to talk about it. But I will uh, add one thing: Rory Culkin gets my award for best actor. Uh, I obviously I thought William Defoe in The Lighthouse was great, but The Lighthouse is nowhere on my list, so I didn't want to just give it to any movie. I wanted to give it to a film that I thought made it, at least into the top nineteen. So I'm going to give it to Rory Culkin. I thought he did a fantastic job in this movie. Uh, and again, the only haters are really black metal fans. <laughs> it seems, yeah. it seems to be the case. There are, there are like Watson mentioned, there are a couple of really hard to watch stabbing sequences in this film. And the icing on the cake is one char- character, uh, takes a line right out of the Friday the 13th, the final chapter and says, he's killing me. He's killing me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not funny this time, is it? It's no. not funny this time. No. no. Uh, yeah, 9 out of 10. Interesting, you know, what you said about uh, giving the best actor to someone on your list. Because I did the same thing, you know, having Daniel isn't real in my top 19. But when uh, Dave gave it to the lighthouse, even though uh, it's not on my list, uh, I thought, wow, those those performances were great. But They were, they were fantastic I, I like, performances. I, I like the idea that uh, we keep it to something on the list at least. Yeah, I hear you. Well, hell, Ewan McGregor was great in Doctor Sleep. He was. Yeah, he was, I, I really liked really, him. In that. I like yeah. Ewan McGregor though. But uh, this, this was—I don't know. I don't know much about Rory, but then I realized I'd seen him in a bunch of movies. I just didn't realize it was him, uh, and I just thought he—he he fit this character great. Ah, see, this is the, I was this is the first horror movie I'm watching this year. <laughs> oh, you got it, buddy. Uh, see, I was right there with you when I was kind of thinking of who to do the, you know, who to get, uh, you know, to put the best actor of 2019 award on. I was right there. I was like, okay, it's either Ewan McGregor, Rory Culkin, or the one I eventually chose. And oh man, I, 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 I like that you did that, man. Awesome. Thank you. All right, top three, huh? Here we go. Righty. Again. So before before I properly mention the film that's third on my list, I, I got to open up a quick can of worms here. So I reviewed this next film on our Horophilia CEO, Jason Lloyd's uh, podcast, Bloody Bits, just a couple weeks ago as of this recording. And I've got to point out that uh, Brandon bailed on me without a word on this review. I Ooh. asked him, he said yes and nothing. 20 messages throughout the week. Hey, dude, is everything okay? Here's the structure of how we're going to do this review. Dave's on board. Look, okay, Dave wasn't able to make it because of a conflict with ABCs, but we kept in touch. Brandon? I'm still <laughs> maintaining that I left you a message somewhere in some chat. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I 
This doesn't Somewhere seem like you could in some chat. Nice. It could have been as big as you could get. Yeah, Dave, you did that shame segment, and I'm bringing that right now with some public shaming. But no, I. I'm sorry, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, at number three, uh, folks, is uh, I've got Daniel isn't real. This this film is uh, clever in that it takes a heartfelt look at those. Gosh, how do I word this? At those mysterious places within the human experience where our humanity meets the otherworldly. And it does this by examining pervasive mental illness, the extrasensory facets of art, social pressure and the need to fit in with other people, the concept of evil and what that could really be, and just the riddle that is our own seemingly unknowable subconscious. The performances here by Miles Robbins and Patrick Schwarzenegger, they're fantastic. It's like American Psycho and Fight Club, you know, it, it just very good like that. The narrative is clear and focused. You'll be in good hands should you decide to give this movie a try. You know, at its core, this is a film about identity and agency and what it might mean if that were compromised in one way or another. And this is a topic that I'm moderate, moderately obsessed with, the, the agency and when that when you don't have it, and especially in horror. That's a topic we see in almost everything, you know, what be it zombies, demon possession, vampirism, uh, you know, lycanthropy, you know, anything, uh, the agency being corrupted or kind of tossed out. It's that fascinates me. So truly stellar stuff here, though, my friends, uh, you want a full review of this? Be sure to check out the Bloody Bits VOD Christmas special and get ready to dive in because I go for like 10 minutes just crazy on it. Really happy with it. It's my number three. Daniel isn't real. So uh, B, you, you had some stuff you wanted to say about this, and uh, tell it, man. Yeah, uh, the one thing that I don't really love about this film is its ending. And spoiler alert, you know, Luke ultimately sacrificing himself to protect Cassie is usually something I would love, and, and, and that's all and great. But in the end, the fact that Daniel is this almost supernatural entity and he will exist again doesn't make much sense he's basically just passing it on to someone else because we had uh john yeah. Thig thigpen who had who had daniel as as uh as a part of him to begin with hmm. and it moved on to luke and now it's going to move on to someone else well that that's the whole question of evil that this that this film is touching on you know it's taking like i said it's 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 kind of looking at that point where humanity and the otherworldly cross points. And, you know, it is about that question of evil. What is evil? And, you know, sometimes that can come from within our own selves, free of any help from anything outside with a capital O. And in this case, it is giving us maybe a fun horror convention of saying, well, you know, there is something else to it. Maybe it's a spiritual thing. You know, I don't exactly know what this, the, the, the writer of the original novel uh, was thinking or uh, was thinking about that. But I rather liked that it doesn't end here because the evil within us, whether it comes from within or without, persists no matter what. Sure, sacrifice yourself. Uh, that's all well and good, but it's still out there. It's dark. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it, it, it's it is a, dark. It is dark. Yeah. So yeah. I was okay with it, but I can see where you might not have been. And can I ask you, uh, can I ask you, B, were, were you hoping that it would just be a portrait of mental illness or were you at all pleasantly surprised that it does get into the spiritual and the, and the supernatural? Cause that is where it rocketed up for me as you all probably can. It expect. actually did go off for me with that. It, it started, there were scenes that looked like a uh, Hellraiser, and it got really yes. dark and nasty and I loved every minute of it. 
And uh, so I love that it elevated to that level. I just, I don't know why, just the ending just... It, it, I mean, I still give it an 8 out of 10. That was only one view. You know, this is a film I sure. will watch again. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm certainly nowhere near, you know, you know, low on this film. But uh, I don't know. It was, it was a first time view. I think a, a second view. There's a lot there. There is a lot there. So, you know, a second view. I didn't help my cause this year watching almost 1,200 films. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, you know, and this was a, a later watch. You know, this is towards sure. the end of the year. So I'm... I'm I was I was burnt out. <laughs> I was definitely burnt. I feel you, and I think your points are fair, man. I I, I just didn't have those problems. It, par for the course, man. And and by the way, I, I did give this a nine out of ten. So I was like at a nine to nine two five or something like that. So yeah, that's that's about where I was on it. Awesome, cool. Nice. This nice. was my seventieth film. I finished it last night, and oh, I, you didn't I, like I, it. No, I do. I did like I did like it. It didn't make my list, but I liked it. I, I think like seven and a half. <laughs> Cool. All right, my number three, a film that's been mentioned twice before and just recently by uh, Mr. Watson, and that is The Laplace's Demon. Ah, wow. Well, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I wrote to you right after I watched it because you, you were the one who, who recommended this, and I said it was, you know, it was fucking brilliant. And for a while, I, I think I was going to put it at my number one, and then I rewatched my 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 number one and number two and i'm like oh god where do i put this and then i'm like is one of these even hard do i have it on the list and then i'm just like fuck <laughs> but uh laplace's demon you know you, you pretty much summed it up really uh really well just before but you know this idea that, that you know logically all actions and reactions can be predicted through this mathematical formula is where you know this um uh this figurative demon it sort of lies the idea that you know you almost like lose yourself in trying to figure this out and uh, do things that are not customary to uh, normal behaviors, and you see that in this team of researchers, the way they uh, the the way they they act and react, it almost seems like like it's a simple task. Just survive the night in this mansion, and uh, it it seems like there's no way you can lose this, and then it's just brilliantly plays out and i i love the ending the ultimate reveal of um of, of what or who is behind this and uh there's even a doubt to whether the the formula is is accurate and stuff and and, and the way and he, there's a, a second of doubt and then uh you're like oh shit it didn't play out and then there's a scene where something slams and something breaks and you're like fuck yeah that's brilliant that's, and uh oh. Oh my God! It's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, the, the the less said, the better. With uh, with this, please check it out. Very uh, like Dave said, very Twilight Zone esque. Um, uh, you know, black and white Italian, very gothic y. Just really a well made film. La Plaza Steam in nine out of ten. Woo! You know, it's good stuff. I, the thing that brought it down for me is that I don't think the ending made sense. I had trouble with the ending. That was my my big thing. I okay. don't see how that. Could I have think happened. that's fair. I how think... could that guy have gone there? <laughs> Nobody would have known. He would have had it because it's across seas. He filmed it someplace else. Where was he this whole time? How could that have happened? And then the thing at the end, with the uh, when they were rewinding the tape and actually playing it. Remember those times when they were actually hitting rewind on, on the videotape yeah. for a little bit yeah. to go back and see it, and they would play it. That's all well and good. But then if you think about it, if you rewind a tape and then play it again, then if you keep it playing, the stuff that you already heard once is going to come up again because it's still a tape. You know what I'm saying? Like right oh, now, sure. someone's listening to this podcast. Dude. Right. And that didn't happen. It's like so Spaceballs. Like, the movie. Yeah. Unless it's supernatural. <laughs> unless, 
unless this truly is a supernatural tale, then you could throw all that shit out the window. But the way my understanding of it is that it that it is not. So maybe I'm way off, and I don't want to spoil anything. But those two little things didn't make sense to me, so it knocked it down just a little bit. You know. Oh gosh, I think because this 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 antagonist cracked the Laplace's demon code and was able that equation and. Because of what that means, if you could crack that equation to be able to predict the past and the present and the future at just with, with with accuracy, you would be able to probably down to the microsecond know, you know, okay, this is what this is when this person might hit pause or stop or fast forward or rewind. And since I already know that, and I, I mean, you could you could get it to the microsecond on this little finite tape thing. I I, I rather thought it showed the. <laughs> kind of the 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 frightening power that this person had that he could know that just yeah, something that part I get. But what I'm saying is, how come we didn't hear those same parts played a second time? Because the, the tape is playing continuously. For example, someone's listening to Exploding Heads right now, and they're gonna rewind an hour back, okay? And they're gonna play it. Well, they might hear something they didn't hear the first time or whatever because of the trickery. But they're still gonna hear the the next hour of conversation that they already heard the first time. They should have heard the same dialogue happen again and that never happened you get gotcha what yeah was there no other fast forwarding i guess to get it past those points i, I, I have to look show it they just I, I'm not, yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure about oh. that but i i was kind of with watson on that where you know he everything was predicted down to that down to the I exact get. moment even the part where he's reading the, the thing but i get what you're saying with the tape and uh yeah. Yeah, because you uh, hear the same shit again. It would be have, I have to rewatch that scene again. To... And the guy at the end, that that was done there. This is a, 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 a person that's working with these people all the time overseas, someplace else. When would he have had time, without them knowing about it, to go to this place and do all that without them having knowledge of it? Well, it just, he knows it, everything. You have every bit of knowledge here that you could figure it all out and it even even forget about what you're doing. <laughs> like that was, I thought possible. that was great. I, I, it was just, it was really trippy. I think this needs more than one watch. That's possible. Yeah, maybe. And again, I own it, so I will watch it again. Okay. Oh, cool. So it's me, right? Yes, sir. Me, number three. All right. Number three is Us. Great film. Nice. Yeah, great. Oh, I'm still alive with Dave. Woo. Still alive. There, there were two scenes in particular that I just found amazing, and uh, they were at, at both houses, both both um, summer homes. The first one, which is incredible, when they first show up and the way all that plays out, you can cut the tension with the knife. It is so good. And then later on, for kind of a different reason, when they get over to the other place, to the friend's house, and it's just a straight-up freaking massacre and the way all that plays out. And, of, and of course, the, the joke of the song that comes up on Ophelia, which the first two times I saw this movie, I couldn't concentrate because I'm so damn familiar with that song because it's from one of the freaking best albums ever, and all I'm doing is... Because when I hear that damn song, I'm saying those freaking words in my head, and I'm not paying attention to what's going on the screen. So it took the third or fourth time for me to actually pay attention to what was happening on the screen because I'm sitting here saying to myself, you know, so they mace me to blind me, but that shit don't work. I just laugh because I get, you know, I'm, I'm doing the fucking, I'm singing the song in my head because I've listened to that fucking Straight Outta Compton a million and a half times. That <sighs> that's all I'm thinking about, and I'm popping to hear that song. I'm like, oh my god. So, oh, but. The Were you yelling idea. for Ophelia to play it after the movie ended? You're like, there is no Ophelia. <laughs> I did it at my mom's house today because she is Alexa. But I didn't want I didn't actually say that. I said Ophelia. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just to see if anybody knew. But, of course, nobody knew but me. So 
My daughter might have chuckled. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but those two intense scenes, they really are friggin' great. Uh, the, the humor is just enough. It works fine. I dig the story. I had a, a, a few problems with it at, at first, but now they've been answered because they said that they abandoned it. It was something that they tried to do, and yep. they ended up abandoning Because my first question was, how and why could this be going on all these years? But no, it hasn't been going on all these years. It was an experiment that didn't go anywhere. That's why they're there, and that's why they're able to do it now. And, and the reason there's a Hands Across America is because that's when the flipperoo happened at that particular time, and the T-shirt's shown later. So it all ties in. I don't look too deeply into it, and I don't really have to it just works as the, these freaking doppelgangers watching it with the knowledge of what's going on is amazing because the way they handle adelaide's character is completely different than the way they handle all the other characters when they go to the neighbor's house they just walk in and they freaking kill 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 her they tie up and they talk and they have a story they handcuff then later on the girl has a chance to kill her and she doesn't she cuts herself instead so there's so much going on there and then later on when the kid gets the other kid to do what he does by walking backwards because he knows that the kid keeps responding or keeps repeating what he's doing it's all so well done and it's just shot so damn well he he really is a great filmmaker i wish he would continue to do uh, to do horror. I don't know what he's doing. He's only involved in... I have a feeling he's going to turn into the next Eli Roth where he's just going to be Mr. Producer now because it seems all of a sudden that he's doing a lot of that and I hope he doesn't. I hope that he, he comes back and, and, and makes a couple more horror movies because I love his style and um, just a great scene beginning to end. It's just a damn good horror movie. An excellent score as well. Uh, probably my second favorite score of the year uh, but I could sit down and let's do a very horrific but that is us, Jordan Peele, nine out of ten. Yeah, right, dude, he is producing the Candyman remake. This, I know, sure. I know, he is. He's all he's doing all this producing shit. When's he gonna direct again? You know, I know. What the hell are you doing? But we'll see. I just like I said, I Maybe hope he's it gonna be picky. Maybe he's gonna be like a Tarantino and really want to focus on what his next project is gonna be. That's fine, but I guess I selfishly want a horror movie from him every other year. You know, <laughs> well, maybe you'll get that. Yeah, we'll see. There go. Maybe he's keeping it under wraps. My number three was my number one for a long time until I saw my number one too. <laughs> it's funny how math works, eh? It's like the Laplace's <laughs> demon all over again. The the uh, it's little monsters. I knew you loved that one, man. Yeah. I fucking love this movie again. Another zombie film, <laughs> but I, with heart. I love heart. It takes about. 30, 35 minutes for the horror to kick in this one, but they develop these great characters, and this is why uh, Lapita wins Actress of the Year for me, because of both oh, yeah. us and Little Monsters. i got to give her the double whammy, because both movies, she was fantastic in, and, and you said it earlier, Dave, two opposite um, Man. roles. So, great great film all around. The There's a couple of great songs in it, too. It's not a musical like Anna and the Apocalypse, <laughs> but there's some great songs into it, and they uh, the the general gist of this film is they're taking these kids on a on a school trip, and of course there's a zombie infestation, and they've got to sort of protect these kids without letting them know really what's going on, uh, and shield them from the violence of of um, protecting them from the zombies. But it also is about the uh, main uh, Jad or Gad, that's his name, right? The character and his love relationship uh, with Lapita. <laughs> Keeps calling oh, yeah. him Miss Caroline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, Teddy, and Teddy McGiggle, Josh Gad. <laughs> oh, he was funny. He's so funny. He really is. And the little yeah. kid, the kids were great in it too. Kids yep. were great this year in uh, in horror movies. Yeah. It's, yep. it's great. There's, there, are, there are, of course, it, 
there's a lot of comedic bits, but they worked for me. Uh, yeah. And I, I love when it's all sort of mixed in with that, uh, with heart and gore and laughs. So, excuse me, excuse nine, me. nine no. out of ten. Awesome. Or number three. Get the hiccups. Sorry. I'm choked up. <laughs> nice top twos here we go here we go at number two my friends i've got appropriately titled it chapter two nice. there's yeah. a lot me too i'm with you i think too i, I, think I definitely too. got number one sorry i sorry. think i did yeah i definitely uh, I did. I did it had to be sorry, sorry. <laughs> there, there's a lot to say about this one regarding Shoot, uh, the scars of the past about confronting your own figurative and in this case, very literal demons. There's a Watson breakdown to be written here about how Pennywise, who is this extra dimensional being from outside of our universe, reflects the very same intimate fears that lie within our own human psyches. You know, something about how fear spans the distance between all the stars and all our hearts. How's that for some fucking poetry? But <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, all that Getting said, a little late for some poetry, man. Thank you. Uh, all that said, as a fan of the book, yeah, that, uh, missteps here and there, nothing big. But here's the deal. I got exactly what I wanted from this movie. King is an expert at crafting suburban epics within the context of the horror genre. And this is possibly the best example of that ever put to film with possible exception to 2017's Ip Chapter One. Folks, I adore this movie, and I also adore Bill Skarsgård, who gets my award for Best Actor of 2019, because, yes, we did not get enough of Pennywise, but, man, that scene under the bleachers and that little oh, girl, oh, oh yes. goodness, heart-wrenching, Amazing. and he kills it. And I, 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 got, I watched a video that, that where it's like a behind-the-scenes where they show the filming of that, and when he lunges at the, you know, lunges at the girl, which, you know, we see in the film, he eats her, uh, or, you know, he, he's joking with her immediately at the cut just like hey okay hey, everything good and you know just being a, a really nice actor and you know making sure he didn't frighten the little girl because he's this huge imposing guy like six foot four dressed as a scary the scariest clown you know ever so uh loved it guys uh everyone my number two it chapter two nice, nice. yeah ah cool i'm nervous for dave to go because Obviously, I know his last two films. I just hope I picked the right one. <laughs> I know, same here. <laughs> I just hope I picked the right one. But, okay, uh, that's the only one I've got hope on, and I'm pretty sure I've got it. And the funny thing is, well, my second pick for C, the reason I, I have a second pick is because it's an out-of-left-field type thing. It might not be on his list at all. It might be like a 7 out of 10. It's just a movie. You know what I mean? It's not like a big-name movie, but I just have had this feeling this whole time that he might uh, pick it. So it might it. not come up at all. I think you may have it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It'd be all weird right. if I did. I can't even tell you why I had that feeling. But anyway, sorry. I have to still have no idea for C. Not even a clue, but uh, my, my number two, and there's no turning back after this. My number one's going to be controversial, but I'm just going to... What else little, I'm going to play a little music from my number two, just to, uh, I don't know, for dramatic effect. Everyone else played music. Oh, of course, now I got a fucking commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a crowd. I'm going to be playing fish. What the hell is this? <laughs> Some... Ah, nice. I honey dick you. <laughs> yeah, honey dick me. Yeah, uh,. Jordan Peele's Us, uh, I, you know what, the second watch for me on this, and this might have actually been my third watch now, but for me, every time I watch it, it goes up and up. This, uh, this won two awards for me, best score, 
and uh, best actress. And I'll just I'll uh, I'll say this also with uh, Christian with Little Monsters. Give her give her the award for for both. I think she's she's absolutely brilliant. And the the score. I mean, I just played Five on it, which is one of the songs featured. But the score with that like uh, what is it like the the, the like a gothic chanting or whatever. Oh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever it is. Uh, choir? Yeah, like yeah, a very choir-esque. Uh, who did that? Uh, I wrote it down. Michael Abels. Anthem from Us. And, you know uh, the song I love from Us? This one at the end. Aw. Oh, is that the... <laughs> Fantastic! Isn't it, though? Yeah, I downloaded you know it right away. You know where I feel that song belongs? You know what movie that song belongs in? It belongs in, like, a three from hell. I don't yes. know why it feels very Firefly. I don't know I can why, buy that. but yeah. I love, but I love it. And uh, I don't know. I'm on board with everything. Like you said, the idea that the, that the experiment was abandoned was enough for me to say, okay, I don't need to know all the details of why it failed, what was going to happen if it did succeed. All I know is it failed, and uh, just I could just sit back and just enjoy what's unfolding in front of me. And it's uh, I almost said behind me. <laughs> But in front of me, and it's just absolutely brilliant, and there's so much tension, and it's terrifying, and ah, oh, man, I, I love every second of the movie. I really do. And, and the the idea of, of Hands Across America, it's it just creates some really shocking visual at the end, the scope of, of this. And uh, man, I love it. I love every second awesome. of it. I I'll don't tell know you what was great, the, the, the daughter... When she flipped and was the evil version of the daughter, I didn't mention it when I talked about it, but I was thinking about it afterwards. You know what? Some, I don't know. Her, she was great, dude. Yeah, you know, and, and and some people said they saw that coming. You're talking about the, the her as the as the kid at the beginning. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Lupita's family, um, uh, Adelaide's family, her husband and her daughter and her son, and, oh, and, and, and Pluto. So yeah, yeah, Pluto was the son. The girl version, her daughter, the evil version, the doppelganger of her daughter, when her hair's down and she's on top of the car and the guy comes yes. out. Dude, she is menacing as hell in, yeah. in that role. She did a real good job, that girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the whole cast is terrific. And again, young child actors doing great work. <laughs> this might be the year of child horror. Right. Yeah, but, uh, man, I don't know what else to add to this. It's just, it's fantastic. Uh, nine... And a half out of ten. Nine and a half. I gave it a nine. Has it been on everybody's list? Yeah, I gave it. Yeah, I, I think I gave it a nine. Eight and a half. I think I said. Oh. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Nine and a, oh, it's not going to make it because Watson was the furthest down. Oh well. I was a nine. Still just misses it. Still yep. 20, 20, uh, 27 and a half. Just short, but yep. you know, just I was short. actually at a nine. But just thinking about this film, I, didn't, I know I didn't say much about it because it's already all been said and. Uh, you know, don't want to spoil it, but you know what? I I am not opposed to the idea of a sequel to this. I'm not opposed to it, especially given Jordan Peele's two for two and two brilliant efforts. I think if he handled this correctly, he can make just as effective and creepy sequel. And I I I want to follow this family and find out and see more. Them, us and them. <laughs> Pink Floyd. <laughs> nice. I don't know. The Wilson family is very intriguing. All right. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to be letting the predictors down. Oh, God. Please don't. Please. I have hey. a feeling I am. Uh, this movie, when I first heard about it being made, fuck! I was not too happy about it. God damn it. Uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. 
and uh, motherfucker. <laughs> I actually ended up loving it. Saw it twice at the theater. Watched it another time the other day, and it stays so true to what I was hoping it was going. I was afraid of this being made because of high how high of a regard I put The Shining in. I was like, no, no, no. We don't need any more of that. It was perfect the way it is. Leave it be. We don't need anything else. And then by the time I get there and the opening credits and the, of all things to focus on, that little that little heartbeat thing that they freaking use in Kubrick Shining when Danny's dreaming, that boom, 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 boom. Oh, my God. And they kept using it throughout the film. And they started off the movie with that. And the Warner Brothers logo comes up. And it was nostalgia mania. But that's just. But it's not just about nostalgia. It's about the freaking. The story is great. The recasting is spot on. Uh, how 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 this how she got the sound exactly like freaking Wendy Torrance when she came running out of the apartment. He said, "Danny, the way she must have rehearsed that for months because she sounded just like it." All the recasting was great of freaking Danny and and, and of Wendy and of of all the people in the world. How are you gonna find a, a guy who can make faces and looks that much like Scatman Carruthers? And they did. Doctor Sleep freaking went above and beyond. That freaked I, me out. Dick Halloran. I was like, right? Jesus, is that him? <laughs> is he oh. saving? Did he come back from the dead for this? <laughs> kind of. Right? Yeah. I can't yeah, believe yeah. how good this was. I really can't. I, I never thought this was going to be. The, the score was great. There was all kinds of nods in the score to the original. And it, you guys have all said it again and again. That he, he Flanagan found a way to marry the, the books and, and Kubrick's movie together and do it in a perfect way. Because if you read the book, the original Shining, and the way it ends, well, this just can't work. There is no more Overlook. There is no more... To, uh, these characters are not all alive. How, how are they going to do this? You know. And he found a way to do it, and it was brilliant. There are some sad deaths as well. There's some great scenes. The, the, the baseball boy is one of the, probably the hardest thing to watch all year. It was, oh, my God, it felt so oh. freaking realistic. Oh, they hear that little kid cry. It was out of control, man. But uh, yeah. whew, the projection scene was amazing. The astral projection when she's flying over and that whole thing. I had the movie had I just went above and beyond. I never thought it was going to be this good. Uh, the girl that played Abra, keep your eye on her. I think she's going to be a star. I, I agree. When she flipped and she went into Danny Torrance mode in the back of the car. She was incredible. Oh, my God. The way she was talking and all that. And, oh, so good. But when they get to where they get to, when they get to the Overlook, um, I'm, I just have a freaking boner the whole time. I was just so happy to see my favorite freaking place coming back to life after all this time. You know, and I guess my only complaint was maybe it was a little, little tiny too much of fan service. That's the only small complaint I guess I could have. And the fact that the twins maybe weren't spot on and, and the one guy that said, great party, isn't it, wasn't British. Little, little tiny things. I mean, yeah, there's really not much to complain about at all. Um, I, I adored the movie. Uh, Doctor Sleep, I, I give it a nine and a half. Nice. You know, I love that the movie got right with the – it was the power differential between the – protagonist and the antagonist because as you're reading this book it's it, it's and it's even a little more hardcore in the book you're just like these bad guys can't do shit against danny and abra like they 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 give them a little more of an edge in the movie to probably because otherwise it'd be like you know it's almost like some you know like <laughs> i almost said some really just non-pc stuff it'd just be almost like uh you know somebody really really little trying to pick a uh, a fight with shaquille o'neal it'd be like <laughs> oh, uh, what, what, what's uh, what's going on here with with, with this you, you can't 
okay, have fun with that. Oh, and then, oh, you stabbed me in the Achilles. Okay, you got me a little. I'm still killing you, <laughs> you know? So, right. yeah, they, they really did get that right in this movie. And I was I was going in thinking, don't don't even them out. Make sure we know how powerful Danny and Abra are. And if, well, Danny has to come into his own again. But And they did it. I was impressed. And, and Rose. And this is the deal. You guys were saying something about vampires before. All it is is that all these people shine. That's all they are. Every one of these people shine, and they can only feed off other people that shine to get stronger power. Think of it as it's like the Force. You know, basically, um, Danny would be uh, Anakin, uh, Abra would be um, Yoda, or not, she, nah, I can't give her that much. But you know what I mean? Think of it as the Emperor, Yoda, and, and Anakin uh, being the most powerful ones. They just, they're the best at it, they have the most power, but they all shine, and they only feed off others that shine. That's all. That's all the, these true knots are. Are people that shine, but they have discovered that if you kill other people that shine, you could shine even stronger and get more and, and, yeah, and use your. That's all it is. The theme is the blood. It's not. It's not literal vampires in the. No, I know that, but I'm saying stuff. I didn't know if you guys got that. That that they all shine. That's what it's all about. Every person in this in the true knot shines the same way Danny and them do, just at different levels. You know what yep. I mean? That's all yeah. it is. Yeah, and, and that's why she took all that power at the end. But uh, anyway, yeah. I, that would be a good Star Wars movie, Dave. A Star Wars horror movie where you have some dark Jedi who's found out that if he does kills a Jedi, other Jedi a certain way, he can take their force and, and become more. Like, oh, bro. <laughs> and it has cannibal- you lost me at Star Wars. Well, I'm, hey, I'm- <laughs> I like it, but yeah, I don't know much about it. So anyways, yeah. Wow, good, good pick, Dave Z. And uh, no. I sure- no, you're number, number one. I flip flopped at the last minute, and I wrote Doctor Sleep, so I'm I'm a zero for everybody. I definitely have Watsons. I got we have to have, I have to have Watsons. Uh, I think I do. Anyway, here's my number two. My number two is Midsummer. Shit, nice. Yeah. That's, that's what I had. Oh, that's one. pretty good. Let's cross that off. <laughs> Folks, if you could see the look on his stupid face. <laughs> nice, buddy. Right I just on, watched man. this for the first time like a week ago. I rented it because it was on a 99 cent rental. I was like, fucking A. iTunes has it on for 99 cents. I go back. I watch the whole fucking thing. I go and I check my Prime account. It's on Prime for free. What? I'm like, what? But here. it wasn't. But it wasn't advertised anywhere. So I'm like, is this just because I rented it and I was showing up on my Prime? And the next day, suddenly it's Midsummer. It's on Prime, free in Canada. Glad you lost your dollar. Yeah. So (laughs) it was a measly buck. So I'm I'm okay. And I paid like $4.99, $5.99. I would have been a little pissed. Watson and I lost five bucks on Record of Sweet Murder. (laughs) I put subtitles on this just for shits and giggles. Didn't even need them. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Watson. I love this. This, uh, I I loved Hereditary. It was my number one. Uh, He, great follow up. As of right now, I have it a notch below, nine and a half out of ten. Uh, I think it's a great film. I I really feel like you take the journey with these people to Sweden. I think he does something like if you ever watch The Deer Hunter, you're at that fucking wedding for The Deer Hunter. If you ever watch that movie, you're there yeah. at a wedding for like an hour of the film's length. Here you're Damn. you're with this cult there. And I can see why some people just could not get into it or maybe thought it took too long. 
But I got to tell you, I was in from the beginning and I didn't get bored once. I can't wait to see the director's cut of this film. Uh, Dave, you made it sound like it, it even brought it up for you. So I can't wait. I thought it was great. Good performances all around. Great direction. When he starts showing the violence, which is sort of like jaw-dropping, yet mm. they explain it away. And you're, you're, you're like, well, this is, this is like... Uh, part of their ritual and everything like that. And they, and they expect it and they're happy to do it. And this, that, and the other thing yet, it's still nothing we're used to. So you don't know really how to react, but it's so beautifully presented and it just gets weirder and creepier and more fucked up from there. So great film, nine and a half out of 10. Uh, I recommend everybody to watch it two and a half hours. And like I said, I, the director's cut is, I think three, almost, almost. Yeah, two hours. at the end of the film. I wanted to take a header off a cliff. Well, hey, <laughs> tell hey. us how you really feel, man. Yeah. Fuck that movie. <laughs> That's how I feel. Oh. But not as much as my biggest disappointment. Fuck that movie even more. And we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. <laughs> so this is it. Number ones. Let's see. Are, are, are me and B going to be right on this call? We're definitely right. There's no way it's not. He talked about how brilliant it was, and he hasn't brought it up yet. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, you guys got my. You guys got me pegged here. At, at my number one of 2019, my friends... Fellow headites, I've got ready or not. Did you get it? Yes, yes, yes. Ready to get it. I didn't get it either. What? <laughs> you didn't get it? What the hell are you talking about? Here, I'll show you my list right now. It's not even going to make Oh, well, I can't open the fucking thing. Where the hell is it? Wow. Well, that not. is awesome. I had no clue you loved it that much. So you look at Yes. No, no, no. B, what what did you think my number one was going you to be? Must have, you must have mentioned it already. Actually, I think you did a few. I don't know when you mentioned it, but one cut. Okay. Here is where I Not have horror. to put a huge asterisk uh, next to this because one cut of the dead is a 10 out of 10 for me, and I wow. adore it with all my heart. Uh, but at the last – not the last minute, like about a week or two ago as I was you know, first kind of even seeing, all right, what does my list look like? How do I want it to be? I couldn't justify it as a genre pick 100%. I just kept coming back to this, same with like Lords of Chaos, where I sided with, this is horror, I'm keeping it. With one cut, I was like, you know, I can't do it. I, I, even though it is my number one uh, of the, of the, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. I, God, I loved it. Um, but yeah, I, could, I couldn't keep it on. It's ready or not. And so, yeah, so regarding that, so yeah, there's a big asterisk next to my number one, but regarding ready or not, you know, I, I have very little to say about this film that you could consider deep or philosophical. There might be something to the whole uh, bourgeoisie versus proletariat socioeconomic thing going on. I could, you know, rich, you know, I, you know eat the rich. I could go back to my whole <laughs> utilitarian utilitarianism versus Kantian ethics talk that I gave when Dave Z and I did our Watsy Party Horse Show episode on the cabin in the woods, which, you know, it, it, which asks, like, is true, mora- you know, what is true morality? You know, when the end justifies the means or is morality in the action itself you know you could talk about that with this you know the movie set up for a talk about that but honest to god i didn't get anything deep from this instead this is just the most fun i had with a horror movie all year besides well one cut but i don't consider it horror if, if and, and fine if people do awesome it, it, right on i'm not taking that away from anybody so but anyway if someone had let me write this script it would have gone exactly like this what we saw here uh, that's what impressed me so much about it the fact that it went there committed to certain aspects of the plot that you wouldn't think would be baked into a narrative like this yet it goes there owns it until literally the final frame of the movie like when that insanely bloody ending hit i sat in the in the theater thinking this movie's exactly what i did not know i wanted 
Samara Weaving, she's a star. I think we'll be seeing her in a movie in the next two or three years with Margot Robbie or Roby, however she says her own name. Uh, it's like when foreign people can't pronounce their own name like that uh, Australian country singer Keith sisters. Urban. Yeah, yeah, they will play sisters. Oh, yeah. But like Keith Urban, it's like it's Keith Urban. Keith Urban. But so <laughs> she gets my award for Best Actress of 2019 just off pure and unadulterated charisma. I hope the horror genre gets to keep her once her star turns A-list worthy because it's, it's about to happen because of this movie, my friends. Yeah, Adam, I talked about that two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one's bigger, though. I think this one I think this confirms what the babysitter already told us. But Adam Brody, he was amazing as well. He was my favorite character in the film. I saw myself reflected in him, actually. Uh, all that whiskey. I, I all didn't that. see that. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> whiskey and all the guilt and all the guns. No, but so that's pretty much it, everybody. I wish I had some big breakdown for this, but I don't. I just enjoyed it so much, and it was a delight for me. My number one of 2019, ready or not. I'm glad nice. you brought him up. He was he was terrific nice. in that. Yeah. So you knew he wasn't counting one cut as hard, Dave. I assume because we had a discussion about it at one point. Yeah, yeah. you had you cheating bastard. But I didn't know his rating. I didn't know he loved it. We just he, he said it was a ten out of ten. The show I had him on, the show huh? the the orphanage show. I reviewed this film on the orphanage show. I talked about it. we must have done triple R's on the orphanage show, and I talked about this film. And he said it was a ten out of ten on that show. He said it was the best film he's seen all year. Well, he said he didn't know if it was horror. <laughs> yeah, but then, but then Dave's, but then Dave's discussion with the, uh, you know, with that, with the, uh, it's made for horror fans. I thought maybe he got through to him, so you I was, was one hundred percent convinced. Dave is right about that. It is made for horror fans. My son agree disagrees with me. My son agreed with Dave. I told him that, and and right, Skyler was just like, just put it on your list, Dad. I'm like, I'm still grappling, <laughs> and so yeah, I, but I, I. I won't disagree with anybody who had that on because it's so great. Why? Why the hell not? So you know what? I have a ten-way tie for my number one. Hold on a second. No, just kidding. <laughs> <sighs> what is Fuck, this, man? Jesus, I'm gonna piss people off because it's listed on IMDb crime drama horror, although it's a psychological thriller mystery horror, and uh, it's directed by Adam Randall, and it's a film called I See You. I almost watched this this morning because I didn't sleep until about noon today. I almost watched this at like 7 in the morning and just decided to go do chores around the house instead. And this made Jay of the Dead from, uh, you know, uh, from uh, what, what, uh, considering the cinema, formerly of Horror Movie Podcast, uh, Horror Movie Weekly. It made his top 10 of the year as well. Oh, nice. Right? Okay, good. Okay. Yeah, but Jason glad. Lloyd's going to be mad. This is a nice thriller. <laughs> I had <laughs> I had an I not an argument but uh, even Mark Nato didn't consider this horror but I'm gonna read the description then I'm gonna talk a little bit about why I consider it horror in an nice. idyllic town filled with seemingly perfect families twelve year old Justin Witter has gone missing while riding his bicycle in the local park Greg Harper lead investigator on the case struggles to balance the pressures of the investigation which has brought to attention a similar case thought to be buried in the past while finding a way to forgive his well healed wife Jackie for a recent infidelity. Great strain is put on the family as Jackie's guilt slowly gnaws away at her grip on reality, and when a malicious presence manifests itself and puts their teenage son Connor in mortal danger, the cold hard truth about evil in the Harper household is finally uncovered. Now, even just that description, yeah, I pulled that off of Wikipedia, even just that description screams horror. And the structure of this film sets it up as horror. For the first 40 minutes of this film, there is nothing to convince you one way or the other that what is going on 
could 100% not be supernatural. Oh. Even ghostly or, or, or something sinister beyond just a regular, you know, straight up thriller. The structure of this film is, I've seen it criticized a lot in articles that I've read, but I really love the way, the way it's, it's shot. It, it gives you the story to the 40 minute mark, then it pulls back and, and, and shows you a little bit more of what's going on and continues that for another 30 minutes. Then it pulls back again and shows you what's really going on for like the last 30 minutes. And and so it's like it, it's going forward, pulling back a little bit, going forward, pulling back, and it just uncovers into what I thought was the most entertaining uh, dark film I saw this year. And uh, it, it was close between this and, and us and even Laplace's demon as to what was going to be number one. But the performances in this were, were really great. Um, Owen Teague, who played, uh, he was in it. He played a uh, Hockstetter. Oh, really? Yeah, he played nice. Hockstetter in it. He, he has a much bigger part in this. And uh, he, he's actually terrific in it. And... Uh, and just the way this film unravels and the ending of this film, I absolutely love it. It's a it's a real gut punch. It's it's dark. It's disturbing, and it's true to life. And uh, and you know, it's something that you I could see happening. I'm sure it does happen, but it's really dark. And I I love that kind of stuff. To me, that's that's more horror than any ghosts or supernatural shit you can you can uh, put on screen. So I see you. Number one, nine and a half out of ten. Awesome. Damn. Wow. Um, I gotta, watch, I gotta it. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you end the film, you're going to say this is not a horror film, but I hope you guys at least enjoy it for, for what it is. And, and uh, let me just say, don't look this word up because you might not. You definitely. You, well, I hope you I hope you don't know what it is, but uh, frogging. That's all I'll say. It's a sexual thing. It's not sexual, but you'll see. OK. Although I'm sure there is a, a frogging sexual thing and I'd like to try okay. it. That's, that's, okay. where you, that's where you croak on top of your uh, girl. Hey, he just frogged me. <laughs> we'll forget that his last movie wasn't even a horror movie. Oh, man. I... <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, but you said you think it is. B, can we go back to when you when you said that's when you croak on your girl? I, I, I was on mute, and I said it, and I realized I was on mute. Uh, I, I was like, oh, he's a dead fuck. <laughs> Too late. Ah, stupid oh, We can't go back. yourself. What is this, the Laplace's demon? We're not rewinding shit on this. Nice. So wait a minute. You watch the movie, and at the end of the movie, you say it's a horror movie, but you think that we're going to watch it, and at the end of the movie, we're going to say it's not a horror movie? It's a teen comedy. No, I say for the first half of the film, there's nothing to suggest this couldn't be a full-out horror movie by the end. But I think the way it ultimately plays out, it's definitely i can definitely see people saying it's more thriller but i found it horrific enough and and watson even said earlier is is horrific horror and you know usually i'm a no but you know i i want this i wanted this movie to be represented and it just happened to be my favorite out of the group well i love That's... villains right and i just at the last minute i said it's not a horror film though i love it's... villains I as well it. and uh, it. Oh. and uh, another uh sarsgaard great performance and uh yeah. micah monroe so nice uh, i gotta watch him both of those films then villains and uh i see you see you make sure you watch the right one with helen hunt helen hunt Not the one with stallone called i see you so <laughs> i see you or detox from way back when no, there were two ICUs this year. There were. Yeah. Not, there were two? Yeah. 
This is I see you, not E Y E C U. And, oh, yeah, this I'm, is the oh, I. Okay, right. The letter I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. All right. I see you. The and it, has a, good, and it has a good song in it that I got to download. I forgot the name of the song, but they played the song in, in a few certain creepy scenes, and it's really well done. Cool. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Man, I'm getting, getting recommendations tonight. Cool. Okay, well, this is the reason that this is always my favorite show to do every year because you get the opportunity to, to publicly, you know, almost shame. like – Well, shame, sure. <laughs> I'm more about bringing the, the positivity. You, you get to publicly <laughs> – declare your love for something and in, in in essence that's what i'm doing here because this and, movie and he's gay and or but he's gay but i'll tell you what <laughs> this movie is astounding to me i have watched this movie five times i have watched this movie two times over the last four days because I, I went to the movies and I saw it and I was like, okay, that's pretty awesome. You know, I think I'll give it like a nine and a half or something. I really love it. But the, okay, then I then it came to home home. You know, I bought the Blu-ray. Oh, I really love it. Pretty awesome. Oh, I heard there's a director's cut. Let me watch that. Then I watched the director's cut, and all that character stuff that's in there and everything else. I was like, holy shit! Everything makes even more sense to me now as to what's happening here. And man, so good. Midsommar just freaking blew me away. Uh, I'm in love with the movie. I know it's long and I know that the director's cut is two hours and 50 minutes long and I don't care. I don't, I will watch the, the director's cut every single time now <laughs> over, over the other one because of the stuff that you get in it. But I agree. Uh, so you, you like, you like the director's cut better as well. I did. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It, it explains so much more about their relationship and about you know why he wants to stay when it really makes sense to go and just everything else just about the the way their relationship is run but the way i feel about th- this poor girl danny i i'm just so sympathetic towards her character she has such patience and everything th- this is a breakup movie you know that's what that's what ari Aster himself considers it everything about it i love the atmosphere i love the scenery i love how it goes on in the daytime uh, i i don't know if i've ever seen a movie in, in a very long time, that that shot any better than this, especially a horror movie. The cinematography is freaking top of the line. I, it, it, we don't get a lot of kills. Actually, we do get a decent amount of kills, and they're all effective. They're either gory or they're emotional. I I, I can't see anything wrong with the film. I know some people think it's too long, and there there are people that complain. This is a movie much like The Witch that I felt was just, that was made for me, that I just, I, I love it. I haven't been disimpressed by a movie since The Witch. What's great about this is that I didn't get that feeling right away. When I saw The Witch and the credits hit, I was like, I'm in love with this movie, and I knew it the first time I saw it. I didn't necessarily have that the first time on Midsommar. I was like, you know what? I think it's just as good as Hereditary, but I, I got to see it again. But when I watched the director's cut and, and I learned more about everything, I just have a, a, an appreciation for this movie like like I haven't appreciated a movie in a long time. And I'm not going to go on and on about it. I just, I love it. Oh, did you guys realize that there's a bl- that, that Danny's blanket is the freaking the, the Shining, the Overlook Hotel uh, freaking uh, pattern? I thought, yeah, I thought I, yeah. I recognized that. Different color. It's blue and white instead of you know orange and, and black. I couldn't but... see it past all those damn flowers. Oh, and all that stuff at the end. <laughs> Everything that poor girl went through, and oh, and I'll tell you what. 
you're talking about tripping and stuff like that. I, I've never seen a movie that shows uh, an acid or a mushroom trip uh, any better than this one does. Like the stuff they see when they're looking up at the tree and they see the trails of the things going through it and everything else. And just the way uh, psychedelic trips are portrayed in this movie, I've never seen it done more accurately, at least as to the things I've seen when I've been under the influence. So uh, I love everything about it. Everything they go, I can't wait till they get to the thing. Even the beginning is great. And the opening scene is one of the most haunting things I've seen in a very long time. It's just everything with, with the death. And, and then when she has those dreams, every time her sister's there and she opens her eyes and looks at her, it genuinely creeps me the fuck out. I'm like, that, that reminds me of a dream I would have. It, it really freaking gets under my skin. It's just every move that, that Ari Aster makes in this movie is amazing. And, and the acting is, in, is incredible. F- Florence Pugh is, is my is actress of the year for me. Uh, Ari Aster, director of the year, and, and the score is the freaking the best score of the year. I just... I can't say enough about this movie, and I'll I'll just stop. I'll just say that all the characters seem very true to life to me, and all their motivations make sense uh, for those those type of people that they're trying to to play on the screen. And what a job done by everybody! I love this movie. It's a ten out of ten. Midsommar. Nice. Wow. When we talked about it on Watsi, you were at a nine, and that's where I was grappling because you were at like a nine five with. Uh, with Dr. Sleep, but then I just knew, I was like, I know Dave is up beyond Dr. Sleep, so I, I did get your number one, buddy. I, nice. I got, dude, so I, I do want to say something about this film because that I didn't want to talk about when it was on my list because that was in the back end, but there, there is a dark <laughs> side to this movie that isn't as popular a talking point, and it's that this story is showing us the indoctrination of a good person into something truly awful. There was a 20th century Jewish philosopher named Hannah Arendt, and she famously used the term the banality of evil when describing how, and this is her quote, shockingly normal, uh, high-ranking Nazi officer Adolf Eichmann was as he was being put on trial for his war crimes. Like, evil isn't always this blatant and obvious thing. You know, the Nazi party, when it was just getting started, was this small, at first, seemingly innocuous gathering. We saw how that turned out, right, B? And then <laughs> this, this cult midsummer. You know, these are groups whose members were and are fervent in their beliefs who don't think they're doing anything wrong. But the catch is that you don't realize what's wrong until it's too late. You know, the propaganda being pushed upon you in the name of political standing with the Nazis or tradition in the case of this cult acts so slowly that you can honestly see how someone in a bad place might end up where the character of Danny eventually does at the end of this film. And that in itself, my God, is rooted in her desire to gain control over death and victimhood which you might say she achieves through certain sacrificial means. This movie has so much to say, and I, I, I really respect it so much on a thematic level. It has I, I have some stuff I, I would love to get. I almost want to do a Watson breakdown on this one day, maybe when I do the YouTube stuff, because there's, it has a lot in it. And so g- good choice, Dave Z. I had a feeling you might go beyond a nine on this one. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm so happy for her at the end of the movie, too, because now she has a family. She's lost every fucking thing she has. And the one thing that she's supposed to have, this boyfriend, just like he says to her, does he feel like home to you? Do you feel kept by him? And the answer is no. And she does everything she can. He should be bending over backwards that this beautiful freaking female is even looking at him because she's got a great personality and she's adorable. And for I, I and considering what she's gone through, she's pretty freaking tough, man. I'll tell you that. But I think they also fell victim to the banality of evil. I don't think it's evil. I think it's just, it, it, it's it's their beliefs. 
they are willing to sacrifice themselves for the same thing. So in there, they don't see it as evil. If if they're going to get four people to sacrifice themselves for their cause and, and be willing to do it and be happy to do it, like they say, I want to volunteer, then they don't have a problem getting these four people because they feel it's for the greater good. It's like That's any other culture. Well, well, see, you're supposed to have this, and, and that's what shocked me a little about this movie, about how how shocked they were at some of the things going on when there are these academics who are supposed to be supposed to be ethnocentric, which means you don't judge another culture based on your culture. But dude, come on. I think the biggest trick that this movie pulls is that it is getting you on board with the evil that is going on just like Danny gets on board with it. I mean, you can't tell me that that blood eagle and what they do to some of these people is not downright just rotten to the core because you know yes the people who want to partake in this okay cool for them if you if you leave if you don't go out seeking people who don't want to be brought to this and don't want to be sacrificed you're fine but the second you cross those boundaries whether it's for your beliefs or your culture you're still doing something just like you know the christians believe you know the catholics believe that the inquisition was a pretty good thing and <laughs> i don't think it really was and they believe and I don't know. I don't either, but I still think that she is going to become a happy person now, regardless of uh, of the means of, of what it took to achieve that. She's buying into it, and she knows that every time she feels pain, they're going to feel pain for her, as, as they show throughout the film, that everyone that does everything, everybody in their community feels it along with them. There, there's there's a feeling of, of real togetherness there. I don't know, and, and I know it's not something that's easy to sell to somebody, but I'll tell you what <laughs> – I kind of like their whole. I kind of like the way they have things set up with, with the, uh, the 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 seasons and, and you know how it, how at seventy two you're supposed to take that dive. I wouldn't even mind fucking doing that myself in society. I kind of wish that my society was like that. We all live together here, then we all live in this place, then we work for sixteen years or eighteen, years, and then you do this. I like what they're selling. I'll tell you that much. Do I want to kill innocent people? No, but I could understand. How some people could buy into it, and if everything in life makes you miserable, and your family's dead, and fucking everything's going terrible, I I'm happy for Danny at the, the end whole, of the, the film. whole motivation behind it though is just overly simplistic, I think, and just not worth a, a three hour trip, and just kind of just falls into the been there, done that. I just I just wasn't wasn't on board with it. I wish something has ever made me made a been there, done that. Nothing else. This. The only thing that says anything that's like it at all, people like to compare it to freaking, uh, what do you call it? Um, the Wicker Man? The Wicker yeah, Man. It's yeah. nothing like the fucking it's Wicker Man like because it. there's a yeah. pole and they dance around it for five minutes. No. Big fucking deal. This is I'm nothing just talking like about the, the whole idea of human sacrifice to, you know, improve your position. It's been there, done that, you know, it's just like... Well, so what? Hereditary is about witches, and we saw the same shit in fucking paranormal activity. You didn't complain about that, did you? I'm not as high on hereditary as people think. That's why, to me, this is better than fucking hereditary. That's why this is a 10 out of 10. I have hereditary at an 8.5. I have this at a 7. I have it at a 9.5, and and it's close. This is a fucking solid 10 for me. But either way, I'm just saying, we could nitpick stupid little shit, but to me... I don't know. I just. I think. I think it's a false sense of happiness. I think. The, I. I don't think. They're all I, happy I do, there. I do see it, but I think it's a brainwashing. I think a lot of things are left unexplained. The Oracle, like, why the hell does he have to be a product of incest? What the hell is with these drawings, these books? Like, what the like, what is going on? Like, because they're not clouded. 
Stop That's showing me spinning flowers and give me some substance to hear. What's with oh, all the, the imagery? Beautiful. What's with see? all the imagery of Scandinavian folklore? Do I have to go and research Scandinavian folklore to understand why there's blue in this painting in our apartment at the beginning of the uh, No, film? but there you go. And there's an extra added thing that I don't even know anything about. But now that makes me love the movie even more because if I really want to dive balls deep into this, I can do research. This is just me looking at it at face value. I mean, I listened to Venom talk about it on uh, on the on the Fresh Cut show, and he, he got deep into it. I don't remember anything, because you know I don't retain shit, but the fact that there is extra stuff like that makes me even love it more, because I, I'm going to go back and, and look at that stuff, and, and you know, look into the that artistic element of it. But what I'm seeing on screen just blows me away. I love all the daylight shot. I feel like I'm there. When they get into the fucking place, when they land and they go in, you know, they actually built this in, in a field. This is all set. They built the whole damn thing. I feel like this is a real place and I'm there. I feel like these are real people. And that's just, you know, that's just part of it. You, you know what thing that did disappoint me a little was when I first saw it in the theater, when they show that tapestry in the beginning and it, it just shows it, I was watching it and I'm like, okay, Aster is a genius and I know that I'm going to be needing to look in the background of this movie and what's going on to to, to unlock what's happening. And I so I, based on hereditary, so I'm looking at this tapestry in the beginning and I was like, okay, so we have this, this, this. And then when it played out exactly like that tapestry, I found like I accidentally unlocked the movie too early. <laughs> but oh, still, yeah. it's great. I just remember not being surprised by anything that happened until the second time I watched it when I started getting this idea that, oh, this is about more than just family. This is about indoctrination too. This is a, it's a deep movie. And I see Brandon's complaints because you know what? I don't enjoy the movie like I want to. I just don't have fun with it, but I think it's brilliant. It's kind of weird. I, I don't know how to explain those contradictory feelings about it. Maybe a third watch will put me there in either Dave's or Brandon's camp. I kind of wonder. I, I don't know. I, I still gave it a 7 out of 10, which for me is a good scoring. I saw it once. I even mentioned this on the show before that I saw this. I had a splitting headache. It was not a good experience. I was very – I was sick that night. I just didn't feel good. So I do owe this another watch, and I do want to see the director's cut because character development is important to me. But what I feel was the issue with the art house horror this year is, like you said, when you're pulling focus from the actual story and having you look in the background for hidden messages, I feel like that's a cheap tactic – to distract you from the fact that what you're seeing either is just so out there and doesn't make any sense or is overly simplistic, but I want to drag it out for the sake of of making this long artistic expression of a film. And, and that's just how it was with uh, with Midsommar for me. But I will watch it again. It was not my biggest disappointment of the year. My biggest disappointment of the year was The Lighthouse, which I actually literally, and yes, I'm using literally correctly, fell asleep in the theater too. My daughter did too. Yeah. Actually, because it had brilliant performances, but too much artistic expression. What the hell is going on? What's real? What's not? Who gives a shit? It's boring. I'm asleep. I'm snoring. But stylistically, like Midsommar, a beautifully made film. You know, uh, we talk about Peel, uh, Eggers and, and Aster. And, and Peel is the one who's true for two for me because he's focusing style, but also substance. And he had the two films that had two substance. But I still love The Witch, and I really, really like Hereditary, but uh, Lighthouse and, and okay. Midsommar. It's all about the Danny character for me. I, I'm so into her character, and you see the whole movie basically through her eyes. You know what I mean? She's It's all about her, and I don't know. I, I just And on top of it being a beautiful film. but I'll, I'll, I'll give it another watch. I owe it at least that. This is true. He takes broken characters, and by the end of the film, he has him smile, and that's the last shot of the film. Oh, like, yes. Parallels. Uh, I thought that you, was buddy. great. Just uh, like the witch. <laughs> uh, 
some of those help. You know what? I might have to echo Brandon. Uh, biggest disappointment would have probably been the lighthouse, only because I, I, I mean, I couldn't wait to see it, and I didn't fall asleep in the theater, <laughs> but I was thoroughly <laughs> bored. Out but cold. Great, great performances. Yet I just didn't find I cared at all. Exactly. See, I was never excited for it, and Watson can attest to that. I said it right on our show because I said I don't want to get excited just because it's Robert Eggers. And from what I know about it, it's two guys in a lighthouse. How amazing can it be? So I went in with tempered expectations. I was like, oh, this is like – now, if it would have been Nosferatu, which I thought was supposed to be a second film, yes, I'd be excited for that because I know that's horror. It's a vampire. No, that's different. But what I had heard, all the little rumblings I heard about the lighthouse leading up to it, I was like, well – Hopefully it's good. I'm going to try not to keep my hopes up too high. And again, I, I enjoy it. It's just some people adore it. And I, I wish I did, but I have The Witch and I have Midsommar. I, I have two movies that, that have, you know, are make me happy. So I'm happy with that, you know. If it makes you happy, <laughs> why the hell are you so sad? Singing. <laughs> so, okay. Who's next? That's me. I guess I finish That's this you, off buddy. with for the top tens anyway. Uh, and I've somehow Dave guessed it as his second pick. I should have made it my first. Yeah. It was so out of left field. I yeah, he spoiled it. it. I saw that on the thing. Well, I was it was, like, oh. it was uh, yeah, it, for the Patreon. <laughs> it's the perfection. The perfection blew me away. It gets my nod for best director, Richard Shepard. Uh, performances are great. I love the stylistic choices here. Uh, I love the way the story is being presented. It reminded me very much of a Brian De Palma film in some regards. And Brian De Palma is one of my favorite directors. So... I was totally on board. I, I, I'm not going to go too deep into it because, again, I want to keep the, the show moving. If you haven't watched it, it's there for you to see on Netflix. It seems to be getting glowing reviews and people that seem to be disgusted by it as well. There's a sequence, a in, it, the sequence in it that, um, that may turn people off involving um, vomiting and uh, worms. <laughs> Ah, that shit was great, dude. Dude, I'll tell you this. You know, the, the film that I had at number one, I see you, structure-wise, very much like uh, The Perfection, the way they take you to a point, then pull you back and show you what's really going on. Then they do it again Ooh. later on and pull you back. That's how I feel this is. But, uh, oh, I mean, I absolutely love that. And I'm now I'm even more excited to see that. I absolutely love that. I could see why some people may not. I mean, essentially, it's taking you out and saying, hey, you're watching a film. By, by bringing you to a certain point and then rewinding, and yeah. it does it twice. So, uh, But I love that shit, because I know I'm watching a film. So make it cinematic and, and play around with uh, film reality and, and whatnot, because I know that it's not real. So when, when a movie does that and does it well, I'm all on board, and Brian De Palma is a master at that. Nice. Damn it, that's fucking great, dude. So what, what did you give it a rating? Or oh, no? nine and a half out of ten. Nine, nice. so, did nothing make the fucking Hall of Fame? Midsommar might have between. What did what is Watson give Midsommar? I was at a nine. Oh, and uh, we were both nine and a half. Dave was a ten. I, I was a ten. Oh yeah, so and yes! I was a nine and a half. There you go. Yes, Midsommar makes it one movie. Good. Worst fucking movie of the decade, man. The movie that should make. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would have been happier three from hell was in there. <laughs> <laughs> Which gentlemen, uh, did everybody get to say their respective awards for the year as we went through our lists? No. I have more to give. Yeah, well, I think we all have disappointment. Oh, biggest surprise for me was Dr. Sleep. I forgot to say that. Yeah, me too. Yay. Wow. Uh, biggest disappointment for me was uh, was uh, Hagazuza because lighthouse. everybody was lighthouse. fucking blown. You guys said Lighthouse. That's right. Yeah. 
Hagazusa every or Agazusa. Everybody was blowing it, and I was expecting to be blown away. And I wash it, and nothing happened for an hour. And then some shit happened that didn't make any sense to me. And I was like, <laughs> okay, looks nice, but what the fuck is this? And then I was like, okay, you know what? I even gave it a second chance because I know a lot of people liked it, and it was artsy and everything else. I'm like, okay, I'm into this type of horror. Let's see, maybe I missed something in, in the plot. Maybe I'm not picking up on something. Let me go back and watch it again. Went back, watched it again. Same fucking experience. Nothing. Nothing happens. Nothing makes sense. Oh, there's some cut. And, there's some utter cradling and uh, rubbing. Yeah, a awesome. Lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I, I I'm not even against that. So I hated that movie. movie. I you hated it. I didn't hate. it. I give it a seven out of ten. It was. I was just jazzed up to That's see. That's what it. I gave it a seven out of ten. See, I was happy. I was excited. Was ex- ex- hoping to catch a movie that was going to land on my list. You know what I mean? People were talking about it like it was going to be a list-worthy film, and I get there and I see nothing. I see a movie that's an hour and 40 minutes long that could have been an hour and 10 minutes on. This is from a guy that watch, that wants to watch a two-hour, 50-minute version of fucking Midsommar that this dude here fell asleep to and whose favorite movie of the millennium is The Witch, which some people say it to. I do not have a problem with slow-burn movies, but I want to see some substance on the screen. A girl walking outside to, to, to give water to a goat. And then go back in the house and then come out again and show oh. that same scene twice. For no fucking reason. There's no great music happening at that time. There's no anything in the background or zooms or nothing aesthetically pleasing at all except someone putting up a camera and let's have this person walk. You could have cut so many scenes from this fucking movie because there's nothing else going there's on. There's nothing happening. Forward. There's nothing. You can't tell nothing. me there's context or subtext. Any of that, Chef. There's nothing. Makes no fucking sense. Not, and not, to, what not to every end, scene. No sense. Let me let me also reiterate. Not to every scene in the film, but to what you were describing there. Yeah. Nothing is happening there. Nothing. It's like it watching do paint anything dry. For the plot. What's that? It's like watching paint, paint dry. dry. It was. It made, didn't do anything for the plot, and it wasn't pleasing aesthetically enough to make it worth my time with it. And the shit that happened at the end made zero sense. Nothing happens. Something bad happens to this girl. Okay, fine. And then all of a sudden, she's gonna walk in the water. And then she's going to go, and then she's going to come out of the water, then she's going to go to bed, then she's going to fucking eat something in a thing, then she's going to puke, then she's going to go outside, then she's going to be on fire. Makes fucking (laughs) zero fucking sense. You can't convince me that that's good. It doesn't make any sense. It's When people insult the movies I like, like Black Coat's Daughter and The Witch and Midsommar and say that that looks like fucking, what's the word they go with? Like student film shit. That's what that, that, that's. And then they insult movies I like. They say they're slow moving. That's what I felt watching this. It just, nothing happened. Give me something. I understand subtext. I understand symbolism. I get that. What happened in this movie did not make sense. You could try to blow it up all you want because it, you may think it, it looks good, which it does. I give it 7 out of 10 just based on, on certain merits. But I need more than the fuck what they gave me. If someone could message me and tell me, hey, this happened here and this was a baby. And because somebody had one mushroom this day and, and peed on a fucking rat and threw it in water. And they're going to walk in the water and there's going to be all this happening for no reason. Meanwhile, these people are supposed to be, are they supernatural or not? Nothing is ever fucking said. Uh, sorry, let me, uh, that's the end of my rant. It was. It disappointed me. <laughs> uh, I'll just say Little Monsters was a big surprise for me. But also Annabelle, the fact that I, the caliber was there for Annabelle surprised the shit out of me too. The only one I didn't say was my biggest disappointment of 2019 was, and and it, I liked the movie quite a bit, but just from that disappointment factor was uh, actually Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. I liked the movie, but it had all these 
script and filmmaking problems that it's uh, enough of them that it's hard for me to believe that it was an inspired project. That said, like I like I always say when I talk about this movie, it does have the best line of any movie of the decade when Richard <laughs> says, show me your salami, motherfucker. This needs to become iconic, everybody. In fact, check it out. I even got my friend Joe saying it when he's hosting karaoke. He'll get on, you know, in front of the few dozen people there and he'll just be like, show me your salami, motherfucker. And I'm like, yes. God, Joe. Awesome. Yeah, fucking check it I, out. Li- I like Richard Pat Frank. I, I just haven't seen him in a good movie yet. Between this, 31, and I watched uh, Perfect, Perfect Skin this year. No, Mandy, I'm not a big fan of. I watched Perfect Skin, which was another release this year with him, which was actually decent. <laughs> the best of the four films, I think. Gotcha. I know pe- people love Mandy, but I'm not a huge fan. Uh, yeah, I-, I can feel that from you. But I-, I, gotta- I gotta say this about the salami man thing. So a couple weeks back, my buddy Joe, he's like, hey, wanna go out for drinks? Uh, we're all go- heading up north. I'm like, nah, I don't really wanna go out tonight. I don't wanna drink. And he's like, okay, well, hours later, I get all these videos from him, one after the other. I guess he'd gotten drunk and went around to random people at the bar, put on his videos, and and had them, him and another person going, show me your salami, motherfucker. Like, oh, like five or six of these videos, he just go find someone random and say hey will you uh, say show me your salami motherfucker to my friend watson who's at home right now he sent me like five of these videos it's hilarious so <laughs> that's great dude yeah so anyways that's yeah that, that's my biggest disappointment i still really like the movie though i'm not gonna hate on the movie i just i you know if you're gonna man do a sequel to devil's rejects with that ending make it count and i don't know that i felt it did any but that's okay it's i'm not gonna hate on the movie because i i still liked it Anyways, speaking of three from hell, should we do our bottom fives? Yeah, let's do our. It can't five. be on your bottom five. It can't be. Oh, it can be. Yeah. Uh-oh. That's do it. Do your bottom. Not when All movies right. like Luds fucking exist or Lutz or whatever the fuck it's called. Luds, oh dude, Luds. I, I I give it a six and a half. Yeah, I didn't know oh, you're what way was six going half. on in oh, that fucking shit. Thing. You guys are way higher on shit than I am. All right, my bottom six. Sorry, I have six. I have to mention wounds. One of the worst. Terrible. Number six. Number five, a film people are blowing. And this is the one that I thought was going to be controversial, but I don't get it. It just recently popped up on Netflix. I watched it. I am very unimpressed. It feels incomplete. Sweetheart. Number four, Red Letter Day. Number three, Three from Hell. Number two, The Cleaning Lady. What an abomination that was. And number one, the worst film of the year, hands down, Candy Corn. Oh, I, I skipped that one. I, think I, 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 heard I think people, I skipped every one of them fucking things. Honestly, I, I heard people saying very, very bad for Candy Corn, yet I watched the trailer, mm-hmm. and for some reason, the trailer made it look halfway decent. I wasn't expecting, uh, you know, a, a lister or anything, but I wanted to watch it, and uh, it was really bad. The Cleaning Lady, I heard, you know, above average reviews, bored out of my mind with it. Three from Hell, of course, I wanted to see. Red Letter Day, I discovered on my own. And uh, had a cool concept, sort of like a more intimate purge type concept. Low budget, just not well executed. Sweetheart, again, heard good things. Not good. And Wounds, I think some people were high on this film. I, I don't know what they were watching. This was so boring. Did you let Watson do his bottom five or did you just skip right over him? No, Dave said. Brandon just... was the only one that did it. What do you mean? Watson I thought Watson was just supposed to start. Oh, no? yeah, we got to go in order. The, 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 right. We don't have to go in order anymore. We're... I guess we do. 
It's okay. Oh, you fucked oh, it up already. No, because I was saying, should we do our bottom fives? And Dave's like, all right, go ahead. Just start us off. Like, That's true. I wasn't thinking about that. I, I will say this, B. I didn't see any of those movies except Three from Hell because we, you know, I was going to watch that one. The other ones I avoided because that's I'm surprised what I you didn't watch Sweetheart because it's showing up on a lot of internet lists as, you know, like one of the better films from the year. But It was on my watch list. I never got to it. But as, as time came closer, I decided against it. Yeah. And I, I'm from what I'm hearing, and Candy Corn. As soon as I saw that poster and the fucking the people starring in the movies, I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be a turd. The fuck out of here. I could have gone. <laughs> I could have gone to this thing in Rochester, a 90 minute drive, and watched it with the cast, including Tony Todd, on the, and I still didn't go because I'm like, that's gonna be a piece of shit. So I don't know. I guess I got fucking Candy second. Candy Man was in Candy Corn. Fuck. Was it? Yeah. Was it Tony Todd? I think it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. He was in it. Small I didn't even part. go for that just because I knew it'd be a shit ball. So anyway, okay, Watson. <laughs> what do you got, Watson? Okay, well, you know what? What's really cool about this year in general is I I had a good year with these seventy three watches that I had. That nothing is too egregious. I didn't get into the you know the the depths of some of that super low budget and just hackneyed indie horror. I didn't get into any of that uh, or very much of it anyway. I got a pretty solid list here. So even these bottom five. Uh, including the first one I'm going to say is one that has actually made some top 10 lists from some of our uh, <laughs> our buddies. And the first one is Close Calls. Uh, I didn't get this. I, I don't understand. A couple top 10s uh, some, from, from some great friends. I don't want to say who and on which show. And I'm glad it did because there's something here. It's the definition of a midnight movie. It's transgressive, offensive. Uh, there, there's, there's something there. But God, at, for two hours... This would have been fine if it were 40 minutes, but I can't justify <laughs> this movie's uh, – why anybody would – I turned it off 24 seconds uh, into the movie. Dude, Literally 24 seconds. I heard the opening dialogue, and I'm like, nope. This <laughs> is not life. good. This is – this is I, I don't get it. I respect the people who had it in their top ten. These are podcasters who are friends of ours, but guys, I, like I, I, I – well, I mean, yeah, they're not that <laughs> – no, but so yeah, well, what a mess this was. Uh, number seventy was actually a, a, a an indie film with some heart, but just couldn't do it. It's called Derailed. I did it for bloody bits, and it's I, I hate to crap on this film or say anything bad, but I just it just didn't do it, man. It, it's yeah, Derailed, D apostrophe D hyphen railed. At um, at number three on this bottom five is Escape Room. Now listen, the presentation is wonderful. The concept is grand and cool, but then when they give their explanation, I'm laughing my head off. Like, really? This is really? Uh, I, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and believe me, those first two acts, see, I was on board and think they're fantastic, but that third act, dude, is Barf City. It's it's a little hard to swallow. Like, dude, it's impossible. Yeah, you manage. <laughs> Watch this together, and, and I'll just be like, homie, like, what about this? I can I have a list, a list, but I didn't hate it though. Like, like I said, I had a pretty good year. Seventy-two, or well, watch seventy-two, but number four, the Curse of La Llorona. Nope. Give your supernatural entity some rules, at least one rule. And this movie's like, nah, I don't. Well, it can just do whatever, and sometimes it can't do this, sometimes it can do that. I don't know. It seemed like the story make the story people didn't know what the hell they were doing with this film. And at the bottom of my list, I have uh, Christian's number one, Black Christmas. And I do want to say, <laughs> put this out there because Dave Z, we did get a couple letters for next Watsy about Black Christmas, 
and at least one I know is coming, and I don't know what his stance on it is, and then one from our buddy Melissa Swan, who wrote us an, a, a whole thing about this movie, and here's the thing, is that none of the politics of this movie even got got to me. I don't identify with the men in this movie. Like I, I would never be offended by something like that. And I think that's where C was coming from where, you know, you don't, you don't see yourself in this movie. So why be offended? And I'm right there with you, buddy. For me, it was just, I just didn't like it. It, it had nothing to do with the Apollo, just how maybe they were pitching the message. And that, that's all I have to say about it. I'm not sitting here as a male going, like, Oh, why don't they like me? Nah, that never once entered my mindset with the film. It was just a thematic thing is all it was. And that, that's it. That's my, that's my bottom, uh, that's my bottom five close calls, derail, escape room the curse of la llorona and black christmas only saw one of those yeah i didn't see and it's an honorable mention the one i saw <laughs> i don't think i saw any of them it doesn't sound like i did escape room is an honorable mention i loved it i can't wait for part two yeah <laughs> skip them all i know i actually like i liked escape room too i don't disagree skip with the, the third act and i can't wait for part two either it's coming up next yeah. year or this i want to see part <laughs> i want to see part two see it just shows how good of a year i had yeah well here's what i have I, I had such a good year that uh, I have three movies that are a six and a half and four movies that are a six. Those are the lowest freaking ratings I gave anything I watched this ah. year. Yeah. So the three uh, the three six and a halfs are uh, The Bad Man, Three from Hell, and Luz, or Luz, whatever the hell it is. Six and a halfs. I like and The Bad Man. <laughs> that was, that was, I like that one. Six and a half isn't a bad rating. No, I think, I think I gave it the yeah. same. Six and a half or there seven. You go. But, but, but uh... We reviewed that on the show, didn't we? It is, yeah, we did. Yeah, that's why I watched it. I watched it from all. I, I lose. I, I, I admit, I watched that because people around me were giving it good ratings, and I was curious about it. So that was one I picked out. Shame on me. You liked it? I, I did. No, I'm not super mm-hmm. high on. Even like with this bottom five, they're all in the you know the four-ish range, except for Black Christmas, and a four for according to my scale is not that bad. It's just saying it's average, and I was on the more side of the negative with it. Nothing like super dislike except for Black Christmas and La well, Europe. But yeah, so I, I shut I, it off last night. Dude, yeah. I shut it off last night because it's on Shutter. So I was like, oh, it's on Shutter. It's only an hour and 10 minutes long. Maybe I'll watch it. I'll give it a second chance. I like to give someone a second chance. I was 10 minutes in and I shut it off. I said, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why everybody's talking so slow. The story that this girl is telling this guy, it doesn't make any sense what she's saying. And his responses aren't making any sense. Nothing is working here. I don't know what the deal is. I so have I no just, idea what the movie's about. Dude, it's <laughs> 70 minutes long and out? it's padded. It's padded. They, they're talking slow to fill the fucking running time. There are scenes Ooh. where they're just showing... There's, it's a shot, and nothing's happening in the fucking shot. Someone walks, finally walks in, looks at At least bring water to a goat. And then it's <laughs> it's pretty much like, like Hag of fucking Zusa, or whatever the fuck no. it's called. A film, uh, a film project, for a student film project. It really was, like, for somebody's, like, final project for, like, their film, their German film school or whatever. So I, it, I it, the fact that, that but... cracks in that is, is evident, man. I feel you. I, I respect a student film project, but I'm not going to blow it because that's what it is. I mean, like I said, people use it as an insult on movies that I like. Lots of times I've heard them say that. You know what sure. I mean? So, But, I mean, I don't know. Does it, that, well, whatever. And, and then the, the bottom four are all six out of tens. Uh, I watched this one because my wife and daughter wanted to watch it, particularly my wife because she likes everything Spanish. And that was La Llorona. We watched that one. I didn't want to watch it, but I did. Six out of ten. Happy death day to you. I didn't want to watch it because everything I heard about it wasn't very, didn't sound like it'd be something I like, even though I was okay with the first one. Watched it for my wife and daughter, six out of ten. 
10 10 i said what am i <laughs> six out of 10 you're <laughs> and you're tired <laughs> yeah yeah i guess so um that camp death movie that we watched last year i guess counted for this year so that was a six out of ten. Oh, can that count for this year 1167 movies watched. <laughs> <laughs> and cannibal just... club which is barely even a horror movie six out of ten those wow. are my bottom ones I, i'm not saying it's a horror film i actually don't think it's a horror film i was yeah what did you get oh you gave it a six though that's not bad yeah, i gave it like, a, my worst. like i gave it a seven and a quarter i actually enjoyed cannibal club well, but, uh, that's cool. I don't want to toot my own horn, people, but the Dave Z method works. I'm sorry. I watched 63 friggin' movies, and the lowest rating I gave anything was a 6 out of 10. So, oh, yeah. I'm, I got much lower than that. I went lower than that. And just to read the record, 70 movies, Black Christmas ranks at number 60. 6 out of 10. That's where Black Christmas ranks. So go fuck yourself, Neil. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wrote something on the Watsy page about... Yeah. Uh, if this was going to be your number one yeah. so yeah i, I awesome. read it i read it and then i fucking pissed all over the comment <laughs> like the girl i didn't care if i wrecked my ipad i'm pissing on, <laughs> piss on a rat he threw it at nudie piss on a rat and throw it in the water uh lose now i feel bad because it was a student film but fuck him he should fail lose <laughs> Wait, <laughs> was it a five out of ten or? i don't know i thought that's what watson said sorry i thought he said it looked like a student film well oh, he said it, it is a student film Oh, it is? Yeah. And so is Agazusa, apparently. Oh, okay. Sorry. Five out of ten. Climax. That's the most controversial you're going to hear tonight because people are blowing that left, right, and center. Some people have it as their number ones. It's been a lot of top ten uh, lists. Fuck that movie. Poser film. <laughs> it thinks it's... It, it, I, I don't even think it thinks... It, it throws a fucking fortune cookie quote at the end and you're supposed to think that it means something. I fucking hate it. Sorry. I, I'm too tired to, to argue or articulate myself properly. It was Carly's number one. It's yeah. the worst tripping. It, I, 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 I've taken acid a million fucking times in my <laughs> life. There there are like maybe, what are there, 30 people in this movie tripping on acid? I would say maybe five of them accurately represented the way a person might behave. They all had acid. a bad trip. <laughs> These people were on fucking bath salts the way they were. Yeah, you don't do that on fucking acid. I don't give a fuck. Who you are. Again, I don't hate the movie. 7 out of 10. I appreciate it. I, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. I don't see what the big deal is, but again, to each their own. Some people hate Midsommar. Well, you're way high. 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10. I like it. If I want to, talk, if I want to watch a movie about people talking about anal sex, I'll throw in a teen comedy or I'll watch a porn. I, it, it, it was like <laughs> nonsensical dialogue that I had to suffer through to get to a half an hour of a fucking lady screaming and a camera dizzily turning around and going upside down down a hallway. It's the weight of the director's previous films. That's what I told you, Dave, in the chat. And I think that's what people are saying. This guy did a irreversible? Fuck, Climax is a fucking masterpiece. Right. I'm sticking by it. Sorry, that's just the way I'm thinking. Trick, I have it down as a 4 out of 10. Brandon, Brandon, of was like, Brandon was like saying, fuck this movie, fuck this movie. Comes back goes, ah, 7 out of 10. What the I fuck happened? It. I liked it. I liked the way they concluded. I liked the 69. whole, uh, what was going on? Gags the Clown. Shit found footage movie. And my number Stop 70 watching movie. pornos. Yeah, I know. Gay. Number 70 gag. was Slasher Party. The worst slasher movie of the year that I saw. What is it called? What? Slasher what? Party. It had that guy, uh, Vitality or whatever his name is, a YouTube guy. He was oh, in Oh, that fucking guy? I hate that guy. Yeah, well, he's, and he's not good in the movie. <laughs> he's so yeah. obnoxious. He's the one who goes and farts on people on YouTube. I don't know if I didn't know if he did that, but I, 
I've only watched the ones where he's like driving up and trying to pick up a chick in a hot car, or he comes up in a uh, like a shit beater. Chick has no interest in him, then circles around and comes back and like a yeah. He's like always trying to Ferrari. make other people look bad in his videos. I know this guy. Yeah, he does anyway, a farting videos also. He somehow got a role in this movie, and Jesus. it's bad. So that was my my worst of the year. That's it. Uh, you know, and special mention to Velvet Buzzsaw is another one that uh, just kind of ranks right up or down where where uh, these ones are at a five out of ten. I skipped yeah. all these movies. <laughs> Velvet Buzzsaw wasn't this Except terrible. Climax. And I watched Climax as my last movie because there was so much talk about it. I said, you know what? Let me just bite the bullet and watch Climax. Well, it's not even so a I horror did. film. I, I don't know how anybody can I can see that. It. I'm okay. Well, what would you call it? You can't call it drama or thriller, could you? Drama, dark drama. Oh, dark Why not? Drama. Exactly. I guess I don't know, but uh, again, I'm a. I could see it being a horror movie. I'm, a, I'm calling it a horror movie, but uh, you know what? I, I don't know. Either way, I, oh, I, fuck. I get mad just thinking about it. I that movie. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not. I and again, I guess there's no easy way. If it's someone's number one or top ten, I, I'm in the minority here. But I fucking hated it, and I, I just. It's don't like understand. me and Agazusa. Same thing. I have anger about it. Because of how people were blowing it, so I went in expecting something just like you were. Yeah, but you still gave it what a six or seven? I gave it. I gave, I gave them both sevens. I gave Hagazuzuka. Yeah. Oh my god, Hagazuzuka six. I mean, I, I I think I was trying to be as fair there as I possibly could. Artistic merit is what carried them both. You know what I mean? But that's not enough to sustain an entertainment value. I need a little more. Just like like Brandon was saying about freaking. You know, uh, Midsommar. He didn't get things out of it. I got, that's fine. But I can explain. If you ask me a question, what happened in this scene? What's this all about? What's going on here? I will always give you uh, a response. I won't say, well, I don't know, and just shrug my shoulders. Well, the fact you know that you guys see it is why, the fact that it's so high on on, on all your lists and, and that you see it, it makes me want to rewatch it. Because I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying maybe I didn't get it the first time. But uh... Yeah, I was just using that as an example. But I, I don't think anyone could tell me what's happening in Agazusa that's going to make me say, oh, wait Aga- a minute. I- Hakazusa, I felt like I had a, 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 a an understanding of. I felt like it's just overly simplistic, and that's the thing of it. Like they're not witches; they're just these heathens who have no religion, and therefore they're looked upon almost as witch types. And uh, unfortunately, I think it's it's that simple an explanation that she just has this bad reaction to a mushroom. I know it's stupid, and you know you wouldn't necessarily trip the way she does. And why would you bring your baby into the water? I mean, who's bleeding and why would she survive? And none of it makes sense. And then why would she get up and lay down? And then why would there be soup boiling with a freaking corpse in it? And then why would you drink it? And then why would you get sick? And then why would you burn? How the well, fuck is I, any I, of that? I think they're, they're making it like under in, inside this bad trip. She does all these evil things. And then at the end, I, I viewed the ending as her sort of uh, lying down and setting herself on fire. And just kind of killing herself that way. So that's the bottom line. Because one person gets fucking raped, which I thought didn't even think was a rape. I thought it was a threesome, by the way, because the other girl was laying next to her, smiling the whole time. I thought they were enjoying themselves. So that's what I. That's why I'm glad I watched it the second time. Oh. First time I thought it was a threesome. Then I found out, okay, well this is a rape. So because one person gets raped, all this fucking shit goes down. Uh, no, how it was. That? It was her second rape. She was finger banged by her mom. 
Well, and I would argue that's her third because I think that whole thing about when her mom finds the blood on her fingers, it's you know, and then pieces out. It's like, okay, well, then you're gonna have the same fate that I've had living on the outskirts here as a heathen and not being under the protection of the community. The whole thing is about self-fulfilling prophecies. She eventually becomes in her own mind and in, in, in actions what they all think she is and she's really not. I think thematically there's a lot here that, I mean, y you should be all lucky that I'm here. But I don't like – I'm with you guys. I don't like the movie either because I need great themes but put some meat on the damn bone and not just right. baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. What the fuck is that? I just don't get it. It, it was way too long. They were showing nothing on the screen. I'm with at you, least, man. I, at least, yeah. Right? At least in Climax, I was liking what I was seeing. I understand Christian doesn't like the conversations. I was okay with them. It made me miss being in my no, 20s. I just didn't understand. I just didn't <laughs> understand why I'm watching it. Conversations are fine. I just didn't. Like, I'm like, okay, what, what's this movie? Why is there a buzz around this fucking movie? Because these people just spring into dance and I've got to watch this camera shot zoom around? There's like I don't get it. I do not get I this get, film I agree with at all, or why people like it. I do not understand the draw here at all. It's the same reason why people love the lighthouse, though. It's it's all about they hear that something's arts, and they I think they feel that they almost have to. Yeah, but if there's meat on the bone in the lighthouse, at least at least there's things they can derive from. Like there's like good I was saying, performances there. There's, there's and actual that, and art. There's I actually don't think the camera work. People are going on about the camera work in climax. I don't think it's all that great. It's good. It's but I it's nothing we it's haven't seen before. I wasn't, like, I, I wasn't turned off by it. Well, I wasn't turned on by it. It's it, there's nothing right. there. It's what I'm saying. Right. Like I, I I just don't get it. I was, don't either. Was that your least favorite of the year, Christian? Did you get through the list? Yeah, no. My least favorite was that slasher party. Oh, that's thank you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I just, I just, I, I guess I'm just blown away because I was expecting. Because you know what? I'll, I'll tell, I'll say this. Jeremy for 22 shots. I actually align a lot of times with a lot of the movies he likes. A lot of times I align. And when he's, he said he saw this movie. I think it was last year. What one? Climax? Wrong. Or at the beginning of this year? You saw. Oh, well, he's, he's a Gasper. Uh, he blows yeah, the okay. fanboy. Well, I, I, I didn't know he was. Now I understand it because he <laughs> yeah. blew it. So I couldn't. So I, I'm not saying because of him, but it was he praised it way back when, and then I started hearing it more and more and more, and it was on Crave, which is like a part of our HBO here in Canada. And I, I put it on. I'm watching it. I'm like going, I don't see, I don't know what's going on here. Why are we in a five minute dance sequence of really bad dancing? Um, uh, why? And I, I, again, I'm not the one saying it was bad dancing. My daughters who dance were telling me, what the fuck are we watching here? Right. <laughs> so you didn't right listen dance. to the 22 Shots episode because Climax and Hagazusa both showed up as number ones on two different lists. Yeah, well, wow. obviously, two different lists. Yeah. Well, to each their that's own. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's cool. exactly that's it. Like, I mean, and they'd probably be like, what the fuck? Why does he have little monsters and bloodline on mine? I mean, that's that's what makes it individual. Yeah. I'm not trying to shit on their list. I just don't get the film. Yeah, I don't care who I, likes I, it. I, it I'd could, like to understand. If Christian's number one was fucking Agazuza, I would say the same things I'm saying right now. I, I wouldn't hold yeah, that. I still you know not I mean? like Christian. <laughs> 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 but Climax is at least... At least we had horror films, though, for number ones. Hey, guys? This fucking I see you. Oh. <laughs> I told you I guys to watch it. it. <laughs> Dude, Climax is a curious film, at least. As an enthusiast uh, of psychedelics and things like that, 
I I find I found enjoyment out of that. It's somebody having spike punch and people not knowing that that they're going to be going on a trip and the way they would react to it. I'm curious about that. You know what I'm saying? So it's a movie that I, I don't have a problem watching. Or I think I'm not saying everybody has to see this movie once in their lifetime. I'm not putting it on that pedestal, but I'm saying that it's a movie that I, I could, in a way. Sit down and watch it. You might take something from it. It's pretty crazy. People get have spiked punch and they're tripping. You know what I mean? If they interest you at all, okay, check it out. You know what I mean? I don't think I, that's something. There are some things to it that I'm okay with. But again, and, and Agazusa was good things about that too. But just not not what I was hoping for for either one of them. You know what I mean? Well, we should go out on some high notes, huh? Maybe yeah, we should. Yeah, sorry, just I didn't out. want to bring the shit the show down. The shit well, let's down. be happy. <laughs> I don't want to bring the shit down. If you have anything with like an 8 out of 10 that you want to shout out, shout it out. That's it. How's that? And let me get the fuck out of here. Well, I, I did already blow one movie, Villains. I took it off my list from uh, being on there. I actually came in at a 9. I actually loved it. Uh, more thriller, more comedic thriller, I guess you can say for sure. Although the poster would tell you something different. The poster, I'd say, would, is marketed like it's a horror film. Right, I saw that. Yep. Almost watched it. Uh, here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll name a couple eights. I trapped the devil. That was the other Twilight Zone type episode. I really it was on my, it was on my list for quite a while there. I enjoyed seven, it. Seven and a half for me. Seven. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. I love the way it ended. It was very Twilight Zone-ish. Some people say you could have shortened it and it could have been. Uh, I, I don't care. I was I was okay with it. Uh, good acting, good conversation. The only it, thing I didn't like was the Hulu. very ending. <laughs> I love the ending. That's the best part. The only wow. Oh wow. Okay. The very, so very I, end? I, the yeah. very, very end, the last scene, all of it. Yes, I Trapped the Devil. I recommend that. Eli is another good one that was on uh, Netflix. If anyone hasn't good. seen that, they should. I love where it goes in the third act. It has an amazing scene that involves uh, burning crucifixes, and I'll yeah. leave it at that. That fucking, it's one of the best scenes of the year. I loved that shit when that was going on. It, it was Man. pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Uh, what else? What else hasn't been said here? Yeah. Ma, nobody's mentioned Ma. I thought that was a, a pretty Ma, damn good Ma. film. <laughs> Fuck it, you said? One of my worst films of the year, 5.25 out of 10. Okay, moving on. A Hole in the Ground. <laughs> hole in the Ground. That's a good one. Check I it like out. I like that That's too, it. man. Boring. No, okay. There's a good, there's a in the Tall Grass. In the Tall Grass, another Netflix movie. I feel that if I understood what was going on in this movie, it could make my top 10 list. But I've only seen it once. I love the concept. I just didn't understand what was going on towards the end. Maybe one of you guys did. I don't know, but no one else brought it up, so I'll say that. Um, it was a 7 or 7.5. That good head squeeze was fucking great. Yes, it was. It was, it was and that was oh. CG, I'm pretty sure. It was really well done. No, they really squeezed her head off. I'm just saying, it had a budget. <laughs> that had the budget of probably its catering, and uh, they managed to, to sell me on a CG effect. It's catering? The catering cause of It Chapter 2 is probably... Oh, what... I thought I thought It Chapter 2 was called It's Catering. It's Catering. <laughs> and Headcount, another good movie on yes. freaking Netflix. Yeah. I liked, liked Headcount. Liked Headcount. Dude, Netflix had good movies. They had like five solid movies this year. I don't know why everyone's so down on them. Headcount had a, a messy last 10 minutes. Uh, cool, that, though. That kept interesting. It... No, it was still very interesting. I think yeah. that's the only... It didn't know how to end... And and, yeah. and, it, and it did things that were maybe above its budget, so it ended up cheapening the overall film a little <laughs> bit. When they do that, the, the switcheroo with the heads. Yeah, it was whatever. weird, but it, it was, was cool. a little off. But yeah, 
Yeah. I'll stop for now. Anybody else want to shout anything out? I don't know. I'll, I'll go it. real quick because I'm going to shoot out some non-horror honorable mentions, like the fringe ones. And then uh, I have like three or four that haven't been mentioned for horror. Uh, the non-horror honorable mentions, ones I left off my list, not that they would have made the list. Knives and Skin, The Forest of Love, A Dark Place, K-12, through Most Beautiful Island, The Man Who Killed Hitler, and then The Bigfoot. And uh, one that I really enjoy, a really nice movie called The Fair. And then horror, uh, we've already mentioned Escape Room, Haunt, Scary Stories, uh, Satanic Panic, Watson had that good, Bloodline, yeah, Divine good. Fury, was mentioned Double Date, yes. Slaughter, Double Date, Slaughterhouse Rules, and Here, Here Comes Hell, and a movie called Zoo, which I feel like nobody has seen or talked about, but I really liked it, a uh, zombie zombie another take on the zombie genre, but I thought it was really cool. And I liked the ending to that one. So, Oh shit. The banana splits movie. That was a lot of fun too. A lot of heart at yep. heart. It wasn't, I wish it had a, a, a little bit more punch in the third act, but the, uh, I liked the, the sibling relationship and some of the uh, gore effects were good. And that, uh, that also had a little spin with the AI did not. Weren't they all like computer chips that went that fucked them up. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was interesting. What about you, Watson? You got to have some left, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'll throw I'll throw out a few. Uh, the, I've got uh, the Wrath, that one, uh, the Korean one that almost made it. The Influence, the Furies, Antrim, uh, Amata Negra, the Black Forest, the Wind, the Prodigy, Hole in the Ground, Starfish, the Headhunter, Tigers Are Not Afraid, Nightmare Cinema, the Six Finger, Hellboy, and I believe that makes up my li- oh Slaughterhouse Rules in the Tall Grass. And yes. that that should yeah that 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 concludes that yeah and okay. the perfect yeah yeah uh, get my gun another one I'll put out there the golem oh the yeah blood, I have dry to, blood yep. the cleansing hour the cleansing hour was was interesting it was good stuff um what else harpoon I think I mentioned earlier yeah they're they're all seven and a quarter uh, the pledge I know one of the, I don't think anyone's seen that movie about me this year but it was interesting until the end but not bad not as bad as I thought it was gonna be the pledge yeah yeah. I was kind of on board with it for a yeah. while. The end was kind of weird, but Bezelbuth was Buth was good, but it just fell apart near the end. And uh, it, it was gory and had some great, like, fucking like a killer opening scene, and then suddenly it's CG blood, like where it didn't need the CG blood at the end, and it just fell uh, apart. It was just it just eh. really became messy in the last uh, half hour, unfortunately. But the lead up to it, I thought was quite good. Nice. And Nightmare Cinema. Because uh Yeah, that was a good one, Nightmare Cinema. Yeah, well, Watson told me to watch it and I, yeah. I, I did because of his rating. And you know what? I was I'm eight out of ten. I, I thought it was it was good too. A lot of people hated on it. I don't know why. It was it was funny. Animus also on Netflix was a good film. I didn't like it as much the second time, but uh also sure. uh There Inside. Yes, I was just about to mention that one. I didn't rate it as probably as high as you, but you mentioned that one, Brandon, and it was a great found footage in my opinion. Yeah, I really. I gave it a seven. Very uh, good found footage. Yeah, I was uh, I was on board with that one. Uh, one that I you know I I just want to get mentioned it is a disappointing film. I I appreciate what it did with its budget. I know its budget was next to nothing, and for that it's super impressive. But I just don't get the love for it. Is the Headhunter? Yeah, seven out of ten. I think for me it was fine. Five and a half. One of the shit. I had I had like a hundred and four films at six or above, and like fifteen just below, and only. Five below five so i think this was a, a project just to see what they could do in a small budget with 
with a couple actors. Like, I mean, it's a one-man show, pretty much. Well, there's a girl at the one part of it, but that's it. Minimalist filmmaking, mm-hmm. and man, they got some great shots. There's some yeah. good good blood. Uh, he, uh, he, he wins you over, but ultimately, yeah, I would have liked a little bit more. Harpoon was very good, too. Yeah, it was a uh, seven and a quarter. I was okay with Harpoon. Yeah. Seven and a half for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, Purgatory Road. That would that would that that's worth checking out. Kind of low budget. Some of the acting is a little bit least something to be desired, but the story was kind of interesting. You know, the Dead Center was a movie a lot of people liked, and I didn't like it. I, I liked the third act. It took them too long to get out of where they were. Third act, I really enjoyed, but it just too too long to get there. But a lot of, of people one, liked of, one of my lowest rated of the year, the Dead Center. Oh, you didn't? Doesn't it seem like a lot of people like that movie? People are blowing it. Like, just yeah. don't get it. I just don't get. It. I really. I it was, was boring at... until the third act. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Oh. Isn't that something? And on the blasphemy note, uh, I also recommend the Pet Cemetery remake. That uh... I'm fine with oh, that. Yes. Yeah. I rated the same. Seven and a half. <laughs> Seven and a half. Yeah. Seven and a half. Good film. Good. People yeah. are people are crazy Lo- for hate. Dude, I love the third act, and I love where it went in the very end. Yeah. Me too. As did I. Yeah. I thought that made the movie. Me too. Yeah. And some people didn't like it. I don't know how we're all, I don't know. Watson, what'd you think about it? Oh, uh, we talked about it on the episode one of Watsy. <laughs> but I think I can remember. I don't remember what. I know we did. Was. I know better than to say that as a real answer. No, no. Uh, I was, we were the same. I think we both had rated both oh, of the right. 7.5. Yeah. Yes, we did. I remember that and, now. Okay. Another movie on Netflix that nobody's talking about. It's a foreign film called I don't know how you would say the actual title. It's called The Sixth Finger, and it's an intriguing, like kind of, you know, sort of religious horror, and it has to do with cults and uh, and kind of police procedural stuff. It, it's really cool. The Sixth Finger, and I don't know how to pronounce the actual title of it. So I just want to throw that out there as one. Nobody I've heard has talked about, but it was pretty cool, pretty dark. Let me go Netflix. Also, we have always lived in the castle. Enjoyed Is that horror? That okay, I, could, I counted as horror. I enjoyed it. I'll check Seven that out. Seven and a half out of ten. We have always lived in the castle. Always. <laughs> can Can I make a request? And and you know, I'm not sure exactly. I, I know we're probably about wrapping up, but there there is something that a lot <laughs> of shows do. That I really wish they would do, and a lot don't. And I, I would, I was hoping we could. Is would we be able before we wrap it up to list out our lists just one more, say out our list one more time? No, just in order. <laughs> no, just like nineteen, this, eighteen, this, seventeen. I can with- do that. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Just okay. for you, anything. Oh, okay. thanks. Let's Steve. do it in order. Is that easy for everybody? And then we'll peace out. Yeah. All right. Dead, dead detectives. My last uh, shadow. That was fun. Yeah. yeah, fun film, fun film. On Shutter, Shutter, right? Yeah, on Shutter. Yeah. It was fun. I'll have to check it out. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, through my list. I'll, I'll, I'll go through mine right now. We'll just do it in order like we did. I've already got it up, so I <laughs> got it up. At, <laughs> at number 19, Satanic Panic. 18, In Fabric. 17, Knife Plus Heart. 16, Child's Play. 15, Midsummer. 14, Crawl. 13, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. 12, Doctor Sleep. 11, Bliss. 10, Haunt, 9, Us, 8, Anna and the Apocalypse, 7, Brightburn, 6, Tumbad, 5, Lords of Chaos, 4, The Laplace's Demon, 3, Daniel Isn't Real, 2, It Chapter 2, and 1, Ready or Not. Oh, and Dave, just so you know, uh, In Fabric was the film that if you had at number one, I was quitting the show. 
Oh no, I liked In Fabric. It was on my list for a little bit, and then it, and it, it, I still give it eight out of ten. I like I like how they flipped it halfway through. I was like, wow, that's cool. And I the did. Style- the flip killed it for me because I liked the oh, first Oh, I love half. movies like that. And I watched an interview with the director after on YouTube, and he had no idea what his movie is about. But he also did Barbarian oh. Sound Studio, which is a, oh. also a film where it's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, so, that's interesting, that film. So, uh, yeah, but I didn't rate it super low, but that was the film where I was like, if he puts it as a number one, I'm off the show. No. Okay, number 19 for me, Crawl. Number 18, The Devil's Machine. Number 17, Life Changer. Number 16, Starfish. Number 15, Ready or Not. Number 14, The Perfection. Number 13, Daniel Isn't Real. Number 12, Annabelle Comes Home. Number 11, Little Monsters. Number 10, Tomb Bad. <laughs> Number 9, The Night Shifter. Number 8, It Chapter 2. Number 7, One Cut of the Dead. Number 6, Doctor Sleep. Number 5, Record of Sweet Murder. Number 4, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Number 3, The Laplace Demon. Number two, us, and number one, I see you. Okay. Nineteen, the Divine Fury. Eighteen, the Wind. Seventeen, Braid. Sixteen, the Laplace's Demon. Fifteen, the Lighthouse. Fourteen, Tumbad. Thirteen, the Perfection. Twelve, the Wrath. Eleven, the Black Forest. Ten, Bliss. Nine, Crawl. Eight, A Record of Sweet Murder. Seven, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Six, Ready or Not. Five, Bright Burn. Four, It Chapter Two. Three, Us. Two, Dr. Sleep. One, Midsommar. All right, everybody, and my top 19. 19, Three From Hell. 18, Bright Burn. 17, Piercing. 16, Haunt. 15, Crawl. 14, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. 13, The Laplace's Demon. 12, Tigers Are Not Afraid. 11, Doctor Sleep. 10, Annabelle Comes Home. Comes Home. 9, Tomb Bad. 8, Anna and the Apocalypse. 7, Bloodline. 6, Ready or Not. 5, Us. 4, Lords of Chaos. 3, Little Monsters. 2, Midsommar. And 1, The Perfection. Nice. Man, great lists all around, guys. I, I love all your lists. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I really, uh, I enjoy this. I think there's a lot of films represented. I mean, look, we did, uh, I'm doing the math. I know I'm a math teacher, but with 76, 76 films between four lists. So I, I, I would guess there's probably 40 different films there. Yeah, man. I want to see how, who, who I had the most in common with. I didn't count till it got to see. I think we had 11 the same out of 19. So that's yeah, a lot. It seemed I like just... even even the films like that I heard that, uh, you know, films like The Black Forest, films like Divine Fury, films like Haunt, you know, uh, as, as Scary Stories, the films that just, these are films that like just missed, films that I really love, Bloodline. Right. I, I, was, I was happy with the, uh, with, with everything I heard. Right on. Another good year. 2019 was. It was. It was. A, it, was yeah. uh, it was. It was fun. This was a great distraction from everything going on in life, and I'm looking forward to a really positive and happy 2020. Yeah. Indeed. Hear you say that, man. Thanks for yeah. joining us, Mr. Watson. Yeah. Thank you. Sir. Always man. welcome and always a pleasure. This Thank is your you. last show. And you're <laughs> off the show. <laughs> and you're off the show. Oh, absolutely.
All right. It's a it's we're tired. We haven't had a marathon show like this in a long time, and we're not probably going to ever again. So <laughs> we've decided that. Well, next year's year. Well, maybe next year's year end. Top twenty twenty. I think it's fair to say that given the length of this show, we cannot invite Watson back for that one. <laughs> You're welcome. Or just do a th- <laughs> fight me back. <laughs> fight me. Back. Invite me back, please. You could just hey, do the what? The, I'm extending the invitation now. Whether these two still feel the same, I'm extending it now. You're more than welcome for top 20 or 20. Well, whatever. Only half the people listening are going to hear it next year, if we're lucky. What so do you mean just, half? We're going to go from like 1,200 <laughs> to like 30 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we're nice. this new direction with your show, you guys. I Dave and I talked about it quite a bit, and I, I'm, I'm I'm pumped about it. I, I yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I was one who was probably that wallet. <laughs> the most against it. But I, I feel like uh, after this amount of time and everything we put into the show, I feel like it's worth a shot. We're not uh, we're not asking for much. Does he know how much it costs to guest star on the show? <laughs> You're invited <laughs> back at a rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you guys can't afford my rate. Wait, is that wait? I'm supposed to pay you yeah, or are you paying? Yeah, of course. <laughs> what do you oh, think this God. is? All right, anyway. we got to get the hell out. We better get oh, out. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. God bless. Peace. <laughs>